Oh, great. I'm going to drop one off today. Where are you at? You want to sell it? Yeah. How much you want for it? I'll give, you, I'll give it to you dirt cheap. I just want to get rid of it quick. Uh, you know where Scooter's downtown? Yeah. Third and Scooter's third and Hey, listen, I'm bringing you the scooter. It's in good shape. Do me a favor, though. If my wife calls looking for the scooter, you don't know nothing. I don't know nothing now, even. Okay, let's keep it that way. I'm going to get rid of this piece of shit and get out of my house. Okay. You got it. I'll be there in a little bit, buddy. Okay, buddy. Bye. Right, bye. Hello? Hi, sir. How are you? Good. Did a man call just uh, offering to sell a scooter for cheap? I don't know, man. I got a lot of calls with the scooter business. Hmm. What happened? Well, here's what happened. I was sitting down watching my stories. I get to, ready to crawl over into my scooter to go in the kitchen to get a ham sandwich. My fucking scooter's gone. And my husband leaves a note by the phone saying, Scooter, third and... So he, I think he's on his way over to sell my stolen scooter. What's your name? Ethel. Ethel? Well, I didn't buy nothing today yet from nobody. Well, he's on his way over there now. I'm just going to have the cops meet him over there at your place because he stole my goddamn scooter. Don't call the cops. If he comes and I see a scooter, I'm not going to buy it. I, it's, I know, but you know what? You're already wrapped up in this. It's my husband's a scumbag. He does this shit all the time. I'm tired of it. Well, I don't wrap up with nothing because I didn't buy nothing, so... Yeah, I'm on the scooter. I'm on my way in. I'm on Main Street. Your wife just called me. Oh, shit. I to Did you tell her anything? Oh, I didn't say nothing to your wife, man. I'm on the scooter right now. I'm coming down now. I'm going to drop it off. Now, you got paper for the bike? I got whatever you need. I'm going to just drop it off. You give me $30. We get in. We get out. That's it. She don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. All right? Okay, come over. Oh, shit, the fucking police are behind me. What do you mean behind you? There's a cop car behind me. So move to the side. They're chasing you? I'm not, yeah, no, they're ch chasing me. He's telling me to pull over. You got a back area I can pull into? They got a garage, yeah? Yeah, yeah, open the garage. I'll just pull in there. Where are you going to see you coming over, man? No, nah, my fucking, you must have told my wife. She called the fucking I cops. Didn't say, I didn't say nothing to nobody, man. Oh, shit, that the fucking shooting at me, these son of a bitches. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Where's the fucking garage? What do you mean where? It's here in the store. All right, open the fucking door, man. I got to get rid of it's these cops. Fuck! Jesus! Hello? The cops are behind me. I got my wife on the phone. She said you called the cops on me. Why'd you call the cops on my man, head? I don't know you even. Hi, 
guys, this is Wendy for adult. This is an eating without teeth tip. I put my gums together to squash the food. I can eat chips, but I have to suck on them until I can chew them. I have to make the chips wet and soft, so I have to suck them until they're nice and soft, and then I can chew them. You bring to the house. We don't know if it's long, short, wide, skinny, bumpy, scratchy, smooth, crooked. We don't know which one of the seven dwarfs she won't bring. I was informed that Harry Harrison died. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and I, I get all the uh, radio trade press, and uh, I didn't. I don't know. I must have missed that yesterday. Harry Harrison was a famous New York disc jockey, who I heard when I like someone said to me, "Are those the guys when you were growing up you wanted to be like?" I go, "No." I wanted to be in radio, but I didn't know exactly how I was going to get there because I didn't imagine that I could sound like those guys. They had really deep announcer voices, and I didn't have one of those. And I don't know. They seemed to be very articulate, like guys you heard on commercials. In fact, I don't even think it mattered what they said, these announcers. It just was how it sounded, and that's how they got their job. So I don't even know why I would think I could be in radio. None of this makes any sense, does it? <laughs> no. No. Harrison. So he uh, died. He was in his 80s. He worked on a radio station called WMCA, which was a um, top 40 AM radio station in New York that went up against the big station, which was WABC, which was the AM radio station that played top 40. Uh -huh. They had a big war. And Harry Harrison was the morning man. And his shtick was that he was the mayor of New York, the second mayor of New York. I'm the second mayor of New York. And that was his line. That's what he did. I didn't realize he was the second mayor of New York. Yeah, something like that. I, you know what? And people say to me, oh, you must have been a fan of Harry Harrison. I go, no, I really didn't. I didn't. I mean, I heard him every day because I'd listened to Top 40 radio. But the fantasy wasn't to be Harry Harrison. It was to be Soupy Sales. Right. But you on the radio. television to radio. Well, I was going to be like a, like a funny host and have like a show, you know, where I was the right, focal but point. That was only on television. There yeah. weren't real shows on the radio. No, I don't know why I thought that even. Because <laughs> th there was nothing like that on the radio. And who was going to put a guy on who was going to be Soupy Sales on the radio? But uh, here's, Har here's Harry Harrison, so you can remember him, Robin. As the holiday bells ring out the old year and sweethearts kiss. See how he's like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here he is doing his top 40 thing. It gives you satisfaction like the stones. You know I mean? He's kind of like Alicia Keys at the Grammys. You don't quite know what he's talking about. Yeah, because the stones were singing, I can't get no satisfaction. It didn't matter. Says, it gives you satisfaction. If you had, If you had a deep voice... 
It didn't matter. <laughs> well, like, that was the thing I always noticed about disc jockeys when I was growing up. They made no sense. It doesn't because matter. Because you know what it is? They have such deep voices that nothing they say makes sense. Yeah. They, they don't, they're just listening to the sound of their yeah, own deep voices. I don't voices. even think they prepared. I think they just started talking. Right. And none, none of it made sense. They're they like hot chicks who didn't really. Livers, they're, yeah. they're like hot chicks who didn't have to develop a personality. Right. Nobody was really listening. They were just looking at them. Hi, everybody. You can't get no satisfaction, but I got some satisfaction for you. Because just the other day, I got satisfaction for the satisfaction. That was all it was. In fact, when I first got into the radio, I would listen to myself, like in the shower, where you couldn't hear what I was saying. I just wanted to see if I sounded like a disc jockey. Right. And I never sounded like one. What did he say? The st- let's let's well, analyze go what back, he said. Uh, to the top. Yeah, I'm sure when he was doing this rap in 1965, he didn't know one day I'd be on the radio analyzing it. <laughs> it gives you satisfaction, like the stone. The good guy survey first in the USA on WMCA. I defy you to tell me what he said. I can tell you the words, I think. It gives you satisfaction, like the stones. I, wow. <laughs> Nobody was listening and, that hard. And then uh, something what? about the good guy's survey? <laughs> yeah, if the music went loud enough, you couldn't understand what the guy was saying. And it didn't matter. I think the program directors, the big boss, would be like, just sound cool, let's sound deep, and make my radio station sound professional. Just like the Stones. Maybe I could have done this kind of radio. You know, I got to tell you something that's unbelievable today that we are having a Rolling Stones Good Guys survey right around the day. That's right. WMCA Good Guys. Maybe I could have done this. <laughs> But why would you want to? It just seemed really hard to me to do that. But, I mean, I don't know what these guys were talking about. No, I don't I, I don't know how any of that has anything to do with each other. I thought I had an obituary. And, and what gives you satisfaction? Because the Stones are saying you can't get no satisfaction. Well, satisfaction could have satisfaction because you can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> What's he doing down there? Oh, thanks. I needed my obituary. So noisy in here. <laughs> Harry Harrison, he was dubbed the morning mayor of New York. He was WMCA's good guy. He was on the WMCA Good Guys, along with Joe O'Brien, our friend Jack Spector, Dandy Dan Daniels, who we worked with. Yeah. Kind of. And Gary Stevens, who went on to be the head of Doubleday Radio. See how I know my history? Gary Stevens made something of himself. Yeah. He got out of being a dumb dish jockey. Yeah. Number one again this week. Number one. No satisfaction. Number one again on the Good Guys Survey WMCA. Mick Jagger and all the Rolling Stones. Oh, Mick's got a birthday later on this month. Uh, we'll wish him happy birthday then. And I'm a couple of days late, but happy birthday to Ian Whitcomb from his fans. Had a note in the mail this morning from uh, Linda and Deborah and Charlie. Yeah, I mean, for an announcer, you don't know what the fuck he's talking about. He, he moves from topic to topic so effortlessly. Yeah, without taking a breath. Uh, what? <clears throat> Why would you talk about a, a person you're going to wish a happy birthday next month? He goes, it's Mick Jagger's birthday Doesn't next month. Doesn't make any sense. But we'll do that, we'll do that next month. Right. <clears throat> so why, why bring it up? Because he's going to do some birthday announcements. And who's having a birthday next month? Mick Jagger? Yeah. He plays yeah. having a birthday next month. We'll, we'll wish him a happy birthday next month. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's promoing his big announcement. 
And it's like the MCA good guys are like the Rolling Stones. Uh, you know, Mick Jagger has all his guys with him, and then they're the good guys. Holy mackerel. <laughs> you guys are getting way more out of this than I am. Rosemary and Fern and Jeannie and Franny and Terry. Uh, he really turns them on. Happy birthday. A couple of days late. 24, huh? To Ian Whitcomb. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> it's 74 degrees and sunny. 20 wow. Did a character voice. <laughs> wow. That was a lot. Anyway, so his thing was he um, he had several popular phrases, too. Stay well, stay happy, stay right here. That was a big one. Mm. Harry Harrison wishing you all the very best because that's exactly what you deserve. And his big one was every day should be unwrapped like a precious gift. And, you know, being a DJ back then, you could just, that could be your whole act. Have three mm -hmm. phrases and just right. recycle them. And remember, every day should be unwrapped like a precious gift. And you know, the Rolling Stones, uh, Mick Jagger, have a birthday next week. But we'll talk about that next week. And uh, we're going to do some happy birthday announcements also. And uh, we're the WFSA good guys. And the Rolling Stones are good guys, too, aren't they? <laughs> That's right. The Rolling Stones are WFCA good guys. <laughs> Maybe I could have done that. You certainly could have. Maybe I could have been a success. Three past 11. In a few minutes, another running of the Good Guy Derby. We want to give away a lot of money today. Phone right now if you can. Judson 20900. That's J U 20900. Wow. That's Easy question, now. Elvis Presley. On radio WMCA Monday morning. Yeah, he was like the top of the food chain for disc jockeys. Yeah, but I'm just listening to that phone number, JU2. Johnson 2. Do, do, do. <laughs> well, so th he was on WMCA radio in 1959. Did they beat ABC? Never. No, they tried. They didn't have the, a big signal. Uh -huh. ABC radio had 50,000 watts. Yeah. And WMCA was a 5,000 water. Oh. So they just, but they, they all made money uh -huh. because they were successful, but... You would tune over to WMCA if you could get it because the WABC was in commercial or they were playing a shitty right. song. Okay. Then he moved to WABC in 1968. He replaced Herb Oscar Anderson in the morning. Yeah, I remember that name. Herb Os and Herb Oscar Anderson probably sounded exactly like <laughs> Harry Harrison <laughs> and nobody knew that they had switched, they switched. this jockeys. <laughs> like the two Darrens on Bewitched when we were kids. It's just like, yeah, hi, this is Harry Harrison in for Herb Oscar Anderson. In fact, Herb Oscar Anderson hasn't been on the show in the last five years. <laughs> you had no idea, did you? All right, that's okay. Rolling Stones now. I got no satisfaction. But the WFCA good guys had satisfaction when I was there, but now I'm at WABC. You just make up nonsense. Fucked up. Those guys made big money, too. Like, they probably back then made, like, Hundred something thousand dollars a year at two hundred thousand. And nobody did that in radio. Right. Uh, then he went to work for WCBS FM. He retired in two thousand three. So the guy had a pretty good career. We're five years away from Pat Boone's wedding anniversary, but I'll I'll handle that then. Uh, five years from now, <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> And I always wondered, like, is that how those guys talked when they were off the air? Maybe they were depressed people. They're just like, hello, hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I always thought people in radio had to be weirdos. 
Yeah, tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> People in radio were very depressing because I used to go and try and get radio jobs. Uh, and I'd meet some of these older guys because they'd be at these radio stations at the end of their career. And they were very depressed people. They, at least it looked that way to me. I said, that's my future, just being a depressed old man. Well, I remember there was one guy who used to wear, he still wore a blazer to work when we were at NBC. And he used to come in and sub for some guys sometimes. And yeah, Joel been, uh, Holland. Sebastian. Joel Sebastian. Joel Sebastian. Okay, right. yeah. That was the guy you're talking about. And he always wore a blazer. And always had his hair nicely groomed. And mm -hmm. we were in jeans and T-shirts right. and whatever. And it was very bizarre that he would continue to dress like and that. And he was like, hi, Howard. <laughs> he had a Howard, I remember he had a blazer and his blazer had a crest on right. it. Right. <laughs> and he had a little handkerchief. All those it. guys dressed that way. They were professional. They were professional announcers. And they, they had a creed. And then you see uh, Dandy Dan. They were like Mandalorians. They had, a, was, they had a costume they wore. Right. He was a really tall guy. Dandy Dan Dan. Daniels. And I think the program director was a really short guy <laughs> and younger, much younger. And he was leading Dandy Dan around. That's right. Well, on a chain. <laughs> but uh, we were all like, oh, God, is that our future? Yeah. Well, I would go to these radio stations and meet a lot of these guys and they'd be working at some dump. And they talk about the good old days when they were on the big station in yeah. Boston or in New York. Yeah. And they, 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 you know, and then. And they, they yearned for the good old days when you didn't have to say anything except have a big, deep voice. And you would just be like, hey, everybody, what's happening? Because I know Jack Spector always used to be like that. I can't. You know, it's a great day. Uh, in fact, uh, this morning I took some pills. I tied a noose. I was just about to kill myself. And you didn't know what they were talking about, even if the guy was telling you he was going to kill himself. <laughs> and they'd laugh. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you know, you got to tell you a funny story. I took some pills this morning when I tied a noose. I was about to kill myself. Uh, I'm doing well. My wife's a big pain in the ass. And, uh, well, we got some Rolling Stones music for you. And speaking of that, you know, a lot of the Rolling, one of the Rolling Stones actually, they say, killed himself too. Okay, we'll get to that in about a week. <laughs> I want to die. <laughs> and you never paid attention to anything, they said. Right. You know, I have a son I never talk to anymore. <laughs> it didn't matter what they said. It just went in one ear and not the other. Once in a while, you might pay attention. You actually didn't even want them to talk over the music. It is the question of the Harry Harrison show at 26 past 11. Like he just said something about Elvis. I have no idea what he said. The easy question is the name of the song. Oh, I'd have no idea. <laughs> I just heard Elvis was the easy question. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Whether my wife is buried under the floorboards of my home. If the police want to go check that out. You know, it's 12 minutes past the hour. I have nothing left to live for. So I'll be ending the show early today. <laughs> you could. You could actually um, say you committed a murder and nobody would know. Oh, you, could say, you could be a racist. You, you know, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, I get nervous around black people, but I don't want to talk about it this morning. I want to talk about the Rolling Stones at the WMCA Good Guys. But those black people do make me nervous. In fact, in my neighborhood, we don't really have any black people. We're coming up on the top of the hour. I don't get no satisfaction now. It didn't matter what they said. I really don't know what they're talking about. All the news in four minutes. You'll get the finest food by getting at your nearest Hills Corvette. Corvette. Mom Hills Corvette is featuring a family favorite. Oh, Roger Miller there, neighbors, Oklahoma boy. Roger Miller, here's you, and he wrote it too. Undying. I have no idea. 
Howard, he used to do another weird thing. He what would, did he just say? <laughs> I, you know what? I zoned out. Let me back that up. <laughs> Roger Miller. Mom Hills Corvette is featuring a family favorite. Oh, Roger Miller, their neighbors, Oklahoma boy. Roger Miller, here's you, and he wrote it too. Undying and a burying. Oh, things aren't that bad, are they? Something wow. he, he wrote something to somebody. I heard the name Jim. A uh, Jim. Jim something. Somebody's got a Corvette shop or something. I don't even know. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we got some good music well, for I you this morning. I think I finally found me a surefire way. What is this? Yeah. This is one dying and burying. Try right, get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to announce this morning that I'm jarring my own urine. Uh, that's something I haven't told you about before. No music? Try to do a talk. Uh, yeah, there we go. Same song every morning. Uh, by the way, I'm a woman trapped inside a man's body who loves pussy. So what does that make me? I don't know. But we're WMCA good guys. It didn't matter what they said. I just picked my ass during the commercial. I'm sniffing my fingers right now, but we're going to get up to that chime time, WMCA. <laughs> I'm a vomit lover. Let's go. <laughs> but Roger, it's funny I know you it. can go from the Rolling Stones to Roger, whoever that Roger was. Miller. Roger Miller. It's like listening to a mental patient on the radio. <laughs> it's Monday, but come on, be happy. You're with the good guys on WMCA Radio. This is WMCA. What a crazy Here people. is good guy hit number two. Here's number two. I'm sexually attracted to my daughter. Here's Elvis. <laughs> this morning. Four tops, number two in the Good Guys Survey. Harry Harrison Show. It's 25 degrees uh, 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 Monday morning. 74 degrees, our temperature rating. Oh, sugar pie, honey, we better check the forecast about your hair and everything. You know. We got to check the forecast about the blood and everything. <laughs> wow. And I was afraid to do this kind of radio because I was pretty sure I wasn't stupid enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get any songs we talk up, Fred? Wait. Thank you. Oh, sugar body, bud. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. I'm digging holes in my yard with my bare hands, and I don't know why, but I'm trying <laughs> to figure it out. A WMCA good guy. Just made a chocolate cake out of my own feces. That was Sugar by Honey Bun. That was great. For those of you who are wondering, the devil speaks through me, and I'm Jesus Christ reincarnated. Thank you. Uh... Wow. Boy, that music must have been good to keep people tuned in. <laughs> That's right, Robin. Sometimes I wipe my ass and smell the paper afterwards. What time is it? We're coming up on Chime Time. 719. Yeah. I love it. Away with 12 rapes. That was the four tops, everybody, before. And we'll be doing our countdown all weekend long. Wait, did that announcer just say he got away with four rapes? <laughs> the CIA killed JFK, but no one's listening anyway. Aquanet hairspray forecast finds the weatherman still smiling on us today. It's a beautiful Monday, but even if he weren't, your hair wouldn't know the difference. Not if you used Aquanet, the all-weather hairspray. Don't laugh at the weather huh? with Aquanet hairspray. If it's, if it's new, you'll hear it first with the good guy. Yeah. Here's another first. Oh, come on, Pat. Oh, she's 
Pike, you ready now? You look beautiful. Our little Pat Pike Pike, you better come home. Harry Harrison Show. What? Want to hear the Jive Five? You will in a few minutes on the Harrison Show. Mel Carter, Uniform Plus Two, Jack Jones, The Strange what? Loves Two. That's Pike Clark, another first what? on Good Guy Radio. You better Pat come home. Clark. 74 degrees, sunny day, great Monday. High on the 80s. If you're an announcer, it's... it means you're like amongst the greatest <laughs> articulate people on the planet and yet these guys i never realized how fucking inarticulate they are they have no you have no idea what they're saying they're really not communicating yeah it's just noise there's just a lot of noise going on here i just sucked my own dick this morning and finished in my own mouth (laughs) but we got a lot of good music for you it's a great day to throw uh gay people off the roof ladies and gentlemen (laughs) you can actually make out what you're saying you could be homophobic and you could be uh, racist and uh, and also suicidal, and I don't think anyone would pay attention. Isn't that who your dad thought you should sound like? Like well, when you yeah. were starting out? No, that's all that was on the radio. So he was like, uh, "Yeah, you should should learn how to imitate those guys." <laughs> sound like you're in a mental uh, ward. Uh, Howard, my grandfather suffered from dementia towards the end. He sounded just like this. Yeah, like, that's right. I suffer. I suffer from dementia. As a matter of fact, I pay women to put paper clips in my dick hole and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, ladies and gentlemen, we got some good music for you. My wife has been chained up in the basement for the past three months in case the police want to. Re- what happened to music, Fred? Keep coming in. Fred wanted your confession to be audible. You just make it as hard as you can for me, Fred. That's okay. That's the best I can do. How about I throw you off the roof right now? It's not unusual. Not unusual to throw Fred off the roof. <laughs> 74 degrees, it's Monday, 3 times 8 is 24, 24 days till Mick Jagger's birthday, and I was raped by a dog man in the woods when, uh, I went out in my backyard, I was raped by a dog man, all right, that's it, anyway, he's gone, and uh, he was a part of my childhood, how old was he, uh, 80, I'll give you, I just had the fucking, I think it's 89, it's 89, 89, Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I had the obituary in front of me twice, and I lost it. You keep losing that obituary. <laughs> just keeps flying. You threw, Howard, you just cr- keeps flying away, or I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> you crumbled it up and threw it away. I crumbled it up and threw it away. Thank you, Bubba Booey. <laughs> well, there you go. That's it. Was Cousin Brucey a, like a contemporary of his? Yeah, Did they work guys. together? I mean, I think so. Who knows? Nobody cared. <laughs> well, the only guys who care are like radio guys. I, I was talking on the phone this weekend to uh, Kid Chris. Mm. And, oh, you uh, still talk to Kid Chris? Yeah, well, we hadn't talked in a while, and we were just bullshitting about radio, and I realize how little I know now. Uh, yeah, you, you're you know. not really up on it anymore. Yeah, he had a whole bunch of radio gossip, and I was like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> what station is was that? It, was the gossip any good? Uh, no, nah, I mean, it was just like radio stuff. It was like two radio guys talking about radio. He's at, uh, I think he's at WEBN in Cincinnati, and... How well. long has he been there? Five years. We were both kind of marveling at the fact that he held a job for five years. Yeah, he over. better hold a party or something. Yeah, might even be eight years. So he's doing well. I was happy to hear it. And, of course, I was giving him the benefit of my wisdom <laughs> as a, a, a radio veteran. I see. And what would that be? I don't know. I don't, I don't even remember the conversation. <laughs> you know me. After I get on the phone, after one minute, I want to get off. <laughs> How long were you on with him? I don't know. Hey, Dan, what's up? Oh like, God, I don't know, a half on. hour, something like that. Yeah, Dan. Howard, I just want to say I hopped in the truck, and this is the coolest thing, the old school radio. We could listen to it all morning. It really is good. So I just want to let you know that. Old school radio, Dan. Yeah, it was something. 
Then he moved over to WCBS in 1987. Here's what he sounded like over there. Ah, you belong to me. You're mine every morning on CBS FM, back by special request. All right? It's 16 minutes to 8 o'clock in the morning. That didn't even make sense. WCBS FM, we're back by special request. What does that even fucking mean? I don't know. He doesn't know. Good yawning. Oh, wake up and... Good yawning. All right. I'll give you that one. That's a joke. <laughs> Bell and Covey with Harry Harrison and the morning team on CBS FM. You mean it's 16 minutes to 8 o'clock already, huh? Seven four. Like, like, whoa, there's a shock. Wow. Wow. It's 16 minutes to 8 o'clock. Oh, my already. God. It's 724 already? How did that happen? <laughs> I just, just sat down about 24 minutes ago. <laughs> Where do you have to give the time twice? It's 16 minutes to... Everybody, some, you had to give it three times on some radio stations. But you give it two different ways. 724, yeah, 24 past 7. Uh... <laughs> and then there's a third way you can give it, but I forget what it is. What happened to all that crazy production? Was that a WABC thing? And that, that was went WMCA. Uh, oh, WMCA. Now we're at WCBS-FM, which got rid of a lot of the crazy production. I'm really shocked that he still had that much energy. Here's Broadway Bill. He wants to eulogize Harry Harrison. I think that's nice. Hi, Broadway Bill. Rest in peace. I'm sad. Harry's deceased. Traffic's light on the 495 headed east. Here's Human League WCBS. You. Somebody bring me a tissue. Here's Hootie and the Blowfish. Only want to be with you. WCBS. Wow. What a eulogy. What a eulogy. All right, I got to go. We have 40 minutes of commercials to play. I got to tell you something. You sound great doing that. Oh, thank you very much, everybody. And <laughs> by the way. Everybody, it's just me. I am just so sad that Harry is going to miss the weekend because when it's 5 o'clock, it's time to rock. Here's Loverboy on WCB. I guess you could pretty much just say anything when you have that kind of voice, huh? Broadway Bill Lee is in morning. We miss Harry. <laughs> wow. To take a trip to Margaritaville. I like mine with salt. How about you? Call in, tell us your favorite margarita recipes. WCBS. When you have a big voice like that, I say you could say anything and get away with it, can't you? You know, one of my favorite things that, uh, uh, you know, Harry used to say was. You know, I heard you once said I could throw anyone off the roof I want because I have this voice and nobody paid attention. Nobody even called in. Absolutely. I smother people at hospice. 26 past 7. <laughs> WCBS. All right. We got the 40-minute commercial block coming up. Right, we'll be- enough of that eulogy. Oh, boy. Everybody got that holiday spirit, huh? That's right. We're into the holidays. Thanks for all the Thanksgiving Day cards and happy holiday to you and the family. Uh, okay. Mr. Right. weather and shadow traffic coming up. He came back. And- it's like a mental patient is talking. How can anybody listen to this kind of radio? Like I, I got, I remember as a kid, I get very annoyed because I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. <laughs> so why would I want to be on the radio? It's the gambler on TV, Kenny Rogers. Here's a song that inspired the movie CBS FM. What do you say? Here's a song <laughs> yeah. that inspired the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, sometimes I masturbate to uh, those early Macaulay Culkin movies. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must be crazy. Yeah. That was Macaulay Culkin, I'll tell you that. When I was 12, I consensually blew my Boy Scout leader. And I'll be talking about that later in the show. But right now, let's get up to that traffic copter. All right. Yeah.
Summer's Eve. CBS FM remembers 1956. Right, the entire Thanksgiving right. weekend, our new CBS FM Top 500 Countdown. You picked him? We're going to play him! Well, Brooklyn. Hey, hey. Pleasure to play it for you here on CBS FM. Got your old good guy sweatshirt still, huh? A little huh? frayed, a little warm. The smile is, uh, but it's still there. Right. Okay, good. Good morning, Harry Harrison. Morning. 8.30 already, huh? All right. Uh-oh. We're going to have uh, Kelly Tyler for Deborah Wetzel and the news. I'll be right back. We got a little Kelly time here, too. I once gave a teenage runaway an abortion with a penknife. Right, let's get to some more music right He's now. He's always surprised by the time. Uh, the time shocks the fuck out of me. 7.28. <laughs> Let's remember that the Jews run the banks. Okay, WMCA good guys coming at you. That's right. That's a lot of fun. I can't believe it's 728. How do we get to that time already? That's crazy. Interracial marriage is a uh, very strange thing, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? All right, let's uh, get back to our news. <laughs> It's wild how you don't know what the fuck anyone's talking about. I'm beginning to get it. Yeah, you're, you're, I see, you're vibing with this. <laughs> 21 to noontime on the Harry Harrison Show at 1 o'clock, Jack Spector. It's great good guy there noon. from New Jersey, Harold Hartman. Hi to Al to his brothers at the World's Fair today. What? Unit 4 plus 2. That went with Plus two. It's like the the announcer's just an annoying gnat <laughs> who won't shut the. Well, fuck that's up. what it felt like when you were listening to the radio. You wanted to hear the song, and here's this guy making these stupid noises. Yeah, like I remember as a kid, I tried to tape the the music off of the radio, and right. the announcer would fuck up my, you know, like they play "Sunshine of Your Love," Korea, but they're talking over the whole thing. Right, you try to tape it as soon as the music comes on. He's still talking. I should have tried this kind of radio because I think maybe I would have been good at it. I could have, maybe I would have blurted out a few things that got some attention. I'm Fred and Clay on WMCA. Sunny, 74 degrees, 9 to noontime. Harry Harrison Show. Hey! Hey! Right! Homeowners, imagine what? relax. What? What? <laughs> I just, I just blast off. Give me some music. WMCA, good guys, color that They were going to be all played a lot of good music. Hey, Native Americans love that fire water, don't they? <laughs> Did you know a hooker fisted my asshole last night? I couldn't believe it. Right here at WMCA, we got the big, the big top 500 coming up for the weekend. A lot of people don't know this. I'm wanted for child sex trafficking. WNBC, we've got all the great hits. <laughs> Just throw it all out there. Yeah, the big hand on the clock reminds me of my father's penis. Uh, wow, it's 7.31 already as I look. Nine to noon. Yeah. Like that kind of Nine to noon, uh, Robin, I masturbate to crime scene photos. Did I mention that before? <laughs> well, that's right, I do. Oh, here's a good one, but an old one, I guess. I don't believe Eskimos are real, do you? Okay, let's go. Maybe I could have done this. Maybe I should do this. Maybe it's my calling. This is going to be your your lead into retirement. You're going to start doing this kind of radio. Yeah, WMCA. I'm going to get together with a group of guys. You know, I think we should forget about the Holocaust already, don't you? Okay, <laughs> 731 WMCA. Harry Harrison Show. All the leaves are <laughs>
All the leaves are brown, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, have you ever tasted dog semen? Savory. Okay, 732 now, WMCA. Everybody thinks they know something, but I know something that you don't know, and I want to tell it to you a little bit later on. I got my sister pregnant the other night. Well, they're thinking about firing the runoff. Who knows what they're going to do? WMCA, good guy. Hey, where did we go? That's why you wondered what they sounded like off the air. Right. Because they were so horrible on the air. You mean when they went to the psychiatrist, like, you know, my parents never loved me, sir. <laughs> psychiatrist be like, you know, it's hard to tell what's underneath the hood with you. you... <laughs> Relaxing on your own new air-conditioned finished basement family room next weekend, or even sooner if you want, TW55470. Do you think one person actually was able to write down the phone number to these commercials? <laughs> 22 and the good guys. Yeah, that's right, 22. My aunt had great tits. Did I ever tell you that? Jones on the Harry Harrison Show. I Number 22 in the Good Guys Survey on Radio WMCA. Pretty good Monday after a wet Sunday. And, uh... <laughs> well, he's gone. 89 years old, Harry Harrison. Bit of my well, childhood right there. will never hear that again. Never going to hear that. <laughs> Howard, you should go on 60s on 6 and do this and see I would if like anybody to. notices. I wonder if they would. Hi, it's Howard Stern yeah, on 60s on 6. On 60 <laughs> you know, I froze a piece of my own feces and fucked my own ass with it. I know none of you are paying attention because of my big, deep voice. <laughs> okay, WMCA. Pretty woman. Pretty woman. Yeah, she awfully was. Yes. Did I ever tell you I was sexually attracted to oven mitts? That's right. All right. You know, I could just about yell out anything with this deep voice, and you people would accept it because you have no fucking idea what I'm saying. How's this? Free Jerry Sandusky. That's right. Okay. WMCA. Something's happening here. I don't know what it is, but I put rubber bands on my penis until it fell off last night. But that's okay. Hi, Hitler, everybody. 7.34 in the morning. There's something happening here. Hey, did he just say hi, Hitler? Exactly I just you stapled. You never be sure. <laughs> yeah. You just don't know. He probably wouldn't say hi, Hitler, would he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I did say Al Hitler. None of you complained. But just checked the listener line, so I got away with it. Just got a giant swastika tattooed on my left ass cheek, but nobody's paying attention. I stapled my dick to my leg. Let's see if any of you are paying attention on a wild WMCA Good Guys Weekend. Uh-oh, Goldfinger. I molested a golden retriever. <laughs> That's right, WMCA. Oh, my God, I can't believe this. I'm looking at the clock, and the clock hands moved. Yeah, it's 7.35. Can you believe that? Goldfinger. <laughs> uh, Shirley, Miss Shirley Bassey, that was Goldfinger. Right here at WMCA, rape should be legal one day a year, don't you think? Okay, let's get back to some more music. Got a little Miss Aretha Franklin. If you swim nude, you can get a dolphin to fuck you. I know it because I went on vacation to Bahamas with Cousin Brucey. What you want? What you want, you know I got it. That's the truth. I'm just saying, Anne Frank seemed like a bitch, don't you think? I mean, a little bit. She was a bit of a loud mouth. Okay, got her whole family busted, and those Hitler took her away. Okay, hey, we're having a great weekend here. Miss Aretha Franklin, Bella. I'm going on. 
How do you get on that 60s show on, uh, on Sirius? <laughs> you walk down the hall. Yeah. You imagine the flood of emails and calls after your... I'll be segment. an anti-Semitic uh, 60s announcer. <laughs> Uh-oh, got a little music for you. Uh, sitting on the dock of the bay. I have a closet full of those uh, gold Jew teeth from World War II. Uh, let's go sit on the bay. Sitting in the morning sun. You know, I ever say I was a Vietnam veteran. I have a necklace made of children's ears. That's right. It was a lot of fun to collect those. We took out a whole village. Anybody think people, uh, black people, miss being slaves? Raise your hands. That's right. Here I am, Harry Harrison, WFC. I'm sure he said a lot of things that nobody knows what he said. Well, we couldn't interpret half of it, so we <laughs> yeah. could have been saying that. A racist, anti-Semitic. But maybe this will get that song that's been in my head out uh, finally. <laughs> What what song is that? Um, the Larry Clark Jr. song. Oh, oh! All I wake up hearing, uh, "Run, nigger, run." Well, hey, you, go back where you come from. I'm like, what? What am I saying? It's our, it's Gary Clark Jr. Oh, I'm sorry. What'd what you call I him? Larry, you, you call him Larry, Larry Clark. Jr. Larry. Roy. Gary Clark. Jr. Larry Clark is his brother. <laughs> well, I right. really want this song out of my head. But uh, Harry Harrison was uh, part. I think I drove it out of your head. <laughs> I think so because I haven't thought about it in a few minutes trying to figure out what <laughs> Harry Harrison is saying. Yeah, I would like to get all of those. Uh oh, Eddie Truckers need a blowjob right now. Give us a call to the WMCA good guys. Don't you think deaf people are just looking for attention? Yeah, that's what I think. You know, here's the Michael Jackson song with his brothers, the Jackson Five. <laughs> I may be this controversial, but I hope we never find a cure for AIDS. Uh, yeah, and uh, let's hear it for the three-fifths compromise. Okay. <laughs> they never heard of AIDS back then. <laughs> All right, thank you. But these guys would blurt out shit. You didn't know what the fuck they were saying. You just didn't know. Radio is crazy, right? You should go out there and be pro Epstein. Like all this crazy hey, shit. how about Epstein? Uh? <laughs> Poor Epstein. Uh, you know, what a hero he, of mine. Not a bad personal rap. hero. <laughs> <laughs> For a lot of us in the rape community, we love Jeffrey Epstein. And you go, Prince Andrew. <laughs> High five me, baby. WMCN. <laughs> As the holiday bells ring out the old year and sweethearts, oh. old hands touch and warm. Is that the way it goes? The year ahead. May I wish you not the biggest and not best the of life, but the small pleasures that make living worthwhile. Sometime during the new year. How the fuck is he talking? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. I wish. I wish human women had six tits like a pig. <laughs> you know. This has been a great year, WMCA, but I got to say, we have a lot to be grateful for. I thank God every day for making slow adults for our amusement. <laughs> yes. Ah. Well, coming up later on in the morning, a young singer who blew me to get his song played. <laughs> this gentleman's going to go far in the industry. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves WNCA, good guys, and we good all guys. wish you a very, very happy and healthy new year. Now let's round up all the Koreans and light a match, okay? 
All right, WMCA chime time, 739. <laughs> Billy Ray was a preacher's son, and when his daddy would visit, he'd come along. When they gather around Who thinks we should nuke the Japs again? Give us a call, WMCA hotline. Let us know what you think, because we've got the top 500 of the year coming up. Did I mention I have sex with dismembered feet from corpses? That's right. All right. That's it. It's enough of that. Right? Hey, uh, Leslie Jones is coming in today. Oh. I got the boys in here to clean out the computers. We got a full show for you. I was thinking about these uh, caucuses and stuff. I, uh, you know, uh, the, the I, Iowa caucus? I hate it. I hate the Iowa caucus. It just Why do you hate it? Well, because Iowa has so much important. Like, Iowa is not all that important. It's like no. 12 people who live there. Yeah. That's why they can caucus. And if you're going to, yeah, <laughs> and if you're going to have some kind of indicator of how the Democratic or Republican uh, nominating process is going to go, why don't you go to some diverse area? Like, ever hear of a place called New York? <laughs> it's the epicenter of the world. It's the most diverse place in the world. So you might actually get a smattering of all different types of people and backgrounds. Even if you just took upstate New York, upstate New York is bigger than Iowa. And it's diverse. I mean, there's all kind of hillbillies up there. There's you all, got everything up you got there. Every, you don't even know what's up there. You got Bigfoot <laughs> up there. You got Dogmen up there. Good morning, everybody. Harry Harrison with you. <laughs> How are you, everybody? Come on, let's do the countdown. WMCA, good guys. And Anybody we just love know it. know what's upstate New York? <laughs> yeah, come on. And what's the big deal with sexually harassing all these women? Let's get down to the WMCA. All right, thank you. <laughs> High pitch Eric wants to do Harry Harrison. Um, uh, <laughs> high pitch Eric? Yeah, he says he does a Harry Harrison impression. Go ahead, high pitch. Hello, it's Harry Harrison. Good morning. It's 20 <laughs> minutes before the hour. And coming up, I got the Beatles. Wow. And I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. Heavy Harrison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, Heavy Harrison. I have a couple updates on him. What do you know? So you know he got those two speeding tickets? Uh, driving to his show, yeah. uh, and he one was for ninety plus miles an hour. The, the other one was for how how fast was the first one? Well, one was ninety. The other one was a hundred a hundred miles. Jesus. Oh, so God. so the the ninety mile per hour one, he paid a fine and did a defensive driving course. The hundred mile per hour one, he was going to get a twelve points on his license Which for would, it. When you get how many points till they take away your license? I'm not 100%. I think it's very close. Yeah, I, think no, I, think, I think it's 11. Right? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah like, or, or it's 12. Yeah. Right. right. It, his lawyer got it down to two points. <laughs> oh, I want his lawyer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Is that right, Eric? Yeah. Wow. Well, you got lucky, huh? The rest of us aren't so lucky. But how many points does he have now, Howard? His, you got to have close to 12 points, right, Eric? With all no. these. How many points that, do you have? I, I think. My lawyer knocked it down to two points. Yeah, but total. How many do you have total points on your record? I have no points now. Just two points. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even Fuck. know. Right, he doesn't care. He doesn't even, he doesn't you know care. what? Here's the, here's the point. Why if should he, he? If he lost his license, he'd still drive. Right. That's right. So what's the difference? You Let me ask you something. Is that just one ticket or does he have to go back? No, I now that. Go back. What? I don't have to go back. Robin, they took care of both the tickets? Robin, you're so feeble-minded. You don't understand. <laughs> Jesus. What is your problem, wow. Eric? Just answer my questions. 
Come on, that I was a good line. That. Give him some credit. No, it's <laughs> one he uses over and over again. Get a new one. Oh, oh. You're tough on the uh, slow community. <laughs> you really are. I want to know how. <laughs> I, I believe they can do better. <laughs> well, you know what? You're, you're a bigger believer Why than is... I'm making him handy capable. You know, Robin, you're a bigger believer than <laughs> I am. It's uh, coming up on 743. we got to take a break soon. So, uh... hey, What do you pay your lawyer, Eric? Because <laughs> I've got to figure, you got to pay him a lot. This guy's probably the greatest oh, no, lawyer ever. No, I paid I paid him three hundred. Right. And to to do everything. Uh-huh. And he's a great lawyer out of Buffalo. Right. And his name is Tom. And <laughs> Tom the lawyer. Tom he's, the lawyer you go to? From Buffalo. From Buffalo? Yeah. Well he's let me tell you. Years old. You should pay him triple that. He's he's worth his weight in gold that he got <laughs> so, so nice plug. Down to, That's where you want the caucus out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Thanks, Eric. And I'm a safe, I'm a safe driver now too. All right, thank you. Miles an hour. By the way, his uh, his passion for wilding is reaching a very very creepy level What's right he doing? now. He called me the other day and broke down this whole fantasy he has about him and wilding. But the weird part is, they're not having sex in this fantasy. He's liter- He wants a projector screen to flash let, up a picture on his let ceiling. The Clock projector, you know the clock projector yes. that goes under the ceiling. Yes, the clock projector. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the kind of projector clock I want. With a picture of Chris Wilder on my ceiling. And what's Chris wearing in the picture? Tell Howard. A pair of shorts, <laughs> and you see him with the pair of shorts, with with like you see his. They're chested, and that's it. You see him wearing the shorts up. So, in other words, they're hiked up so you can see his ass cheeks. Not his ass cheeks. Just in front of him. He doesn't even want his cock or ass shown. Do you want his cock to be falling out of the bottom of the short shorts? Super steamy. (laughs) Yes. You do. So steamy. You want to see some cock and balls sticking out of the bottom? Yes. And you want uh, him bare chested? Yes. All right. He said he wanted him oiled up, too, and he wanted his hair wet. Eric, do you now see that you're possibly gay? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> How can you say that? You want a projection of Chris Wilding with his <laughs> cock and balls in your face. No, on the ceiling. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I would say it's ostensibly to jerk off to him. Am I correct? Well, that, well that's the point. Yeah. So, <laughs> so don't you think that? jerking off to... A young Chris Wilding with his balls and cock out would make you a little bit gay? No. I mean, does he still want to go to Sesame Street with me? <laughs> what is going on what? with this guy? Does he really <laughs> think he's not gay? He, uh, 100%, he's feeble-minded. He just told me yesterday that he met some chick online or something, and she or he heard some something, and this chick's really hot. And, and I'm like, what are you talking about really hot chick? Yeah. Your, your dream is to be with a guy. <laughs> It's yeah, so you're not weird. projecting her on yourself. When, when he looks at the picture, what do you imagine? When you're jerking off to Chris, no, what are you no, thinking no, is happening? Well, I, what I think of happening is that when we go to Sesame Street Live, <laughs> I hope that he touches me and I touch him. Uh, like like <laughs> when we're sitting down next to each other. 
So you're at Sesame Street Live, enjoying the show in front of kids, yeah. surrounded by children. Well, all right. yeah. let's let's let's. Uh, he's feeble-minded. Come on, and then let's it's assume he's sitting. Kid. He's sitting next to adults, and then he. So you want Chris to reach into your lap and play with your penis during oh. Sesame Street? And I feed him cotton candy. <laughs> right, so you feed him candy, and then you play with, and you play with his penis, and he plays with your penis. Yes, and he feeds me popcorn. But Eric has a problem with his penis, Howard. We, we, we talk, uh, you played a clip. He has to now physically pull his penis out of his body. It completely, yeah, I know. Oh. It retracts. Yeah, he wants to come in and show you that. Isn't it way. interesting that there's food in the yeah, fantasy? Yeah, it's good. I love that. Always. Chris you, is feeding him. You want to you wanna come in and show me your retracted penis? Yeah, Chris could pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a tooth. Let's do this. Bring him in here and bring some cotton candy and, and what All right. <laughs> when can we schedule that? <laughs> Tomorrow. I'll watch that. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a guy come in here and pull out his own retracted penis. I love when it comes to sex. His IQ goes to 120. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Steve the Cop's on the phone wants to talk to Eric. Yes, Steve the Cop. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. What's going on, Howard? Long time, first time? Hey, now. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that Eric is a fucking moron, okay? The guy, he just keeps speeding, and honestly, he should have a suspended license. Honestly, it's an 11-point max on your license for a New York State license. But, Steve, you're a police officer. What is going on here? He keeps getting pulled over, and nothing no, happens. Just a, listen, I took the lights out of my car, too. Huh? What? No, the thing, the thing is, is that he's just, he doesn't, he doesn't, here's the thing, he has a fucking speedometer in front of him, he should be fucking looking at it. He's not. Well, clearly, because he's just a fucking feeble-minded asshole. Yeah, but there's cops. You know, Steve, him. in the old days, you sound like a young guy, but in the old days, the cops used to take I, a guy am, like yeah. this, they'd pull him over and then beat him a little bit, and now you can't even do that. Yeah, you can't even do that, but nope. you know what, it is what it is, I mean, eventually he'll learn when he gets his license suspended, and... You know, in New York City especially, you don't even have to be, you know, any kind of scoff laws or anything like that. But, you know, he'll get suspended. When I talk to the old-time cops, they're all retired now. They say, in the old days, you take an error. Yeah. You, sm you give him a pink belly, you, you put him down on the ground, you, you smack him a couple of times Atomic in the head. wedgie him. Yeah. Atomic wedgie him. <laughs> I remember how safe New York was in the old days. Oh, yeah. You're you kidding? It was great. Oh, yeah. It was a great time. I heard the same kind of stories. Even walking down the street corner, I saw a friend of mine, his grandmother was telling me a story about the fact that he was just walking down the road, and, you know, she was getting harassed by a bunch of kids. The cops saw him. Cop just beat the shit out of him. There you go. Yeah, yeah that's my whole point. You know. Yep. All of that has gone out yeah. the window these days. Well, Some yeah, people, you know what? The law can't lock right. everybody up, Steve. They just can't lock everyone up. So what the cops would do? You see a guy yeah. like Eric. He's driving 100 miles an hour. You smack him around a bit. And <laughs> yeah. Then you what get... do you do next week? Because Eric's getting right back in the car. No, he might knock some sense at them. Yeah. Right, Eric, Absolutely. don't you think if, if the officer, like, beat you up, you might start looking at the speedometer? He'd love it, though. He'd yeah. get turned yeah. on. Oh, I don't think he'd like it. I don't speed anymore. All right. Fair enough. I hope not. No, I got a speed limit. All right. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Eric. All right, Howard. Love you, bud. Later. See? Steve knows what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. so, so Chris to pull my uh, penis out. All right. Oh. You know what, Gary? You schedule that. <laughs> Eric's going to come down. He's going to pull his pants down, and we're going to see <laughs> that there's no penis there, that, in fact, it's stuck inside his own body. Can Chris use tweezers? Or? And you're saying Chris is going to pull it out? 
Yeah. yeah. Like oh. a magic show. He's going to oh. find it and pull it out. How are right, you? He might want to wear a glove, though, for that. Remember that smallest penis contest we had and I had no penis? Yeah, and you <laughs> lost. Yeah. <laughs> his penis. So proud. Now he's saying he would win. Now he's saying he would win. <laughs> How deep is it in your body? Well, it's very deep. He he showed me a demonstration, like, outside of his clothes. Not telling you it's because we were out on the street. But he, the way he did it with his arm, it was like you're pulling a garden hose out. Like he had to, he had to go deep. Well, you know what Chris is probably going to have to do? Press on his fat. Yes. He's going to have to lift his, yeah. his gut up. Pop lift his gut up with his foot and <laughs> then take his two hands and press on his, uh, his uh, pubic area until his penis pops out. It'll be like, like Dr. Pimple Popper. Popper. Howard, we it should is... do it like Groundhog Day. Oh. Like if the penis sees its shadow, we have six more weeks of no winter. Chris, are you yeah. up for that? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to wear, like, you know, medical... Medical gloves. Yeah. yeah. Gloves and maybe, like, a... A hazmat suit? Yeah, like, like I was thinking, like, salad tongs to actually pull it no, out. No, you got to use your hands. Okay, He's not an animal. We don't want to yeah. hurt him. Yeah. He's okay, whatever. Guy. Yeah, as long as it's feelings. medical and, and, and safe, <laughs> sterile, I will Maybe what you need to do is put your fist up his asshole and push out the penis that way. <laughs> that doesn't sound too medical to me. I don't know. Well, I thinking that if you were a little romantic like with the the uh cotton candy and the popcorn maybe it'll maybe get hard. be easier to find maybe the head will poke out yeah. yeah maybe i just get them hard and then we solve this whole problem how do you keep your penis clean if it's always inside your body because i take the shower and i wash with the shower hose and what do you do <laughs> like you just shoot water into the hole yeah do you have to lift your stomach to pull your penis out yeah, I do. <laughs> whole do you clean your folds? Yes. Yeah, that's my favorite part of my 600-pound life. <laughs> they always have one shower scene where the people who are over 600 pounds, they sit down. Everybody the, has to get in the shower on that yeah, show? Yeah, everyone's naked. <laughs> they sit down in the shower, and they go, it's very important. And they're all depressed. It's like, it's very important that I clean my folds because they can get infected in there. And then they lift up their fat, and they actually hose down their folds. And there's all kind of shit under there. Car really? license plates. Yeah, like there's like, a whole ecosystem. Toys fall out. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling yeah. you, piece of bread, all kind of shit. <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa. It's crazy. Ooh. It's nuts. Howard, what is Eric up to these days? Because remember, at his best, he was down to 270. We know he was like 310 last time we saw him two months ago. Well, Eric, you give your answer, then I'll give mine. I think he was 322 guy. Okay. So yeah, what, 325. What yeah, is he? he he's, <clears throat> excuse me, he's got to be at 340. Really? How do you know? How I'll weigh myself today and I'll show you. Okay, I want a video of you stepping on the scale because I don't believe you. You lie to me about your weight, which is the one thing he lies to me about. Right. I don't let's, date let's, anyone over three thirty. I FaceTime you and I'll show you. All right, let's just listen because I have to move along, and we yeah. wanted to get to clean out the computer, which we're never going to get to. <laughs> uh, here was here. I'll book Eric. Okay, Gary, you're going to take care of yep. that. Eric will get a day. He'll come down here. We'll see his, you know, that he has no penis. <clears throat> yes. You'll go digging for his penis with gloves on, yes. okay? Yes. Everybody looking forward to that? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I want you Big to be show. here. Big show coming up when we dig for Eric's penis. Chris is coming in. The, yeah, and we'll be playing some of the top 500 songs of the year. All right, thank you. Can Chris measure him, too? Like, are you curious how long it yeah, actually Chris is? Chris will measure him, too. Okay, Richard, for I'll you. do it all. All right. I'm betting about an inch and a half. I'm what happens when you have to urinate? Like, what happens? I have to pull it out so I don't pee all over the, ah. all over the toilet seat. Or yourself. Wait, yeah. so if you don't pull it out, what does it do? Does it hit, like, your your stomach flap and then kind of spray all Sprays over the place? Sprays out like Windex. 
it's like one of those wacky sprinklers. What, uh, like it dribbles down your leg? Yes. So it's like a bad water fountain, you know, with no, it has no, right, no power and it just dribbles yeah. over the side. Yeah, when you were thinner, we could see the head of your cock. Now it's like completely retracted because of your heavy uh, weight. Listen, I'm going to say it's time to it today so he can see how much I weigh. Okay. All right. Thanks, Eric. Okay. Well, we'll book you on the show. I love you. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. What is he? What is he again, Fred? Feeble? Uh, imbecile. Imbecile. <laughs> imbecile. I always think he's dull. Yeah. No. Yeah, I do Bobo, too. He Bobo thought he was dull. dull. Uh, Bobo's dull. He's an tough. imbecile. Tough to keep track. Yeah. No, Richard's dull. <laughs> hey, I was one seventeen IQ. Yeah. 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 Higher than Ralph. Yeah. I'm the Einstein of Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. the Jethro of yeah. Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but I, you know what? I don't want to take a break because we're rolling along very nicely here, but I must. So, um, yeah, we're going to come up on the top of the hour. Can you believe the time has changed again? This is crazy. All right, feeling all right. WMCA, good guys. Harry Harrison with you. Meanwhile, Iowa's not even good at caucusing because they never pick a winner anyway. No, it's not a... a Here, I got the stats. A predictor of uh, what happens in the general election. Since 1976, the Democrat who won the Iowa caucus went on to become president only twice, Jimmy Carter and Barack Obama. Since 76, the winner of the Republican caucus has gone on to win the presidency once. That was George W. Bush. So they're not even that good at it. But they do. What happens is they uh, they do go on to win the party nomination. Like a lot of times when you win Iowa and you become the Dem nominee and then you don't go but on to win. But you see my point. Yeah. I'm, why Why not? Why, why, since the first one is always an important one, why not make it New York where it's diverse? But that's but, why Iowa set their caucuses when they did, because they wanted to be important. I know. It's Fuck obnoxious. Yeah. Well, yeah, they are obnoxious. Yeah. I'm against it. And the whole caucusing thing is obnoxious, too. It's just the, they, I think they would raise hands or something. Don't you think, like, the most important thing to Democrats right now is beating Trump, right? No, so, it is to me. Well, okay, it is to you and it right. is to Democrats. So if they want to beat Trump, they can't. I see, like, in Iowa, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. And I like Bernie. Bernie stuck mm-hmm. up for us with the FCC and everything else. He seems like a real good yeah, man. Yeah, people say he didn't do anything. Yeah, he stuck up <laughs> <Yeah>. for us. <laughs> he did a but, lot. But here's the thing. If, if Democrats really want to beat Trump, Mm-hmm. If you go with Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, you're fucked. I think, I, I think so. I'm telling you, you are fucked. Because if Democrats want to win, they got to get some guy or woman who is middle of the road, yep. who uh, disenfranchised Republicans will vote for, for middle of the road Democrats will vote for. It can't be some guy talking about free shit all the time. Even if you like the ideas, even if you think free shit's cool, you're not going to beat Trump with that. I, I, so, agree. so, so they they should just fucking nominate Joe Biden. That's my opinion, or Michael Bloomberg. Uh, yes. Bloomberg, and then you'll win the presidency. And even Biden's Biden's going to do four years. He ain't going to do eight, right? And uh, then you get you know, and then you and then you get your you get what you're trying to really accomplish, which is to get him out of office. I love big ideas. I love Elizabeth Warren's big ideas. Uh, I just I'm with you. I don't think this is not the year for big ideas. The big idea is get Trump out of office. Why is everyone afraid to say that? I, th- I, don't I see know. a lot of these people are all afraid. You know, they're afraid they're offending this one or that one. I hear them because people go, "Well, we have to do what we need to do now, and we shouldn't be afraid." Well, of all right, them. then go ahead. Don't be afraid. Go ahead and sit out another four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and stop bitching then. 
uh, the Democratic Party in general, they, they just operate out of fear with everything. Just, you know. Yeah. Well. You know, you can make a case that Bernie, I mean, I think Hillary's making this case that, you know, Bernie probably hurt Hillary's chances against Trump. Just yeah, because she said of, it when she was here. It was a, such a long, drawn-out contest, and then all his guys were mad at her for some reason, and it's just... And he wouldn't endorse and he her wouldn't for endorse the longer, her. longest time. Uh, just, what do you think? And they're gonna... all saying now that, oh, yes, once we finish this primary process, we're going to really get behind the person who wins the nomination. No, they're fighting too much, and it's too yeah, contentious. Get behind now. Don't you think it's kind of... You see what's going on with Mr. Peanut? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fucking baffled by this. <laughs> Mr. Peanut, the, I guess the planters people. I used to work on the planters account, standard brands. How long did that last? Uh, five weeks. Not, not even. Two weeks. <laughs> I worked at Benton and Bowles, the advertising agency, and I was on. And this. they gave you the planters account. No, they wouldn't even give me Mr. Peanut. They gave me um, <laughs> they gave me the oil. The they they peanut make, oil. They make peanut oil, which is popular with Orthodox Jews. <laughs> I think they looked at me and said, why don't you go market this shit to Jews? Why is it, why is it popular with Orthodox Because uh, they use it for cooking. It's uh, part of kosher. Yeah. And, oh, it's uh, parv? Yeah. Well, I don't know what the fuck it is, but <laughs> but it's just... But like, the Jews I, use it. I remember when I worked at the advertising agency, I used to call like Jewish newspapers and say, you know, hey, we're taking a big buyout. Planters uh, oil. Cool. Peanut oil. Peanut oil. That's what Yeah, peanut. Is. Yeah. But Mr. Peanut... I guess Standard Brands or Planters Peanuts decided that Mr. Peanut should die. I guess they're tired of him. Yeah, they want a new mascot. They want a new mascot, so they're trying to. So they had a they had a Super Bowl commercial uh, planned, which I was looking forward to. Mr. Peanut was going to die in a fiery car crash. But He's going to fall off a cliff. All kinds of things. Yeah, and now because of Kobe Bryant, which is a terrible thing, but they're. They're canceling Mr. Peanut dying on the Super Bowl, which makes no fucking sense. I know. The whole world I mean, is changing. Why are we doing Kobe that? Died. Why, I want to see Mr. Peanut die. They said they will bring it later. Why? But Do it we now. are not ready to see this right after the Kobe Bryant accident. And I could imagine that Mr. Peanut was going to be in a fiery crash. And, and guess who was going to emerge? Who? Golden Honey Nut Peanuts, right? <laughs> I have no idea. But, I mean, I'm imagining roasted peanuts. Roasted, yeah. roasted, roasted peanuts. Peanut. Hey, out of out of a tragedy comes roasted <laughs> peanuts, and that makes sense to me. And it's a good advertising campaign. And Mr. Peanut should die at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Maybe now, now he'll just be horribly maimed or something. There is nothing that's going to affect the Kobe Bryant story by Mr. Peanut dying. Yeah. Well, people aren't ready. For what? Do you, think, if, do you feel America idea. is not ready for Mr. I, Peanut? I, that's what they're saying. We got to stop our plan for the Super Bowl because of this. Oh, they're saying they are still running the commercial during the Super Bowl. They just canceled promotion for the Super Bowl ad. Oh, I see. So oh, we will so they're see not going to promote it. As of now. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know that. Is the angle that it's a fiery crash or that you're killing an icon? I think it's a fiery, fiery crash, crash, killing an icon. <laughs> you think oh, they're they comparing Mr. Peanuts? <laughs> well, to that's what they're Kobe? doing. But that's why they stopped promoting it. I mean, this is how dumb people are. Well, that's just like they take off all the airline ads when a plane crashes. But this is a card. This is like saying Roadrunner can't blow up uh, somebody. <laughs> but they're treating it like it's more real. Like you know? Wiley like Coyote shouldn't attack Roadrunner. That's while... right. That we're the peanut. Mr. Peanut is real. I'm grieving Kobe, so I can't watch Wiley Coyote, Coyote and, uh, and Roadrunner. Yeah, we're all idiots. Yeah. So that's what they're saying, basically. Look, we have arguments in this country about whether Santa Claus is... 
is is white. So. No, no, I think there's one person. I'm not arguing one. about that. <laughs> Robin, I know he's white. I've seen him on, on the side of Ronnie's house. Um, listen, uh, before I say anything, I want you to know that over the next two weeks, we are going to be doing, I guess next week, we're going to be doing on Howard 101, uh, the Howard Stern Show, A to Z, A to Z. This what is, is a very, A to Z? A to Z is for everyone to listen to. When you're just driving around or you're hanging out in your home, everything Howard Stern Show on Howard 101, Stern Show A to Z. For example, A. What is A for, Robin? Yeah, what is A for? A is for ayahuasca. <sighs> and then you'd hear Robin's trip really? to Peru in 2011. Yeah. Wow. You're featured in it. B, for example. What is B for? B is for bedwetter. Who was that? Sarah Silverman, who was oh, on yeah. the show, and you'll hear her bedwetting story. I remember that. That's hot. Yeah. Or, or B is for, here's one. B is for blueberries. Who eats blueberries? Uh, your father. You'll hear my father talking and about blueberries. And juice, I would imagine, right. goes under B. B. But you're, now you're catching All on. All right. B is also for? Buoy. No, <laughs> Brambles. Who was in the Brambles and got a blowjob? George Takei. George Takei. Howard, you're the one that matter. Hey, Boner. Oh, you don't want to... I like a blueberries on my, uh, on my uh, cereal. Uh, uh, Your my, yogurt. My yogurt. <laughs> and it's very, very good from Chile. That's where the blueberries are from. He you bring eats, your own. He eats blueberries from Chile. I go to the store and buy them myself. So you'll hear all of that. Okay. I'm looking forward to I. I is for I see OJ. I see OJ. Yes, yes. the prank caller uh, during the Bronco chase. Yes, we will be hey, playing out. that. Robert Z is for 0.0, yes. Eric the actor. So you want to have fun? You've been saying your life's dull? You tune to Howard 101 next week and listen to Stern Show A to Z. You will benefit oh, oh so much. This quick break, we'll be back. We'll clean out the computer as best we can. Also, Leslie Jones will be here. We've got a big show for you right after these words. Beautiful music from Led Zeppelin. Just over the hills and far away? No. What is it? Rain song. Oh, yeah, rain song. That's right. Rain song, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rock from New York. Go ahead, buddy. What's going on? Well, first, I want to say that Jason's an asshole for supporting Elizabeth Warren's big ideas. I mean, of course he would want free health care. He doesn't take care of himself. Did, did you hear what I just said? All right, I don't want to get into a political argument. What do you want to say, Brock? I'm not saying I support Elizabeth so, Warren. And you know, I know you didn't say anything like you know, that. No. Very, you said just the opposite. Yeah, I said don't vote for Elizabeth Warren. Now, we're right. speaking he pretty clearly, and people ideas. can't understand. And we're speaking like a top 40 today. <laughs> how, did, how did Harry Harrison get understood? Brock, what else you got to say? Go ahead, pal. So, I, you know, I just, Howard, I think you're very quick to criticize people on the right 
but I never hear you criticizing people. I like just Elizabeth did. Warren I just Sanders. said. I just said, don't go with Bernie Sanders or, or Elizabeth Warren. I criticize the Democrats. Ideas. I just. You don't criticize. All right, Brock, you're right. I'm wrong. Fuck off. <laughs> what an asshole. People are fucking idiots. Idiots. It's comprehensive. You don't idiots. criticize Democrats. I just did. <laughs> what a dummy. Brock. Brock. Fuck you. You're banned from listening. Go listen to some other shit. I'll get his number and cancel his. Yeah, cancel it yeah. immediately. Ban him from the radio. He can't even yeah. hear it. Serious. Block him. <laughs> Block Brock. <laughs> a lot of people loved uh, Patty the Depressed Caller yesterday. By the way, <laughs> if you heard that show, the audience loved Patty the Depressed Caller. That was so funny. I uh, tried to make a love connection between her and another depressed caller. The fans got a kick out of it. I love the depressed guy talking to Patty today when he rattled off his medications. I lost it. Patty should definitely be considered for the whack pack. I agree. The depressed love connection with Patty, the depressed caller, and the depression guy was the funniest stuff ever. The segment with the two depressed people talking to each other had me crying, laughing on the way into work this morning. Thank you. I love that you were crying. Speaking of crying, Richard crying, that that really generated a lot of fan feedback. Uh, Richard talking about his Kansas City Chiefs possibly winning the Super Bowl. He broke down into uh, tears about his boyfriend Mahomes and everything else. Uh, people said this, Richard was wonderful on the show this morning. I'm with you, buddy. I get emotional about my sports teams all the time. Go Chiefs. A complete opposite view. Richard, turn in your man card, please. Get a damn life, you redneck pussy. Go 49ers. <laughs> we need more Richard crying every day. I can't get enough of it. The man is in touch with his emotions as shallow as they may be. <laughs> and finally, Richard is a pussy boy. I'm pulling for the 49ers <laughs> just to spite him. Kansas City sucks. Cry me a river. Fuck you. Well, there you go. And everyone seemed to universally hate King of All Blacks. Oh, dear. I'm begging you to keep the keep Joy the Caller's number on speed dial every time that asshole King of All Blacks calls in. Clearly, Joy got under his skin. And the way she calmly eviscerated that douchebag was the highlight of my day. All hail Joy, the queen of all blacks. And fuck you, Larry the Garbage Man. <laughs> <laughs> It was such bliss hearing King of All Blacks getting owned on the air by Joy. He can't take being handled like that, so he had to stupidly insult her by calling her a bitch. All hail Joy. And finally, shout out to the caller Joy who called out King of All Blacks. Finally, somebody shut his ignorant ass down. What a buffoon. And by the way, someone is calling for the outright banning of King of All Blacks from the airwaves forever. Please have that racist, woman-abusing asshole, King of All Blacks, banned from the air. He is, quote, a pathetic piece of shit. <laughs> as nice as it was to hear him be put in his place by a woman, I ended up changing the channel because he is so fucking disgusting. No more King of All Douchebags, please. So, uh, King of All Blacks, uh, taking a hit except for this one supportive email. King is right, signed OJ. OJ. <laughs> My brain is so complex. Right. It was not a good day for King yesterday. Not a good day oh. for King. All right. Antonistic. What is that, sir? Antonistic. All right. <laughs> Robin, I'm now going to do what we call clean out the computer. Okay. Wasn't there a clean out the computer song? Guess not. I thought there was, but I guess not. What do we have, Gary? Well, we have Richard uh, has a collection of man on the street stuff. <clears throat> All right, Richard. Uh, a few years back, uh, Mayor de Blasio here in New York City cracked down on topless women. Yes. And Times Square. So Sal and I went to Times Square 
and told guys that the mayor's cracking down on them as well, and he's going to ban their big bulges in their jeans. And uh, we found a guy that supported the ban and would be okay uh, with paying a fine for his big bulge. Yeah, I listen to this. Men seem to want to go along with banning big bulges. Yeah. Mayor de Blasio's banning men's jeans with large bulges in them, so tiny bulge guys don't get offended. What are your thoughts on that? No, I say bulge, what, what, what you mean? When they, pan, they drop the pants, yeah. that should have been happening a long, long time. Oh, you agree with it? Yes. You're offended by large bulges? Yes. It looks stinks. Would you be willing to pay a fine for your large bulge? At present, no, I'm eight inches. You're paying a lot of money. What would you say if a policeman came up to measure you? It's okay. I'm glad for that. It's okay because he has eight inches. <laughs> I'd be one, proud, yeah. too. Yeah. What else you got there? Uh, we found another guy that supports the bulge ban. What's your thoughts on that? Measuring bulges in their pants? Yeah, because you don't know what's in there. You don't know what's in there. It could be a weapon or anything else. The new stop and frisk policy, they're actually able to squeeze your genitalia to check the level of bulge. I'll, I'll feel uncomfortable <laughs> as hell. What do you think the limit should be in inches? I don't know, like 10 or something? Anything over 10 and they get a fine? Yeah. Black people mostly have a problem with that. I doubt white people would get fined. Wow. <laughs> Robin, is Once that a fair again. statement? Is that a fair statement? White people uh, do uh, not have ten. Black people being targeted, but this guy's <laughs> signing up for it. He likes it. <laughs> uh, what else? You got? Uh, and also another man on the street thing. In 2017, the government released new files regarding JFK's assassination. So we went out and we told a guy that Marin, Marilyn Monroe actually shot JFK, and uh, because he gave her an STD. Uh, and people bought into that? Oh, thing. yeah. Did you hear they released the JFK files, the shooting? Yeah, I think I heard something like that. Yeah, well, yeah. according to the files, it says that Marilyn Monroe was the one who shot JFK because he allegedly gave her herpes. I can believe that. I definitely believe that, yeah. How did she not get caught, though? Oh, because she's Marilyn Monroe, and she just had sex with somebody else to get over on her. That's all. Oh, she had sex with somebody to cover it up? Yeah, sure, with uh, Castro and the Mafia and Jack Ruby. Oh, she banged them all? Why not? Why not? She banged everybody else, according to anything you read. Everybody banged uh, Marilyn Monroe. God, the public is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Oh, maybe we should go to caucuses. Didn't I want to see that movie, though. <laughs> Didn't she die before Kennedy died? Doesn't matter. Timeline doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing matters. No. Uh, what else? Yeah, and then I got, yeah, Gary, she died. <laughs> I have two more clips. I have uh, just two more clips concerning something I'm really familiar with, which is roadkill. Yeah. Um, and here's a classic clip of my dad giving advice, advice on what kind of roadkill to eat. I love this. Why are you bringing well, this one up? these are practical points yeah, that well, people should know. I guess. I mean, well, yeah, the, I reason never, I, the reason I love this clip, I remember this clip, because your dad... Like, is so honest about eating roadkill. I would think mm -hmm. that would be something you'd be ashamed of. No. And, and yet he thinks it's great. I recently saw in the news there's some new law in California about, like, you can, if you hit something, you can take it home. So, there's Richard's dad. Yeah, we eat roadkill. If we see, you know, know it's fresh and see if we run over it or now if a chicken or something just falls dead in the yard, I ain't going to eat it because damn thing might have a bird flu or something yeah. that's hardcore man eating yeah. roadkill i don't know i don't i really wonder about the freshness test well i mean a lot of people hit deer like in kansas and if you yeah, hit it that's considered roadkill yeah but sometimes you're talking about something you see on the side of the road <laughs> well my parents drive the same road a lot yeah. so if they see a deer they're 
that they didn't see the day before, they're going to know it's pretty fresh. And will they drag it into the car and eat it? Yeah. Does your dad, does your dad cut it up? On the road, or does he just put the whole deer in the trunk and then go home? Uh, put the whole deer in. Usually, the, a butcher will up, have to cut up a deer. But doesn't that stink up the car? Like, there's a dead animal. It, if it's not not old, it won't stink. Like a fresh dead deer or raccoon won't stink yet. If I left a cow out for 24 hours just in the sun, you would eat it. Uh, they might. I don't. You'd have to ask my dad. <laughs> not <laughs> if it just dropped it. But no, if, somebody yeah, hit if somebody it. hit it. Like I right. remember my mom making chicken, and and she would buy it from the supermarket, and she would say, "Don't leave this out on the counter right. for like five minutes." Right. She was right. afraid of disease. It's like one step away from how the coronavirus started. Doing <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. And, and plus, like if I saw something dead on the side of the road, I wouldn't think, "Hmm, like I'm hungry. I, I right. want to eat that." You know, I, I mean, not in this country. We've got so much food. We have such an abundance of food right there in that store yeah. they call a supermarket. Yeah, but you can't <laughs> buy like raccoon meat at the store. No, and nor would I want it. <laughs> but my parents love raccoon meat. So what's this next clip? Um, so we went and found a guy at a barbecue festival in Kentucky who agrees with my dad. Ever find something fresh on the side of the road and look at it and think that would make a good meal? Possum, man, you talking about the best. That is the best. You know what? You ought to try that. Roadkill's the best. But you got to smell it and make sure it's fresh. If it's roadkill and it's been killed more than a couple hours, you better leave it there, you know. Mm. Early in the morning to see if you can find a good roadkill. Wow. Yeah, early in the morning when it's cool. Like, I don't even leave my toothbrush laying somewhere because I'm afraid it'll get germs on it. I can't imagine picking something off the side of the road that died and eating it. Hey, pe- it. people are tough, uh, yeah. you know, and the uh, yeah. people that live in the Go country. Go Kansas Chiefs. I'm pretty, sure Chiefs. One of, I'm pretty sure one of the meals I had at his parents' place for Thanksgiving was, was roadkill because they had deer chop. Is, yeah. So, I, you might add raccoon too. My mom makes an awesome raccoon. I remember chili. everything I ate. Howard. It was, <laughs> isn't deer horrible? Like I it mean, was it's everything. Not, it's, okay, so here's what they served. They had, and I love your parents. I mean, like no all these guys who kill deer, they go, yeah. "Yeah, man, well, we eat what we." And you don't even like deer. It's most horrible game, meat. Yeah, most game it. meat is is bad. It's right. why it's called game meat because it's, if, if it was great. It would be in shop, right? Well, you that's know? game as in gamey. Gamey, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. But there's some, some people love that. I like a gamey taste. You do? I do. Because I grew up on it. My dad does too, yeah. Mm. He also likes a stinky body. (laughs) Hey, I showered last night, Aren't some of these animals on the road covered in flies? Well, then you don't pick them up, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. No, That'd like that guy said. I thought you eat the flies first. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you the flies. Yeah, why wouldn't fly. you? Like, why not eat the flies? Seriously. <laughs> I am protein. I've eaten them by accident. Right. They Fly served in my mouth. Frog legs. Yeah. Maggots. They, they, they served you. They served yeah, you. For frog Thanksgiving, legs? this was the menu: frog legs, <sighs> flathead. Catfish, which is disgusting mm-hmm. because it's a bottom feeding fish. Yep. If, if there wasn't tartar sauce, I wouldn't have eaten half the things <laughs> there. That, and it was bad, right? It wasn't. And it, no offense to to your folks, no, I'm not saying fine. they're cooking. It's just it's hard. The frog legs. I remember his dad eating. Does took, it look like a frog? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and his dad just puts it in like a fucking chicken wing, and then he pulls it out, and it's clean, and he goes. Tastes a little gamey. I'm like, yeah, what's game? Been living in the swamp. <laughs> they served quail. Oh, that's and, a pigeon. And I spit, uh, I had to spit the buckshot yeah. out while I was oh, you chewing. Got bird a, shot, you yeah. Yeah, bird shot. Pellets? Yeah. Oh, my God. Also, oh, I've chipped my teeth on those pellets before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> Dan, watch out for the squirrels. Got a lot of pellets in it. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was fucking crazy. <laughs>
Wow. And I was excited for the deer chop because I'm like, okay, something meat related. Right. Like, kind of like an animal you yeah. might eat. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. Do they, and do all they eat is just like all these exotic animals or, or like almost rodents. And, and then you go like, well, what's the rest of Thanksgiving? Is there anything normal? Taco Tico. There was nothing normal about that Thanksgiving. Right. I mean, like, yeah, like, is it like just like something that you can eat that's normal? No. No, Try skunk no. lasagna. No, there was nothing. Very skunk good. lasagna? Skunk lasagna very good. Yeah. yeah. Go, Jeez! <laughs> yeah, Doc, you're on the air. This is, uh, Doc the Cop. You're on the air. Hey now. Hey now. Hey, I was just calling uh talk about so I'm a police officer in Illinois and this time of year people hitting deer is pretty common and uh about probably nine times out of ten you got some dude in a pickup truck that pulls up and asks if they can take the deer. Um so it's it's might as well. because um, it they only get about two a year you're allowed to take, but if you pick one up that's roadkill, it doesn't count. So it's basically a free deer. So I, I, we see it a lot. It's it's not as uncommon as you may think. I don't know. I, I, the whole thing is fucking weird it's to me. It's a supermarket highway. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody worried about, like, tapeworms or any of that shit? It's called yeah. to pull tapeworm out of, uh, what, a raccoon's oh, ass yeah, once well, and then ate it. No, what? no, no, he didn't. No, yeah, You're close, but no. Me, <laughs> me, and my bu- me and my buddy went camping one time, and, and he shot a rabbit, a wild rabbit. And we were going to clean it and cook it for dinner that night while we were camping. And he pulled a six-foot tapeworm out of it. (laughs) And he still ate it. I was like, I'm not eating that rabbit. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, Duck, thank you. That's Duck the Cop. All right, what do we got? Do we have time for one more before we get to uh, Leslie? Well, yeah. Well, Sal uh, interviewed a nurse who's an angel. She has a calling to help people. But Sal talked to her about all the disgusting stuff she has to do. What does Steve have? Steve uh, went to a hot sauce expo (laughs) where I I guess people go eat hot sauce and they shit a lot. I don't even understand that (laughs) hot sauce expo. Like you mean they just want. Yeah, they're hardcore. They're all covered in sweat, and they're like they're such idiots. Yeah, <laughs> but they're like it's a rush, man, and they're like you get high off hot sauce, and they all they all stink because they're all sweaty. What do you have, Jason? I have a. This is the year that Kanye went full crazy on his religious media tour. So right. I have just a bunch of clips of Kanye saying crazy things. And what do you have, Shuli? I have the best stuff ever. I have <laughs> Ronnie Mund on stage. You're not going to be oh, clips. Okay, of I, gotta, I think I yeah. think Robin, I'm opting for Ronnie Mund on stage. I think so. Let's hear it. Truly right. Ra- Ronnie on stage trumps everything. Uh, so where was he on stage? So uh, I got booked to do a comedy show a while back, and they asked if Ronnie would host it. And so 70. I asked if Ronnie, and of course, Ronnie. Are you insulted by that? Are you like, hey, you know, I, I know you work hard on comedy, and yeah. you try to, you know, write every day yeah. and come up with jokes. Yeah. And then when they say to you, hey, do you mind getting Ronnie? Who has no act, who has no ability to make people laugh. What do you mean, what's wrong with me? <laughs> it is amazing that, like, I've watched him backstage, and there's no point at any time where he sits down and, like, thinks about what he's going to... No. He literally goes there with not a thought Cunt. in his head, and he walks hits the on stage, stage not a thought in his head. And what generally Cunt. is the first thing Cunt. he says? Cunt. Well, he just starts yelling. He's, yelling. he's a maniac. A like, like, for example, this show, uh, the, the reason we played these clips is because this woman emailed the show afterwards. She was very upset about the <laughs> Q&A portion of the show, right. which there was no Q&A portion of the show. It's him hosting. Like, you should... But she assumed it was Q&A because it appeared that he was talking to people. Hey there, because he has nothing else to say. So he's like, what are you guys up to? Like, his first thing out of his mouth is like, hey, anybody got a question for me? Come on. Let's see tits. You know, he's screaming about... uh, Who cares? 
Ronnie addressed the woman. And she had her hand up, and he just addresses her at one point. What's What's your fucking question? Like wow. that's that's is this the, the clip. This is the clip. Yeah. Uh, no, the clip we have here is uh, uh, clip one. Ronnie reveals that Stephanie and him were supposed to be getting married in October tenth of twenty twenty. Clip right. one. He's getting laughs somehow. Well, because they <laughs> like, they know him from what they hear on here. Well, it's and like there's no be, difference. And by the way, you be, think this woman really cares when he's getting married? No. no. Yeah, I don't. I can't imagine. Beetlejuice used to get a lot of laughs too. <laughs> you know, like Ronnie yeah. say anything. Yeah, shit would fall out of his pants, and people would give him a standing ovation. She hasn't said anything, okay? She hasn't date pick. 10, 10, where's she? 10, 10 equals 1. There you go. That's a possibility. Oh, my God. First of he's all, like Harry he's, Harrison. I didn't understand the word he just said there. He's 10, 10. He's pointing at his dick at one point. He tells the woman, suck here. The woman who wanted to know wow. when he's getting married. Oh, my God. Well, and, like, why is that a bad thing that she wants to know when he's getting married? And why does he say suck here? Well, why are you asking for questions if you're going to scream at people right. and ask you questions? Lady, asked, lady thought of a question. Personally, lucky he got one question. Yeah, at cared? least there was a question. What do you want to ask me? Hey, Robin, ask me a question. <laughs> so, uh... When are you going to Italy? Fuck off, you fucking fuck. <laughs> Suck here. Suck here. <laughs> Suck my dick. Yeah, lick my taint. That's an act. That's More a woman. great act. Stick so your tongue in my ass. So what oh. happened? A woman like wrote it's somebody. Oh, she wrote an angry email. She to who? Was, to, to the show. To oh, us. It God. was like, like yeah, I, That's my problem with all right. of this. I, I why nothing, is he writing to us? We I didn't even know he was going it. out. I, if I saw Ronnie's name on a marquee, I would just keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> I'd run it over. Uh, this next clip, Howard, uh, we hear Ronnie interacting with the woman in the audience doing what he does best. What do they call this? They call it crowd work, right? Yes. Comedians doing crowd work. Correct. All right. Very hard, by the way. Ronnie goes right to crowd work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is what? She, he, he, just... he, he basically asks to see her tits. Okay. <laughs> He's got comebacks. I heard take he, out your tits. Yeah. Take out your tits, pull down your panties, let me see your gun, squat over a mirror, <laughs> fart in a glass. Is that what is it? That's my whole routine. That's your routine. Yeah. Yeah. They call that a chunk, don't yeah. they? A chunk of material? Yeah. How long did it take you Working to work on Rome. that? Well, I was staring out at the Grand Canyon, and it kind of came to me. Yeah, you said, boom, I'll say to a woman, when I'm on stage, I'll wait yeah. for the right moment. So, Julie, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there, and I tell her to show me your tits, and then I'm going to flick a clip with my uh, nightstick. Sound good? Anything else? Yeah, uh, we have a clip of Ronnie. You know, So, since Ronnie's a host, we uh, had him record a parody version of Willkommen. The uh, it, it's cabaret. The yes, it's a famous opening number from the musical Cabaret. The host uh, sings in in uh, a lot of French words and German, and of course, Ronnie had a very difficult time with it. Hello and welcome to the show, fuckers. I'm Ronnie the Limo Driver, your host. Allow me to charm you. Willkommen, Ravenny, Cuntface, Rimda, Entrage, Twat Lips. 
glue click to saying, now show me your tits. Happy to see you, cunt, 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 cunt. We'll come and behave in you, pussy. Let's fuck some whores, let's fuck some whores, let's fuck some whores. Wow, what a talent. Well... How long did that get you to? Re- how long did it take to record that? Like seven hours? Oh, you should hear the outtake. We have outtakes. Oh, if you good. Hear, yeah, uh, the next to clip that. is sure. yeah. It's it's an eternity. Welcome, <laughs> bienvenue. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> what is it now? Welcome, welcome, bienvenue. Who? Bienvenue. 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 Cunt face. Cunt face. Glue clique. Goop. Glue clique. Let's fuck some whores. Let's fuck some whores. 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 Oh my God. <laughs> he goes, whores. And he, he will not do it. I mean, repeating after someone has to be the most basic thing you can do. Like, but if I say bienvenue, he hears bienvenue. Yeah. yeah. Bienvenue. He can't repeat. He can't repeat. I heard you say it once. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice can repeat. Yeah. Glicklish my clit. Wow. Well. I knew that would be interesting, but I didn't realize that interesting. Ronnie never disappoints. <laughs> never disappoints. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back right after these words. I'm the cult of personality. Cult of personality. Very excited to have Leslie Jones here. I watched her on Saturday Night Live. I've seen her perform live, her stand-up comedy. She now has a special <clears throat> on Netflix. I'm very excited she's here. Wow, that's you. Let me look at you up close. You know, I was thinking, what's up? I, I was thinking about you. Here, there you go. Okay, don't mess up my hair. Yeah. Just gonna come I know, straight Gary. In. Gary. You spent all that time getting ready. You know what I'm saying? It's like you were attacked. <laughs> How you doing, Robin? Why they got you in a cage like that? Uh, you, know you just got her in a fishbowl. <laughs> it's to keep her from smelling me. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, damn. You know, you know oh, but I'm just going to smell it all. Dude. What do you I'm say gonna... in your act? You always say a guy should lift up his balls and he wash underneath them. He should lift his them. balls, man. Wash under your balls. When I was watching the Netflix special. Well, first of all, I've seen you live. I've seen you, you perform. Have? Yes, I have. And I enjoyed you live. It was a great crowd, and you were on okay, fire, and good. you were going completely in. Yeah, you were just in the zone. I'm insane. It, you were insane, and it was so much fun. And uh, then when I saw the Netflix special, the first thing, and I don't know why I always think this when I think about comedians. Oh, shit. Now you got to come up with a whole new act. Yeah. You just laid out your whole fucking act on Netflix. Yep. Which I'm sure you get paid well. Yeah. But is terror, does terror set in in your in your in your being that now if you want to go out and do stand-up you can't do that material anymore right well yeah for a comic that's a terror period just to make sure you have fresh material that's a terror period but um honestly it doesn't scare me because i've been working that material so long yeah it actually was great to finally do it one last time and now i can move on to the other stuff that i want to work on so it's not it is scary in a way of you like oh i got to do new stuff but 
is it like a musician in the sense that like sometimes I see some bands and like they're just, you know, like the Stones are doing the same songs over right. and over and over again. So it's like at some point as a comic, you go, you know what? I've done this shit right. a million times. I'm done with it. Right. You get bored with it. You you want to retire the joke. So, so this glad. means you now have to go to stand up clubs. Yeah. Like a beginner. Yeah. In a sense. Well, and come I up still with new have stuff. material that I already have that I want to work out. Right. So I'm not as just as much as a new Jack that don't know what I, they want to do. I know what, what kind of material I want to do. So when you look at your comedy career. And I'm talking about stand-up comedy now. I'm not talking about yeah. movies. Yeah. I'm not talking about Saturday Night Live or any of that stuff. I'm talking about becoming a great stand-up comic right. where you're comfortable on stage. It is it is the hardest thing in the world, right? It's it's truly hard, especially if you want to be good. Right. If you want to really be good at it, you got to go through all the stuff that's going to make you good. Because I see you on stage as very confident. Like, you sell that material. I don't get nervous when you're up on stage. Right. And that's the key. Right. And, and, and so when, when you were starting out mm -hmm. and you point out that Jamie Foxx, yes. I think this is very loving of him. He saw you perform, I guess you opened for him somewhere and you, you tanked. Well, yeah, it was the second time I ever performed. I had left Colorado State because I was like, I'm going to be a comedian. Right, um, you, you dropped out of college. I dropped out of college, gave up my scholarship. Well, I had already lost you my scholarship. You had a basketball scholarship. I had a basketball scholarship, but I, I was already losing it because I was doing bad in school. So... You know, were you a great basketball player? I was an awesome basketball player, but I didn't understand the term red shirt. <laughs> I thought red shirt just mean I was going to have to wear a red shirt when I played. I didn't know that it meant that I had to sit out a year. <laughs> Why did you have to sit out a year? Because I transferred from uh, 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 college to college. And when you, I think it's when different divisions, you have to sit out. Wasn't transferring colleges like a dumb thing to do? It was, because, it because was not. Actually, it was the best thing that have happened to me. Though. But you followed your coach. And when you got there, you were the only black player. Yes. I Well, there was another girl named Karen Pope. Right. That was. Uh, a, yeah. Yeah. But I, I went in there. <laughs> was it culture shock? Yo, Howard, I went in there. You know, I'm from Compton, Linwood. Right. You know, yeah. I went in there playing basketball, like hooping. And these white girls and there were white girls that I met that I had never really met a black person oh my god so i i walked into the gym and, and my coach knew i was going to do this because i'm very ghetto yeah i walked in the gym with a big boom box i had a big sweatband <laughs> around my head i had knee braces on i was like yeah who got next <laughs> and all the white Did they girls run away like, yes yeah. they was like, oh my god yeah, but 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 why not pursue the basketball thing in in terms of um, maybe even being a professional? It, it was something that was on my mind because I wanted to make my father happy. My father loved that I played basketball, but I hated it. I hated basketball. Did you? I hated it so much. Like my brother-in-law <laughs> is a great basketball player. Yeah. He was Division One basketball, and I talked to him recently, and he was saying to me, "You know what? I hated it." Yeah, I, and he was brilliant I, at it. I, I didn't mind playing in the games. I was that type of player. I play in the games, but I don't like practicing. I don't like all that running. But, but maybe I, I you hated it. it because it wasn't really your love of the game. It was right. your father's love of the game and right. trying to get his love. Exactly. It was It was really a thing that my dad, like I was in every sport. Right. So my dad sat me down at, I think, about sixth, seventh grade. And he was like, yo, you need to pick a sport. If you're going to go to college, if you want to get a scholarship, you need to pick which sport. Because I was really good at softball, too. Right. And I was like, I was going to pick softball, but he played basketball. And I was like, I'm going to do what he likes. Was it also comforting to you as a woman who is tall? You're six mm -hmm. feet tall. When you step on the basketball court, your height all of a sudden is an advantage. It makes you feel, quote unquote, normal. 
because you're not towering. The fact that you're towering over the other women is a right. good thing. Well, uh, it's yeah. hard to be a tall woman, isn't it? Well, it uh, yeah, it's especially for clothes and know? dating. <laughs> and dating, yeah, it's not so hard. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. in your act, when yeah. you're talking about you wanted to fuck Prince, you know, when you're in your twenties, <laughs> and you Prince met was so small. That's what I mean. And you're a six foot tall <laughs> so woman. Little, but the, I didn't care. Yeah, you didn't care, but he you know, Prince get tall stuff. No, Prince would have loved it. I you might have stepped on him. Man, please, my body like a wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a whole another album on, on my body. Are you serious? <laughs> you know what I love about your act? You oh, you, you say it in Netflix uh, special. The, the special, by the way, is called Time Machine because you talk about your twenties and you're like, you tell the girls in the audience, you better fuck when you're in your twenties. You better have some fun because guess what? It's going to get shitty as it's, you get older. It's not even so much as getting shitty. Right. Is that things change? Right. Things change. Even your mind. Even the way that you think. Even the way that you have sex. Right. Like you are your freest between. 18 to 23. It's unbelievable. It's you're just, right. You're free as hell. And, you know? and people don't think that through. That Well, you're not supposed to be thinking at that time. You're supposed to be having fun. Yeah, how are you supposed to be able to <laughs> you think know what that I tell people, I tell people, if you don't know what you want to do in your life, try to go to college. Because when you go to college, at least you're introduced to stuff that you might not have been right. exposed to before. Yeah, and you you're said, still you, doing something. You said in your 20s, it you should, should be all about Coke and glitter and not necessarily in that order. It's not, <laughs> not exactly. Because both of them is, is, is bomb. Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> But, 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 you know, getting back to this stand up okay. comedy thing, because I want to understand this, because yes. um, the reason I brought up Jamie Foxx, so you open up for him and it doesn't go well. I think some woman in the. Uh, no, no, it was, it was a, a DJ. It was a DJ started scratching through my act. And uh, how could he do that? That's because so, I was awful. You were bombing. Oh, Howard. I was first of all, I was doing jokes that didn't fit me. I was you could tell I was totally doing jokes. I, I did the punchlines wasn't making sense. What does that mean? Doing jokes, meaning that I wasn't doing anything connected to me. I was just up there doing jokes, like, like jokes out of a joke book. Yeah, just jokes, just like jokes that I was. I think I was talking about black and white churches, right? You know, stuff that this this it's not really material, and I didn't really know what is was supposed to look like. What I knew, Richard Pryor. I knew I had watched Richard Pryor. I knew I watched you know Whoopi Goldberg, but to actually see. A live comic so I, I didn't know what i was doing so the dj was like sick 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 oh my god and i'm telling you my homegirls like i had some rough homegirls they wanted to fight everybody so I, I was like we sat down and i watched jamie fox and i promise as soon as jamie started performing i got i got this feeling inside of me the same feeling that i got when i watched richard Pryor the first time it was just tickled as very very deep inside of me and i was like oh my god oh my god that's that's this is it. This is what I want. This is how I want to do it. This, this, what, whatever he, this is, this is it. That's, that's what I want to do. So how do you learn that process? It's one I, thing well, to watch Richard Pryor and it's one thing to watch Jamie Foxx. <sighs> and I know like Jamie said to you, you need to go out and live your life. Exactly. I was 19. You need six years of experience just doing shit, you falling just, in love, getting your heart broken. Heartbroken. Yeah, go go get fired. Go, go get hired. Go, you know. Go was he just, right in a sense? He was absolutely right because I had no material because trust me, the six years, I had material. Right. After six years After of six living year, life. I had material. Because, you know, I always think like if Jamie Foxx had been an asshole and gave you bad advice and you followed it, you would have like gone nowhere. But Who it was knows? Who knows? I I, I think it, I was meant to do this. So if he gave me bad advice, I probably would have still made my way. Out How did it. you know you were meant to do this? Here you are. As soon as I touched the mic, I can't even explain it. I can't explain it any other way. As soon as I touched the mic, 
Whose I idea knew. was it for you to touch a mic? Whose idea was it for you this to go girl up? girl named Danita. I hope she's listening. Danita Abernathy. Deniva. Hey, Danita. Danita Abernathy. She's a Delta. <laughs> Were you a Delta? No, hell no. But AKAs and Deltas used to fight over me because I was really cool. I was so cool. You were the cool girl <laughs> in college? Just loud and funny. <laughs> you know, Confident. And, yeah. And I didn't know that that was how I was. Right. And so she signed me up for this contest. There was, there's a contest they have every year. She said, you're funny. You should go up on stage. Well, she just, she told me the week before she goes, Hey, um, just to let you know, I signed you up for this contest. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, you know, funniest person on campus. And I was like, are you, what the fuck? Are you sick? Why would you? She was, but I wasn't really <laughs> mad. I was actually, Kind of excited because I was like, well, she was like, girl, you don't know. Your ass is funny. She was like, just go up there and start talking. But we know funny people. Yeah, we meet people all the time. I I meet people all the time. Funnier than me. Funnier than funnier than anyone. Mm -hmm. They get up on a stage. They can't translate. Because it's all about and seeing that's what makes the difference between a professional and a funny person. See, I could take jokes and I can make you laugh. And I can make your friends laugh and I can make your friends, friends laugh and I can make your friends, family's friends laugh. And you don't even have to know these people. Exactly. A true comic can make any audience laugh. Right. Because I always tell people, you know, you could be a living room comic. That's cool. Right. You could be a a barbershop comic. If you get off on it, fine. It's fine. You know, you could be at dinner and be the funniest person at the table. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But when you try to say you could do what I can do, then we got a problem. You say at the beginning of your special. And I know you're joking, but you say, hey, look at all these white people. I'm now white people funny <laughs> because you played black exclusively, almost black comedy. I was club. a black comic. If you didn't have those black comedy clubs in a way, you would have been doomed because black uh, comedy clubs, as you say, are tougher audiences. They will groom you to be funny. Exactly. Exactly. Why is it? Why why are black comedy clubs so damn difficult? Is it because the audience is unforgiving? They're like, fuck you. Get out. It's it's a lot of things. First of all, black all black people think they're funny. <laughs> all black right. people think that they're funny. So they come into you know what I'm saying. You come into a club and be like, hey man, I'm just as funny as that dude. I, I, the, all black people think they're funny. Also, black people work hard for their money. Yes. So if I pay twenty dollars to get in, you better make and a me laugh. Two drink minimum and fucking chicken wings. <laughs> you fucking bitch, you better make me laugh. Right. Like you better fucking make me laugh. Like that's and with white audiences, y'all not stressed out. Y'all do 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 do. We just here to see the comic. <laughs> no pressure there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Black people sit there going, "Damn, is the light bill gonna get paid? I gotta buy a motherfucking appetini. I can't afford that shit." Appletini. Bitch, you better fucking make me laugh. I right. am stressed the fuck out right now. Uh, right. You what know? pressure though? Oh my god. Not, not really. I love I love doing black audiences because they do make you reach. They make you really perform, and that's how I learn how to be physical and is really your express mir- is your material adjusted for a black or a white I audience? I used to think so. I used to think so, but nah, I do the same act. You know, I might be a little bit more expressive with black people. I might say a couple of more things with black people that they know that I, you know what I'm saying? More inside stuff. Right. But you, you know, you in some way, you power through this career because even like with Saturday Night Live, when you go there, you're quote unquote older. Most of these kids are like in their 20s when they Jesus. go there. I can't even imagine what you, that must have been like for you. It was fucking hell. <laughs> like you're sitting there like with a kindergarten, right? And, you, and you're like, okay, first of all, I'm funny. So you go into a building with people who are funny, just as funny at what they do. Right. First of all. And so also this game has changed a lot as far as what we think comedy is. You know, much, people don't have to spend that much time on stage anymore to be considered a comic. 
Right. So, you can do it in five minutes. Right. And that's shitty. So then, yeah, you got this little uh, 24 year old person trying to come up and tell you a formula. Like, I know what you're trying to write. Like, I would tell, I know what you're trying to write. Just write it and I'm going to make it what, what you want. Like, they'll be asking for one way and I'll do it the right way. And they'll be like, oh, no, no, that's it. Yeah. Cause you didn't know what the formula was, child. You know, I was just like, was it weird for you going on Saturday Night Live? Because first of all, there was this whole rap. Oh, we have to find a black right, woman, right. and they're like, we're going to go search for a black woman. And right. I have to search for someone funny, and then hiring my ass. That's it, right? But but also, you didn't think of yourself as a sketch writer. No, I didn't come to get the job, Howard. I I I literally went to tell them how dope I was and was going to tell them no. Right. I I really came out so people can see me. And maybe that was going to give me some opportunities. But I had all plans of saying no. Who got you the audition? Chris Rock? Chris did. He did. He Chris saw, is a good fucking guy. Yeah. He saw me at the comedy store one late night doing a spot. And I was doing a slave joke, actually. And uh, uh, Owen Smith was watching. And he was like, yep, he wrote your name down. He was like, yep, she's next level. She's ready. The slave joke. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. It works every fucking time I've it, done it. It does? Every fucking time i did that joke six years i think it's a brilliant concept it's a you say hey concept. if it was slave days i would be can i tell you how that joke slave. can i please tell you how that joke came upon please. in my life yes okay i went on a bad fucking date one out of fucking many and that's real talk what is a bad date by a the bad way? date is a motherfucking bad date when like it an don't asshole end, like when you end and it's just like you know it's not gonna be shit like because it, the guy's a jerk either he a jerk he ain't shit you know, right. it just ain't worth it. And and I think this guy really was just like super, super, super jerk. And I came home. I was sitting in the middle of the living room and I was watching Happy Gilmore. And I remember saying, this is a goddamn shame. It's Friday night and I'm fucking at home. I'm at home by myself. And I was discouraged. And I was like, I don't I don't understand how I can't get a good black man. I was like, if if I was a slave, I would like be considered Mandingo. Like I would get the best I would like get the best men on like not even didn't want it. Like I they like the best man would come in and they would be like, Yep, put her with Leslie. We about to make us In other words, the white slave master would say, Listen, she's, she's a, my, mandingo. a magnificent mandingo and, and and let's pair her up with the greatest So slave. we can have the so we can and, oh, and the like, super baby. So we can have the super baby. Right. And, and that's that's like I would always I would always be not single. I would, I would just be, I would always be occupied. You would be hooked up I would regularly. be hooked up all the time. You know what I'm saying? Every, yes. And then I would say every nine months, I'd give him a Kimbo Slice or I'd give him a Kobe Bryant and give him a Shaq O'Neal. You know there what you I'm go. saying? Like, You'd yeah. be, your, your, your dance card would be booked. Exactly. So right. that, it, it wasn't about, to, it, 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 the way that it got, Oh, it just was like, dude, I, it, it almost to me, black people reacted like, oh, you're not supposed to do that joke in front of white people. You're only supposed to do it. And they go, no, this is a, this is this is what this came from. Right. You know, I would think in some, you know, in today's politically correct world, mm -hmm. people would give you shit for that. Like black audiences would say, oh, so you're saying you want slave days right, and right. white people and white people hear, hey, you know, maybe slavery wasn't so bad. No, that. no, yeah. but that's but you're not listening to what I'm saying. It's a so funny I'm concept. It's, yeah. it's like. The Listen, queen breeder, basically. <laughs> I mean, I just would have, I just would, I would just have my pick at the best dudes. So, Chris, th that's brilliant that you went on a bad date and you realized you would have had the pick of everybody. It's, it's just like something a, that came to me, and I started talking about it on stage. So, a Chris, with a view. So, Chris, so Chris <laughs> Rock heard this and heard your act. And instead of like being a guy who goes, this is a secure guy, because a lot of comics are insecure. They go, hey, fuck her. She's too funny. I'm not going to recommend her to Saturday right. Night Live. Right. 
He put you down as somebody funny. He literally wrote down your name, right? Mm -hmm. He said, hey, you, in you're his, funny. In his funny people book. And I guess he went to Lorne Michaels at some point and said, here's somebody funny. It li Literally, he called, I think he called me and was like, hey, I just talked to Lauren. I just had dinner with Lauren. Um, somebody from SNL is going to contact you for an audition. And I was like, why the fuck would you do that? I am not a sketch. What the fuck, Chris? I don't do that shit. Right. You're what the a fuck am I going to do? I'm a fucking stand up. I'm not going to be able to do that shit. He said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Go out there and do stand up. I'm going to hear this shit. And he hung up. Now, when you had your audition, the way I understand it, and I love this about you. This is why I'm so anxious to talk well, to you. That's why I'm so glad that they got me at the age I'm at, too. Yeah, because you wouldn't have done this. I would not have done this before. Lauren and his uh, henchmen were all sitting in the back. In the back, in the dark, you know, and in you the turn, shadows. And you get up on that stage and you say what? Well, the first thing is the girls were coming out shell-shocked. And I'm like, what's going on in there? So as soon as I got into the corridor where we were going, all I thought to myself, oh, oh this is the comedy store at 2 o'clock at night. Hell yeah, I'm about to rip this motherfucker. So I got on stage and there was empty chairs in the front. I was like, uh-uh, that's not how I work. Let's go. Everybody move to the front. I need that fucking energy. And so everybody, moved to the everybody front? moved up to the front. Which you, you, why not? Was that done out of uh, an insecurity in a way, a I, nervousness? I could give two fucks in the Who shit. Cares? They you moved. Did it. They did what they had to do, and I started my act. You got the whole audience to move Man. forward. You know, uh, when you did Oprah on Saturday Night Live... I thought, wow, she's pretty good at doing impressions. Because <laughs> I thought the Oprah was really good. Like, you had the whole I attitude got, down. I'm so funny. Did you watch Oprah over and over again in order to get it's, that? You just stare at her picture. I, that's how I do characters. I just stare at their picture and try to get an essence of what their face looked like and just try to make that face. But when you auditioned for Saturday Night Live, when you read I didn't the, do no, you, didn't, no. you didn't do any impressions. I just talked. I did uh, Elevation of My Life. I did this joke about uh, when I was little and I wanted to be a gymnast. I did that joke. That's, that's funny. Feels, yeah, and that's a true story. You do story, cartwheels so on stage. Yeah, it, it's a true story. <laughs> Uh, and then went into the evolution of date, and I did the texting joke, and then I did I did the slave joke. So and 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 as good as that was, they offered you a writing job. They didn't offer you a performing job. Well, see, this is the thing. How can I explain myself? I think I was a rock thrown through the window. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, that place, I do. That place is an institution. I already think that they wanted to hire us this year because they already had been working with her, and she was groomed. And I think they brought other people out because. Yeah, you want to see what else is out there. And I think I think they didn't expect me. I, 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 when Lauren was talking to me and hiring me, he basically was like, I, I don't know what to do with you, but you need to be here. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, uh, that's what I like about Lauren. He throws people into the mix. He's not sure what it, he right. knows they're talented. Right. That you had. Right. But you were never a writer. Right. Never. I heard and you I never even that. worked a word processor. I told, man, I didn't type. Man, still don't. I still would get people to come in and type my shit. I still don't know how to work that shit. And, and, and I told Lauren, I told Lauren, I was like, can I be honest? I was like, I'm not a writer. I'm a performer. He was like, I know what you are. Just come out. You know, just come. We're hiring you as a writer. We're hiring you as a writer. Just come out and, and let's see what, you know, let's see what happens. Wow. What an intimidating kind of situation. Yeah. Because although the a great break, because like I never would have heard of you. I mean, that, that put you on a national stage. Yeah. So how do you move from being a writer? And I can't even imagine the pressure. You go in. You've never written a script. Right. You're sitting around with all these young kids. And, and bombing. 
Were you bombing in the yeah, writer room? Because I was like writing, I was writing my shit. You know, I was taking some of my jokes, trying to write them into sketches, and wasn't realizing, hey, when a sketch, when you when you're doing a joke on stage, you're speaking to them so you can set shit up. But when you're doing a sketch, you have to set it up. Right, you like, have to explain to the audience. A, right, it just can't be you coming in a room and do whoop whoop whoop. So did I wasn't you, getting that. Did you know? get depressed? Oh my god, there was one Wednesday that we call it ash wednesday that's the script read day and because that's when all the script all of the sketches get burnt down if they ain't fucking going so i was in the elevator after a script read and i was in there with higgins and I, and higgins and higgins like, is a master at this right and higgins was like how you doing and i just started crying i was like man i'm bombing in this motherfucker i don't know i don't fucking know what the fuck to do i don't like this shit i'm bombing man i'm fucking bombing what the fuck man what the fuck i'm gonna do and did you hate yourself being I didn't that person hate, i didn't hate but i hated that i was didn't understand what the fuck i needed to do and i was just like i'm working am i working the wrong way what tell me which way to fucking work i'm very stressed out in that place will make you feel like you're you're not you're doing, not funny you're not funny right right so he was like go home eat something that you like watch something that you like get some sleep because this is this is how this place is it's getting in your head it's getting in my head so uh i think a couple of weeks later is when they asked me to do the update oh no kidding right and that kind of gave you confidence that back? kind of was like oh, okay now i see what they want me to do now I see where, they, where they, I think they're starting to understand where my strength is. Everything's a learning curve. It is. I remember doing the, my movie and the first two days on the set, I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you mean I have to memorize a script? Yeah. I want to ad lib this thing. <laughs> exactly. But there's a script the and other thing, actors. The whole thing. I'm, it, oh, man. It, it takes time to figure it out. Wait till I tell you how Lenny had to get me hooked up for the set. Oh. What do you mean? Well, you know, just like you said being a black comic you know we we riff a lot like we riff a lot we come off the top of our head a lot because we keeping it fresh you know we keep it funny we you know if there's somebody funny in the audience as a black comic we got to hit that but see me i like to hit him and make everybody i like to him to laugh too right so when lenny first saw you perform so this is the difference between white comics and black comics you know, when you go and do a black room, you can do an hour and 20 minutes and they'll be like, that was the shit. Right. We got our money's worth. That bitch did an hour and 20 minutes and was funny the whole time. Right. White clubs. Yeah. Just do an hour. Just do 45. We want to close our check at 50. Get the fuck off the stage. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. At this point now, I'm tired of you at this point. So the first time that Lenny saw me perform, I did like an hour and 30 minutes. Some crazy shit at, at a college. And you destroyed, killed. Destroyed. Come off the stage. I'm thinking Lenny's going to be like, oh, my God, you're the greatest fucking in the world. Right. Woo, woo, woo. Lenny was like, what the fuck was that? Why? You, they, they stopped laughing after 58, Leslie. After 58 minutes, get the fuck off the stage. And I was just like, but Lenny, no, 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 no. You just did an hour and 30 minutes. That's a, I, Do you know how long that is? Are, we talking, how, are we talking about a discipline in a sense yes, to know when yes. you leave, when you, you leave before they want you to leave. Exactly. And, and also he was like, your fucking jokes are all over the place. You didn't, you, I didn't see you do this joke three times, three different ways. You got to choose a fucking version. Right. What are you doing? You're like, I was like a bucking wild horse. I was a great horse, but I needed to be trained. So in other words, what you needed to learn was a, a new kind of discipline. Exactly. You, you had to sit there Pick your A material. Right. Know to leave before the crowd wants right. you to leave. Really do. Don't go into 20 minutes of crowd work. They call that crowd work when right. you're sitting there and doing it. And even though I'm good at it. What do comedians mean? Because, again, I'm jumping all over the place. But Kevin Hart said to you, and I love stories of comics who give other people advice. Kevin Hart said to you at some point when you were kind of learning your thing, 
you got to learn how to tell jokes. You're not telling enough jokes. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I, explain to the rest of us, what does that mean? Because what do they mean by jokes? I've heard Jerry Seinfeld say this. Jerry says, I like comics who tell pure jokes. And I go, what the fuck are you talking about? Explain it to me. What? Okay, we're going to get real. All get right, real. so it's every comic's way is different. Yes. It's different styles. Uh, at that time when Kevin said that, he was saying it in a way because he didn't feel like I was telling, talking about myself enough on stage, which You're- I've heard, which I've, I've heard before. But in the position that I was in, I was an opener. So you're doing these jokes because you're opening. Like, I'm not the fucking head, headliner. Maybe if I'm the headliner, then maybe I will do it. I hadn't learned how to really do. Like, I knew I wanted to talk about myself, but I hadn't learned what exactly to really get into. And only thing I knew about was my relationships. Right. Like, I learned, I'm telling you, it's a couple of comments that I went through. Look, like Corey Holcomb, you don't know Corey Holcomb, but we, he talked about my feet one night and I was so mad at him. But when we did a gig together in the airport, he was like, I, yeah, I talked about your feet. You should be talking about your feet. Right. You should be talking about, I can't believe you don't have no basketball. Be self-effacing. Jokes, you know? right, be, right, yeah, right, 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 right. So it's like the point of view type thing. Why were you afraid to give your point of view? Is it because, because I you, didn't, you yeah, felt I didn't the know. audience wouldn't right. buy you? They don't care right. enough about you? I felt like they're going to take the joke the wrong way. Instead of it being a, I don't, I don't mind self-deprecation. I wanted them to understand that I knew who I was. Right. Does that make sense? So I'm not surprised by me being six feet tall with big feet. Um, that doesn't surprise me. I've lived with it all my life. Right. So I want y'all to be okay because I'm okay. This is not an elephant in the room. I already know that this is what I'm. So you at. could put the audience at ease right. by sitting and making fun of your feet, making right. fun of your height, making fun of your physical appearance, whatever it is that you right. uh, might be your insecurities. Right. Wow. And that was the stage. So now Kevin Hart gave you good that. advice. Not really, but no. Yes. <laughs> But Not, well, 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 I'm sent, I'm uh, confused. I'm it's, confused because it's we're it's, it's doing this interview and I don't want to start no shit. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't mean it as a shit starter. I right, meant it yeah. as like, oh, I thought Kevin. I mean, at at the end of the day, yeah, it, I'm sure it was good advice. I'm down the way I did take it as good advice. Yeah, because I, but I don't understand when comedians say you need to do real jokes. Right. I don't know what a, what does it mean real it jokes. Means, if I get you laughing, means, what's the it difference? Means, it means yeah, it's it's it just really depends on what level comic you want to. A be. real joke means what you're saying self-effacing or about your life just about your life real shit you know real shit like talk about stuff that people can't steal right because it's uniquely you exactly wow exactly gee that sounds like wonderful advice wow wasn't given in the best way that's how i should say that it was hostile it was very hostile but we you know Whatever. You've worked it out. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 comedians are so funny with the way they come up and the way they figure stuff out. And, you know, you talk about a pressured life. It makes you wonder why anyone would choose the life. Yeah. Getting strangers to laugh. Every day. Every time I go on, I'm always standing back there going, how the fuck did you pick this to do? It's crazy. In it's a way. absolutely It's insane. a lot of pressure. And, you know. Who's to say how you get there? I mean, other comics telling you how to get there. That's how they got there. We don't know how you're going to get exactly. there. Exactly. So when Lauren gave you the job, and now mm-hmm. you're riding with all these young whippersnappers because they're like in their 20s, are they looking at you like, hey... But there's some older ones there, too, that are actually cool. Yeah. Were you bitter at all that it took that long to get on national TV nah. in your 40s? No. no. That's, see, that's the thing. Like, when you're working, you're just working. Like... 
you go through those stages. Of course, I've had I had a bitter stage, right. you know, but you work through if you really a person that's trying to improve yourself as a person, you do work through that. Did you ever lose confidence? I mean, Saturday Always. Night Live sounds like that, uh, that I mean, could have been at, a... At every level, you lose confidence. When you're starting, when you're good, when you, you lose, yeah. you. I'm, there, I mean, there's there's been days where I was like, fuck, I'm 45, man. Let me think about using this degree or, or shit. My aunt works for the government. I think she could probably get me a job. You know, it's it's been times like you getting older. Hey, how, what the fuck you going to do when you retire? Who going to take, like... I mean, it's crazy because there were a lot of years you weren't making any money. It fuck, it a lot, a lot of fucking years. Yeah. So Saturday Night Live, we view that as a very positive experience. Yeah, because I was working my way up. You know, you know, you doing little spots here and stuff. You know, before this SNL, you getting lucky to get on cameos and all this. But yeah, you still hustling. When you started getting recognized, and all of a sudden your price goes up in clubs and stuff. It's got to be a major rush. It's, um, yeah. Your it father is. proud, or was your father one of those guys who was like, don't go into comedy? You're not, you're not funny. Well, like, uh, when I was in college and I had to call him and told him I lost my scholarship, oh. my dad was the one who introduced me to comedy. So, uh, when I told him I lost my scholarship and he was like, well, you know, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I want to be a comedian. And he was like, what, what? I was like, a comedian. I'm going to be just like Eddie Murphy. He was like, Eddie Murphy? Fucking Eddie Murphy ain't Eddie Murphy. What the <laughs> fuck is you talking about? You ain't funny. You ain't funny. You ain't oh. never made me motherfucking laugh. You my cat. I ain't never laughed at you. Diane, get on the phone. She done lost her fucking mind. <laughs> Who told you you was funny? Who told you you was funny? Like, he was so mad. Was so, he doing it because he loved you and didn't no, want to see you yeah, to have a disastrous life? Yeah. This or was he doing it because he was jealous? My dad? Yeah. Of me? Hell Think about no. It. Hell no. Hell no. Why couldn't he say to you, no, hug you because, and say, I'll because, help you with this? Because, God damn it, I'm on a scholarship and I ain't got shit else. Right. I ain't shit else going. And he's fucking trying to raise a daughter that's going to have a future. So your daughter calls you and tells you that you lost a four year free scholarship because you're trying to fuck around and be a comic. You ain't going to you ain't going to curse that out. I would have cursed me out. That's, uh, yeah, exactly. And then then he was like, well, you're not going to live here if you ain't. Gonna, I was like, well, I'm not going to live there. I'm going to live with my boyfriend. Click. Wow. 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 Didn't talk to him for like two years. Oh, boy. When you get super, you didn't talk to him for like two years. Yeah, I mean, Does I that break your heart house. now? Yeah, because they're gone. So, your father's yeah. gone, your mother's gone. Yeah, and my brother. And your brother. What happened to your brother? He just died. He just died of what? I don't know. Still don't know. It, that's Is that kind of a, a horror for you? It's very, it went through it, Howard. I went through it. When How long died. ago did this happen? The, my brother died in 2009 or something like that, I do believe. Yeah. Close to of, him? Uh, like a month before his birthday. Were you close? We were close, but we fought like motherfuckers. Right. And, and at the time, the situation that he was in, I had kicked him out of my house. It was just... Oh, God. It was all shit. And do you feel guilty from that? Oh, I went through it. I went through Did it. Did you see someone professionally? Oh, that, hell yeah. And then would, plus I had my grandmother, too. Like, my grandmother was like, nah, man, you made the right, like, you know. Wow. What a... And, it, and, very hard. So no family now? No family. Well, you know, you got my aunties. I got my aunties. I right. got my cousins. And, you know. But but it'd be nice to share your success. Oh, my success. God. I really wish my mom and dad and brother was here. Yeah, did your they, mom and dad get to see any of this uh, My success? dad did. My dad got to see me on BET, but they died before I really hit it. Does that kill you in a sense? Oh, you like, it, it, I, because my dad really wanted to be what I am, if right. that makes any sense. So all the stuff, all the stuff that I'm doing, he would have like fucking loved it 
Like him and Lauren would have been best friends. Like that's how he is. When you lay down at night, sometimes is that your fantasy? Like you're like, oh, dad, please, I just want you to just see to me. See I it. want you to see me just, just to one see time. It. Oh. I would love my mom to see it. You know, they would. She just, died young. She she died. Uh, my dad was fifty two, and my no, my dad was fifty four. My mom was fifty two. Mm. Dad was a heavy drinker. Yes, is that what did him in? Yep, yep. Liver, uh, of everything. 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 Body just gave just out. Ga- just cirrhosis of everything. You know what I'm saying? And he died before my mom, like six months before her. And what, what happened to your mom? She just was bedridden since 87 from a stroke. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's tough to see. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah. You laugh at it, but it's not funny. I, no, it's it's life. It's yeah. life. Everybody, Life's hard. Everybody has a story. I'm I'm pretty sure everybody has a story, dude. You know, uh, when I think about your father, I think about my father because mm-hmm. my father was a radio engineer oh, and, yeah. uh, and your a, father was a radio a, engineer. Yep. And I remember as a young guy, I had read that Stevie Wonder bought radio station. He was KJLH. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. I remember reading it because all I wanted to be was on the radio. And I went, oh, Stevie, what, why, wow. It, my, I don't know. And that, he hired my father. Yeah. He he hired your father to yeah. be what? The engineer. The engine, the electronic engineer. Which is a tough, did he have a, a first class radio telephone license? He, he was just, uh, yeah, he was the bomb. So and he must have been a very bright he was guy. So, he was a genius. He was a genius. Yes. And I'm telling you, funny as hell, because he would hang out with Stevie. And the funniest story he ever told me, he was hanging out with Stevie. Would and Stevie it, be at the radio station? Yeah, he would come through sometimes because I think he was friends with another guy there too. So. Oh, my fantasy was that Stevie never showed up at the station. No, like, he, he just came to the it. station all the time. Oh, no kidding. And they were stuck, they were stopped in front of the station and a pretty girl walked by and Stevie was looking at her and my dad did like this. He was like, <laughs> he'd rub his hand <laughs> in front of Stevie's eye. Are you kidding? Come yeah. on. You know, there, there was a, there was like a conspiracy theory that Stevie can actually see. Yeah, he probably was, could <laughs> probably see. Well, Stevie could probably see. Something. <laughs> did you get to hang with Stevie Wonder as I a young girl? I think I met him once. I didn't really uh, go to the radio station a lot. We did a lot of the concerts and stuff like that. But yeah, because yeah. like uh, he would meet everybody. Like he met the barge, and I I was too scared to go because I, I loved him so much. Right. But then when he brought me the picture where they signed it, I cried like a baby because I didn't go. Yeah. So my brother was like, you stupid. You should have went. <laughs> you were too afraid to go. Because <laughs> oh, I thought I was just going to be like crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So, I, you know, because my father was a radio engineer and, and I always. Weren't you a disc jockey for a while? Yes. What was, was your name on the air? <laughs> Frosty. Frosty. Why Frosty? Now, that is, I got to question that name. That's a painful name, Frosty. Frosty, baby, because I'm too cold. What kind? What kind of? <laughs> what kind of radio station were you? It was a that? college radio station. So right. you know, Orange County has. You know how they have those information channels. Yeah. So the radio station would play behind the information channels. <laughs> so I had Friday night from eight to twelve, I think something like that. You were the DJ, and I would play all oldies. I would play rap, and so everybody would dance in the circle. Were you good? I was excellent, actually, because I really was just like putting good music on. And would you say wacky stuff? Or I would, would just you? yeah, and then plus like the the people would come, everybody would come in front of the court because it was a big window and dance and stuff because I would play all the good music. But check this out: a girl that met my boyfriend called and requested a song for my boyfriend. Wow! And, and I remember, <laughs> I remember, I still hate this song to this day. Let's chill by guy. <laughs> Let's chill. <laughs> And I remember I went home. I remember I remember I went home. I was like, yeah, this is to Richard Brooks. 
And he listened. So I went home and I went off and I made him call the girl. I was like, you call, cause I'm finna find out if you've been fucking around with this girl. And that's how you, hey ladies, this is a trick. Okay. So you have them call the girl in front of you. So, and you be on the other end. If she answers and goes, Hey babe, they've been fucking. <laughs> if she answers and be like, Oh, it's so good to hear from you. This is some beginning shit. Okay, so that's what she answered. She answered the phone. So I got he was like, yeah, you know, I shouldn't have gave you my number and whoop, whoop, whoop. And and she and she was talking. So I got on the phone. And I was like, yeah, he just said you weren't supposed to be fucking. She was like, then why did you play the song? You bitch. I, Look what's going on. Bitch, I will. <laughs> did you ever consider becoming frosty professionally and going no. on to a radio career? I would call myself less dog now. I wouldn't even call myself frosty. I don't know where frosty came from. You had no interest in radio. I mean, you were having some success at it. I, you would I, think you would maybe try it out. No, nah, I just, I like the talking better than playing the records. Oh, that, that, that's incredible. When yeah. you, when you went on the radio, your father probably was proud of that. I mean, the fact that you were working. He didn't know about none of that stuff he didn't share that with you no he didn't i don't think he just he didn't hear it i mean he's a Memphis, and i mean it sounds to me like you were the popular girl on campus because and you were you were fucking a lot based on your new stand-up well you're special in that let me see and in your 20s certainly i mean when you went after prince this was after college i went through yeah i went through a little raw stage there do you ever hear from guys that were close they were they were boyfriends i I mean, serious boyfriends, not some guy you just fucked. I mean, are they? Do they now contact you and go? I can't believe you're on, you were on Saturday Night Live and you're in the movies and on all this. Shit. There's only one, and that was my first boyfriend, Richard, the man who took your virginity. Yes. Okay. And he will. He calls and goes. You know, every nine, every other year, he'll be like, "I need to borrow nine thousand dollars." It's always Richard. nine thousand dollars. Why nine thousand? What's he? What's I, I guess maybe because then the ten thousand, the tax thing. Right. So he always oh. say nine thousand. First, he wanted to open up a dispensary. Ouch. Then the next time, he sounds had, like a plan. Yeah. Then the next time he had leukemia. I don't even know if Richard's still alive. Oh Let me be God. honest with you. Richard was. Uh, 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 is he still sort of the love of your life? No. no. Fuck no. But, Fuck no. If I could goddamn quantum leap back that would be the one <laughs> motherfucker i would be like no this is a one night stand bitch get out how long did you stay with richard oh my god it was on and off until two until after my brother died did you ever fan oh really that after long? my brother died i mean it was always on and off right you know what i'm saying once sporadic he come and fuck whatever right you know what i'm saying was he any good at fucking at least uh not really he had a big dick yeah. so i was able to work and is get a big my dick thing. good uh, and, and if, is, if, if if the big dick is great if you know how to work the big dick that's a lot if to you take just in. have a lot of big dick and and you're not really doing nothing with it yeah it's useless it's useless it's useless well because i don't have a big dick i'll be honest really with you. yeah i'm a little I'm, I'm very surprised that you don't have a big dick because you're you're tall um that's the you shame got that slender that's Lanky the, yes, shit. that's the shame. Really? That's why. It, so, well, but what do you consider a big dick, though? Well, uh, uh, erect. I'm six inches. Oh, motherfucker, that's not bad. Not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, it's six fine, inches right? is good. Six that's, inches is fine. Good, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, and do you oh, know how to work you. it? No, of course oh, not. I, I mean, fuck. work it. But he also says he doesn't show <sighs> unless he's erect. You know, so yeah, he yeah, doesn't I, have anything I, I, to show. It's kind of small looking when it's uh, <laughs> you know. Plus, it's against a tall background. No, but 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 Leslie, what, what I'm really—it's not about me. I really want to know this, Richard. In other words, w was sex a good thing for you, or I, were you I mystified? Sex, I had sex with Richard because he was available, right? And I knew how to have sex for me. Have you not? Sense? Have you not met the love of your life yet? No, no but I, I had sex with the Israeli for four years that I thought I was in love with. 
Oh, because the years. sex was fucking insane. But it's got to be more than sexual. Oh for you. no, it was sex for that. No, I that guy. Think, I think I fell in love with him because of the sex. Where did you? Did you go to Israel and meet him? No, or? no. Okay, I, I met him on Adult Finder, and trust me, there's no adults on Adult Finder. <laughs> really, they're all children. <laughs> they're all fucking children. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Everybody gonna be like this bitch. <laughs> if you if you if you go to bed with a man, and let's say he's mm-hmm. not six inches, let's say he's four. Okay. Are you kicking him the fuck out the door? Not if he's doing other shit. If he goes down on you. If he goes down, if he's, you know, kissing good, you know, right. somehow, you know, pick him up right there. Why have you not met the love of your life yet? What is going on? I am. Are you too worked? I'm loud. I'm oh, loud. loud. I'm big. I, I don't, I, I think, I think that there's guys out there that like me, but I think guys like me more as a friend than like, you know, there's guys who will fuck me, but I don't think guys will be with me. Are you lonely? Sometimes, right. sometimes, but n- the older you get, the more you're like, ah, kind of. You get past that stage. I think I'm kind of cool with being here. I, I think because I, I thought sometimes like I'll be at home and I'll be like, "Would you be happy if a guy was here right now?" And I'd be like, "Hell no." Really? Yeah, I mean, like, fuck. I, he would be talking. I'm trying to watch TV. You've like, been in, th- yeah, but you've been in therapy. Do you think always, there's something yeah. with you and maybe the relationship with your father or something that you've got a, a man issue that, like, you do not want to be bothered by these guys? You don't want them interrupting you when you watch TV? No, I think I think that I have been through so many bad relationships and good that I just know what I want now. I mean, I mean, you go through the stage of like, okay, I want to be, I don't want to be lonely. And then you do date bullshit, but then you do get to the stage of like, Hey, I don't want that bullshit. If you're going to bring bullshit and drama into my life, fucking keep it fucking moving. When you start to get famous from Saturday Night Live, when Mm -hmm. we all start to know you as a household name, right? You know, does the dating scene change? Do guys all of it? Are you like now not trusting men also? Like, hey, what do they want? Well, me you for? get the star fuckers. Yeah. Yeah. And you get the ones that are you really interested in me? Or are you just just trying to say you with Leslie Jones? Some people really don't be interested. Like they'll act like they're interested and then talk to me. And then I'll get on the phone with them and they'd be like, well, yeah, just we just, you know, I, I just wanted to meet. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. don't be. And you'd be like, don't play those fucking games with me. Leslie, why did you leave Saturday Night Live? It seems to me you were really getting comfortable there. You were hitting that sweet spot where, you know, you got over the first initial like, oh, Jesus is drudgery. I'm not being funny. And now right. you're getting more airtime. People are getting to see you every week. I mean, I know it, it's it's draining, but it seems to it's me 100, like 100 hours a week is like two jobs. And I'm 52 years old. Was it, it too physically draining? It's just so, it's just very tiring. And plus two, uh, I'm 52. Like if When they you got, keep saying 52, okay. do you worry about dying young no, because no, no. your father not, died young and your mother died that. young? It's not even that. If I was in my 20s and 30s, they would have probably got 10 seasons out of me. Right. But 52 now, people know me. I, I, I want to get out now and let people see what else More I you want to do. Right. Did you go to Lauren and say, Lauren, I'm done? Yes. You did. I, yeah, you know, it was always a couple of okay, yeah, this this might be the last year. Yeah, yeah, Lauren, like Did he say to you, listen, stay, you're doing yeah. well. Oh yeah. And Definitely. you just left. And That's a very brave thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> because it was yeah. when you're getting, you know, great exposure right. on television, mm-hmm. nothing beats it in terms of fueling all the other things you want to do. Mm-hmm. But as you say, if it takes up a hundred hours a week, then there's no time to do anything. To do anything else. And then plus two, Howard, I don't, I didn't want to stay so long to where I couldn't leave. Right. Do you miss, do you, do you sit down with your agents? I don't know who, who your representation is, but do you sit down with them and they have a big discussion oh, yeah. with you? We all like, had this that. Is, this was, this was done way before I even left. 
Right. We already we already knew what type of plan and path. But I'm did anyone say to you, Leslie? Nope. Everybody knew that I was ready to go, and it was time to start on the new adventure. That Do I'm you get scared? Uh, thinking I'm scared all the time. Man. You career-wise, be. I mean, you should be. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be a little bit. Have on a it. nice little fear. Yeah, you never had. Like, like stand-up comics don't have everything planned out every day. No, but you still have that fear. <laughs> But I know what you mean about being 52 and saying, hey, I, I, I've got a path I want to do. And, and doing movies. Mm-hmm. You're, are you shooting now, Coming to America sequel? No, we already finished. You finished it. You finished it. I, I can't. T- you know, Coming, in America, Coming to America is one of my favorite movies. It's of all everybody's time. favorite movie, too. I hear that all the time. And in a way, you know, I've probably seen it 50 times. And, and in a way, and I love Eddie Murphy and Arsenio was fabulous. And the whole thing was just perfect movie, mm-hmm. you know. In a way, I'm even shocked they're making a sequel because when you've got perfection like that, mm-hmm. if I was Eddie Murphy, I'd be afraid to touch that thing. And I'm going to tell you, I, I was afraid to touch it also, but I'm going to tell you right now, when Eddie Murphy walked on set dressed as a king, everybody got chills because it was almost like it was a continuation of the movie. It literally felt like the movie had just came out last year. Really? It was everybody on set said the same thing like, oh, this is going to be big. Do you pinch yourself? You're on the set with Eddie Murphy in the sequel to Coming to America. Yeah, I guess I pinch myself. I, I think I'm more of like, I'll be over it as soon as I get it. Like, no nerves? Oh, always. Yeah, nerves. You want to do well. Especially I mean, in front care. of Eddie. Yeah, yeah. But I already knew Eddie, so and I knew that he likes me. And How'd you know Eddie? I've met him a couple of times. I, I Actually, I met Eddie a long time, way before SNL. When you was just starting, <laughs> yeah, out in just comedy? doing like doing comedy, uh, just like I was hardcore doing comedy, like where Jamie Fox was when I first saw him yeah. is where I was when Eddie Murphy saw me. And so I was at the Laugh Factory and he saw me. Uh, did you? Did Eddie give you some sort of feedback well, at the time? Yeah, at the time he was married to Nicole, his right. first wife, and um, he left out the side and, and had them bring me over. And he was like, "Oh my God, we love you. We think you are so funny. We watch you on BET all the time." And I was like, "BET?" And then I said, "Eddie." I said, so you're doing Comic View. I said, if you did Comic View, how many times would you have did Comic View? He was like, maybe twice. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Because at the time, there was a debate, is should I do Comic View again? You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's kind of great to be able to meet an Eddie Murphy and ask him, hey, maybe some advice right. or something. Well, some- it's also great that they're going, hey, you're funny. Like, you feel like, oh, God, I'm on the right I'm on the right path. And that's when you need it most. Right. Because it's not all that clear. I mean, now, you know, it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. But no, there is a point, you know, when you're funny. I'm sorry. There's a point that you know that you're funny. Like, because it's like being a doctor. Like when you go to to school and you finish graduating, you know what the hell to do in an emergency room. So just like a comic. I, I know what to do. I I know I'm funny. I know what jokes is going. I'm, you do get to that point where it, it, you, I still get nervous, of course. Do you get jealous of male comics in the sense that somehow I think their opportunities come a little bit easier? We I still think don't in, see a late I think night. In that way, I think in that way I might be a little frustrated, not jealous, because I know I'm just as funny as them. Yeah, don't you think you would have had more opportunities? Like in late night, would they ever tap you to be the host of the Tonight Show? Would they ever host you to, to let you? You know what I mean? I definitely would be in the mix, Howard. You would. Yeah, you would want that. I would definitely be in the mix, Howard. What does that mean? That I would definitely be in the mix. Would you be in the mix? Yes, I would. Are you saying definitely? Yes. I hear you. Wow, that's unbelievable. 
So what are these dating apps? How can you go on a dating app? I can't. What are you going to do? I can't. They keep telling me I have to go and get a professional matchmaker. Really? And that that's frustrating, Howard, because I'm 52 and I don't want to go on dates. I don't. I'm not interested enough to go on dates. Oh, you mean the, the whole idea of getting to know someone? Oh, just the, plus I'm Leslie Jones now, right. and you got to go out and not Leslie Jones on a date. Ah, uh-huh. oh, God, kill me. <laughs> kill me right now. You seem like such a great woman. I am. And I'm the some shit. man would benefit. He would from so a, benefit. His portfolio would just look so great. Well, I mean, it would just be, it seems like you'd be a lot of fun. I am. I am. Um, people don't think I'm as cool. Uh, people think I'm loud like this all the time. I'm very quiet when I'm at home. So. Really? Yeah. And what what about uh, your work routine? Are you, when, when you say you have to always come up with material, this is your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you get up every day, sit down with a pad? Like, like Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld tells me he sits down with a pad to this day, every single fucking day and writes, writes, writes on that yellow legal pad. And he says, that's how you get it done. Okay. What do you think? Uh, no, I me, I'd like to go into the club and find in other it. words, and go up on stage yeah, and kind of and find, find the material. Yeah, really? I, I have I'll I'll have See, Jerry's against that. No, I mean that's great. Then let fucking Jerry do what the fuck he wants. That's Jerry <laughs> I, I mean, not, yeah. I'm Leslie Motherfucking Jones. So we two different comics. Like, you know, me, I write down some subjects that I want to talk about and I go on stage and let's see where the fuck they gonna go. I don't mean to keep quoting Jerry. Oh, no, but no, 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 but I, I, understand. I, I mean cause Jerry's you know, he's one of the best. But but now, but he says if a comic goes up on stage and is trying to find material, then you're not giving the people what they paid for. They're, they're looking for a finished act. Well, still, that's still the same. You could say the same thing with somebody that walks up on stage with a fucking paper. Right. That's the same fucking thing. They're still trying to find yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and if that person is going up there trying to find something and it's funny, right. they are giving the people what they want. Yeah. And plus, Jerry... Let me explain something. Some audiences like to be part of shit like that. The process. Exactly. The like she happened. didn't. We just saw her do that joke. We know that's a new joke. I mean, I shouldn't be speaking for Jerry. No, I, mean, I know. Jer- I know. Me Jerry and Jerry. Yeah, me and Jerry. Cool. Yeah, me and Jerry cool. <laughs> I, I love the story that early on in your career, you were opening up for Cat Williams. And uh, uh, I guess he used to pay in cash or because he, he started paying you in a check. And the check bounced. <laughs> Which, I mean. Oh, uh, we was just talking about that the other day. I, I Do you know Greg Fitzsimmons? Greg, yeah, yeah of course. Okay. Yeah, Greg very Fitzsimmons, well. I've known him forever. He's right. like one of my, uh, Greg can make me laugh. Hysterical like, guy. And a uh, guy from a serious place. So <laughs> I went on tour with Kat and yeah, you know, Kat was really popular. He was, and so at first, the first couple of gigs, he paid me in cash because, you know, that's just, he was paying me in cash. So he didn't know if I was going to be on the gig. So then when they really found out that I was going to be on the tour, I think he wrote me a check. I think it was in <laughs> Chicago or something. Yeah. So I, I didn't, in my head, I knew I was like, I'm not taking this check to my bank. I'm going to go to his bank and just cash the check and then take the cash. Right. To me. And it, they was like, no, we don't take no more of his checks. So, <laughs> so can you imagine what ended up happening was his girl, the girl that works for him, Lena, they, you know, they ended up getting it straight. Now Lena paid me. She actually paid me double. She paid me extra money. She was like, she felt really fucked up, you know, bad right, about right. it. So what ended up happening was live nation took over the pay. Oh, but see, I'm still black and <laughs> black people don't take checks like that. Like I don't take checks. Like I, so they was trying to write me checks and I was like, nah, man, y'all need to pay me in cash. Right. So I was walking around like $120,000 in a motherfucking Wells Fargo, like a Wells Fargo, because <laughs> like I thought a zip bag. I thought the Wells Fargo system had a little lock on the yeah. end of it that the oh shit's safe, God. right? Oh my so, God! So 
I told Greg Fitzsimmons. He was like, you fucking hillbilly. What the, <laughs> the fuck you carrying your money around? I was like, yeah, I don't take checks. He was like, you dumbass. He was like, Live Nation pays the fucking Rolling Stones. They don't give a shit about your $1,500 check. <laughs> Yo, I'm talking about like I would go into the bank and deposit 70000 and the lady would go, you can't do this. <laughs> We're going to have to report this money. <laughs> Where is it coming from? Unbelievable. In a way, you are a hillbilly. Because uh, I you was blew a hillbilly. You were a hillbilly. I was a fucking hillbilly. Before your father moved you to L.A., <laughs> you, where, where were you? you I were was in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. I was a country motherfucker. And look, they <laughs> they used to call me Tennessee uh, when I first got to, to L.A. That was my nickname, was no. Tennessee. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. How did you get in to see Prince? Uh, backstage at the Grammys when you were 20 years old. I mean, because I had hoes as friends and they, I had fine ass hoes. When you, you talk serious? about hoes in your special, Come you got to see the special, by the way. Leslie's hysterical. Stand up special <laughs> is called Time Machine. It's on Netflix right now and you really have to watch it. It's a great, it's oh just great. God. It's a great time. But you talk about hoes and I love right. this stuff. Right. Because uh, you weren't a hoe. I, I I'm not even a, sure what a hoe is. Well, well a hoe is a hoe. You what is what a hoe? Man, no, you know what, what the hell a hoe is. Howard, you'd have you had a couple of hoes up in this damn studio you'd have a couple of hoes you know what the fuck hoes. but i'm not sure what i mean i can't imagine you was yeah. a, is a hoe mean you were loose sexually i was just loose yeah just do you know do what you would do. you fuck guys like a one-nighter yeah and yeah yeah man. was it good one night stands when you're in your 20s are good because you do what you want to do but and you were open to all positions and all that shit really <laughs> all that shit, anal man. no i ain't nobody fucking me in the ass man. no it's not gonna happen fuck that no shit. one tried yeah, I'm not saying they didn't try. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm going to shit on you, sir. And so we're going to shit on you. I will shit on your seat. I will shit you can't on do that. Your, I will shit on your sheet, sir. So you knew some hoes who were able to get backstage. I because, knew some pretty hoes. Because Prince and all the musicians and stuff. You know, bodyguards. You know, you get you get you talk to people. You know, I think it was at the Palladium. And I think she had a hookup at the Palladium. And you were dressed like provocative. Oh, mini very much. Skirts, mini skirts. Mini dress. Mini dress. It's a mini dress. It's and a mini you you, of course, being an athlete, have somebody oh, to know how to use it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I was so hot. <laughs> I was very hot. Okay. Yeah, very so, hot. So I knew Prince was coming in, and I knew where the VIP area was, and I was going to see Prince. You were going to fuck Prince. I was going to fuck Prince. I just knew Prince was going to see me and go, oh, she's a big-ass Amazon. I want her. Right. I want to climb this bitch. Right. You know what I'm saying? You were but convinced of that. I was I was totally convinced, especially when I started dancing. This shit was real. And what a genius he was. And he was a genius not to fuck with me. That's what it was. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that fucking what ponytail would went off, man. He might have died shit. much younger if he fucked with you. Shit. He might have wrote, a, like I said, a hit song. I don't <laughs> say <laughs> But then when imagine? I met him at SNL, it was just so funny to... I wanted to tell him that story, but I knew he thought I was Chris Rock. I knew he did. Is that for real? You say That's that in the, the special. Uh, Chris what Rock, do you mean he Chris thinks Rock you're Chris was, Rock? You Chris don't look Rock like Chris host. Rock. I promise. Look, Chris Rock was the host, and my hair, you see how I wear my hair? Yeah. yeah. And Chris Rock wears his hair like that, too. <laughs> and it's dark in the fucking studio, so I'm standing behind the camera while he's rehearsing. Yeah. The lights are dark, so when he's walking towards me, yeah, I look like fucking Chris Rock. <laughs> 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 so when he got close to me and saw I wasn't Chris Rock, right. he's like, oh, I don't know who this person is talking to me. You know, he realized who I was later, but I was like, oh, I need you to do Still Waiting. In my head, I'm going, he's looking at me like I'm Chris Rock. I know he thought it was Chris Rock. Isn't, isn't Prince the greatest <laughs> he example? He was really nice. Not, not only nice, but the great example of a guy who should have written a will now the family is yeah. they, they, everyone's fighting yeah. over his money and yeah. and he's in every commercial you know he would have he'd be flipping over in his he grave would, he would fucking hate all of that shit right yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. unbelievable it's terrible 
you know, when you're surrounded by so many hoes, to think <laughs> that you can get Prince means you're the queen of the hoes. No, it? no. It just means that I am confident to know that I can out-ho these hoes. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that Prince thought you were Chris Rock. <laughs> hey, Chris Rock has tits. What's He's going like, on here? He was like, what? Chris Rock looked like a woman. <laughs> and what is it? And, and, and I have to ask you about this hacking thing that... that, that, oh. that we, you took nude pictures, and I guess yeah, who hacked you? I don't even know. It's, uh, you know, what I think what happened was... Fame is unbelievable. It's, uh, what, what happened was something else was going on. You know what? I can fucking say it because it's out there anyway. Sure. I was getting blackmailed by a dude I met on Match.com. No shit. What? Oh, my no God. That's horrible. Shit. No fucking shit. You went out on a date I, with this guy? And I did, never met the motherfucker. I didn't realize getting catfished. Oh, I was getting catfished. I didn't fucking realize. Do you know it ended up being a ten year old in in, in Albania or some shit? I think it was some crazy. In other words, shit. somebody saw Leslie Jones is on one of these things. Yeah, and then, uh, they and, catfished yeah. you, which means they were posing as somebody as somebody not. else. And I was talking to this motherfucker and everything, and you know, oh, we, God. You they know. got your information. So did you send pictures? Yes, I sent. Oh. Goddamn, oh, yes, I sent them oh, fucking pictures. What the fuck uh, were you doing in this? Robin, I sent them fucking pictures. Okay. I wanted. To feel beautiful. Yeah, Robin, don't act like you're above it. I wanted to feel what beautiful. What is going on here? Jesus. <laughs> what were you doing in these pictures? Uh, okay, well. Titties, everything. Titties, you know. You, you, know, are, you, you are beautiful. They were great looking pictures. You have beautiful they, titties. I'm going to be honest. When they, yeah. they got released, I was like, these was the good ones. Yeah. I mean, in I'm other words, saying, a 10 year old in Albania oh, had new pictures of you. Jesus. <laughs> so what ended up happening was I went to national, I had to go to like Homeland Security type shit. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Wait, wait, wait a second. When you realize you're being hacked right. and you've sent somebody these pictures, who do you call? Okay, Take first, us through it. First, because- first, first, what happened was whoever got it fucking put it up on a, on a site. Yeah. And so I called. So I didn't even know. Uh, TMZ called my phone. Oh, my God. TMZ, TMZ called my phone. They was like, yeah, this TMZ. So what you feel about the new pictures? I was like, what? What, what, what the fuck are you talking about? She was like, you. yeah, that's some new, what the fuck is she? And they put your phone number and your, uh, your passport. Now I was like, wait a minute, how did I get my phone number and passport? I said, and bitch, you called the number. So I hung up and I called my publicist. Were you in a panic? Were you oh in a God. sheer panic? I, because I, you're like, what more, pictures? I was more panic about them having my phone number and my passport Absolutely. up than fucking new. I could give a fuck about a new picture. I've been trying to get them out there anyway. And you so know, I, here your whole life, you're waiting to be famous. You get famous. And now sh- all of a sudden this, this shit oh hits my the God, fan. I, all I could think was was Lauren's gonna fucking kill me. That's all I kept thinking. Lauren's gonna fucking kill me. So Lauren Roseman, the publicist, she's fucking the shit. Yeah. She got it off in 20 minutes, right? How? She's a badass bitch. She wow. got it off. So then she, the first thing we do is go to the security team. Then they take you to Homeland Security because Homeland Security was like, oh, he's in another country. We finna, we finna get his ass. If they I would have been more his, calm, could they if, get his ass? If they, if I would have been calm, maybe yeah, right. because I went the fuck off. But then what ended up happening was we were working with the FBI. Oh my right? god! So FBI tells Homeland Security it's something like somebody sent sent the pictures to the other agency, and through that email, that's what got hacked. Yo, Jeez. I think Homeland Security was like so fucking pissed because it was like. You could have just got the computer and took the pictures off of there. She was never supposed to send them. Did they want you to do a sting where you would have gotten on yes, with these guys? I, yeah, like I was on the phone with but him. But you weren't calm enough. I was not calm enough because the motherfucker got arrogant. He was like, I was like, all right, so how much do you want? He was like, yeah, you need to send 25000 to this. And I was like, 
it's really fucked up, dude. When he was like, you know what? Let's make it thirty-five thousand. So I was like, Ooh. oh, I was like, you Greedy. know what? Use a piece of shit. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck your mom. I don't give a fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> so the the DA after I do all of that, the DA just was sitting there like. I you, thought you was an actress. Yeah, right. Oh. Calm down. Oh. We're trying to catch we're this. We're trying fucker. to catch this motherfucker. I thought you was an actress. So you blew like, it. You would not be good if you were in the FBI. Yeah, I would not. No, you would God, not. Because I would, I would shoot first. Jesus. You know what I love about you? As famous as you are, you're ready to send nude pics to a guy. Uh, look, it is so let me, interesting. Let me tell you, I still sent after that, and the person I sent it to was like, You ain't learned yet. <laughs> you made a second. After this whole thing. You went ahead and took more nude pictures. <laughs> My aunt was like, why do you need nude pictures of yourself? I said, I want to see what it looked like. But but wait a second. You're sending this to strangers. You've Not got, strangers. You, you're, you're famous. Well, that was a stranger. but That was. But, you know. So, I, in other words. I know the person. If I now. meet you on, a, on, a, on one of these dating websites, I might be able to get a Leslie Jones nude picture. Well, not now. Not now. Oh, you've learned your lesson. Great. <laughs> you're here to announce that you've learned your lesson. Look, I'm telling y'all I'm human, goddammit. Yeah. I ain't the only dumb bitch in this motherfucker. Were you wearing a, were you wearing a negligee? Were you, no, no, I wouldn't. I was wearing a negligee. That's it. No I was wearing shoes. a negligee. I would think you try to do it in a, like, porno. Man, like, you fuck try, that. Like, I was yeah. trying to like show ass and cock. <laughs> ass and cock. <laughs> they were that graphic, ass and cock. Here's my ass, here's my cunt. If you're interested, give me a call. You are something else. Here you That's are. That's the funniest shit. Big star. <laughs> I am normal than a motherfucker. You really are. That's what I love about you. Oh, I really shit. do. I That's am a funny. fan. Fuck. And, and you know, um, I wanted to know, you know, uh, always the controversy with Ghostbusters. You right. were in the movie. Everyone always asks you about it. But they are coming out with another Ghostbusters, yeah, but with dudes this time. It just, it, you yeah. know, it feels like it just, I don't, I don't think anybody knows how that stuff comes off. First of all, let me just say this. Yes. The, I was the first black female Ghostbusters. That shit was big to me. You I was bet. so fucking proud of that. I was so proud of what we was going to do. The script actually was a great script, but I think the studio got scared and didn't let Paul really do it the way that he could have done it. In other I, words, the, the original script you read didn't reflect what you saw at the, at the premiere at the movie. Of the movie. No, yeah. it didn't. And it's like, then, and then you got all these people, these crazy motherfuckers. Like, I'm serious. Like, Howard, you're crazy if that bothers you that much where you have to harass a, a like, you're fucking crazy. You mean the idea that it's female yeah. uh, ghostbusters? Yeah, and then, and then you know, cares? Trump, Trump did the, the, oh, there's no, but if, 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 what did he say? It, it, there's, oh, there's girl Ghostbusters. There's, that's no good. You know, you do that. And then look, this is what was so crazy is all the men that were attacking me. Yeah. You would go to their page and they have pictures with their daughters. So you're like, what are you telling your little girl? I never understand. That. What are you telling her? Are you telling her that like, and then, and she then can't it's like, dream about oh something my God. Big? It's, I mean, whether the movie was bad or not, you guys attacked us because we were Ghostbusters. We were female Ghostbusters. And then this movie that's coming out, I don't, Coming I'm not to saying it, yeah, no, the, uh, the, this new Ghostbuster movie, oh, I'm not saying yeah, yeah. it's animosity from them trying to, but it, it looks like 
Don't worry about it. We're going to put out one. We'll get this right. We'll get this right this time. You yeah, know? I mean, I imagine when you got cast as the first female Ghostbuster, you talk about your pride in that and, and like, well, who could have imagined that one day you would be, you know, you, your father's telling you you're not funny and now you're right. the first female exactly. Ghostbuster. Exactly. It had to be a tremendous high. And when you were shooting it, it must have been a tremendous it was, high. Because we, yo, if they knew how hard we worked, like... Um, we worked our ass off like for three months. I was a resident of Boston for three months. Like there were some days we would put the pack on and Paul would be like, just run, just run. And we, I, it was, I lost 30 pounds doing that. Isn't that the horror of movies? Like everything can look great. The script, the cast, the director, the money they put into it. And it and, still can come out. And like, it can still come. And it's gotta be heartbreaking. Yeah. It's, it really does. Yeah. Because you were probably like, this is it. Well, I was seeing all the scenes. I, I just wish that they would have had confidence enough to put everything in it. I was seeing all the scenes and how great they was. There was a dance scene with Chris that didn't get in there. It was just awesome. It was some awesome stuff. Did you go to the premiere? I imagine you yeah, did. I did. Yeah, I did. I went yeah. to the premiere. What, what, was it obvious to you that audiences were not accepting no, I, it? It was, it was, we thought, we really thought people was going to go, okay, this is great. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I guess sometimes you just can't fuck with certain movies. I don't, I don't know. I really think it was about females being do you think it was that that they couldn't I th like they I, th I think the movie could have been a lot better but i think that ultimately was the problem is that they didn't like women ghostbusters you think it's the same reason that why maybe a woman can't get elected to office or i think so yeah of course of wow. course and i just feel like we so stuck we don't understand that we need to grow like we're trying to stay in this safe little area and we think that we're going to keep everything the same you can't you have to keep growing because us being stuck in this where we are right now is destroying us. I mean, I have three daughters. It's I want to, us. I want the world open to them. I want them to be able to do the same things a doodle do. It's just it's just we have to realize that we're not growing. We're yeah. not growing as a human. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yes. We're completely stuck. You could tell by all the movies that's coming out, the revivals of this and it's almost like we're fighting to to not yeah, we're going not, back. And yeah, like we we're fighting material. to yeah. not forget about, but we need yeah. to understand that to be the better nation, we have to continue to grow because we're stuck and we're destroying our, our earth is getting destroyed and we're destroying each other because we're not growing. And the only reason we're not growing is because we're so fucking scared. Were you depressed when the movie didn't do well? Do you? I was sad. I yeah. was sad. I'm not gonna lie. I was very sad because I was just like, damn, man. You know, like because if this movie makes work, it, everything opens up. Well, we just like if this movie makes it, it's great. Right. It's gonna have a great fucking movie out. You know. So yeah. like, yeah. do you worry about that with coming to America? No, because I'm a different Leslie Jones. If I was the Leslie Jones I am now, I think that would have went different. Right. Because I'd have been way more vocal. You don't get political, do you? Sometimes. Not in your act. But not in my act. People are there to laugh. Yeah, and I don't really like talking about politics because I'm not very smart about it. So, yeah, you know, it, it, that's a, that's a good observation. You talk about what you, uh, if you're going to be yourself on stage, right. you got to talk about what you know about. And right. That's it. Right. Uh, I mean, I can give my opinion about what I think about, but that's not funny. Were you upset that Alec Baldwin got to play Trump every week? Were you one of the cast members who would sit there and say, you know, why don't they give it to one of the regular cast members because? they would then get more airtime. Let one of us... I didn't um, think that. I thought that Daryl Hammond was a better Trump. I love you, Alec. Please don't be mad at me. Daryl Hammond, yeah. He's terrific. Daryl Hammond, to me, was like the true Trump, like how Trump really is. Just well, mean and just the evil. Like, you could see, like, when Daryl Hammond plays him, I'm like, that's, ooh, that's the Trump that people need to see.
Yeah, on Saturday Night Live, they seem to have gone to a point where they want more uh, celebrities just coming into that opening sketch. Uh, it seems the, the to drive opening, up the... Yeah, yeah right? The, it seems to drive up. Open. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. It's, it's exciting when they come out and makes the show kind of exciting. I got to tell you, Leslie, I think you killed it on your stand-up special. I, I don't know how much money they paid you, but uh, I would hope the Netflix seems to be just doling out big bucks to get the big comedians. So uh, that's got to be great. Yeah. Was yeah. that was that a tough negotiation? Yeah, it was. It was. It was, it was. But, you know, I, I'm starting to realize how it really works with the numbers and people who support me. I just I just want to say we as just black people support me, like support me. Just go watch it. Black people, white people, whoever, just go support me. Because that's how that's, you get, that's how special. the numbers work. That's, that's how the numbers work. It's like that's you know, right. I can get yeah. mad. I can get mad about the people that get the big deals. But the mm-hmm. reason that they get those big deals is because they have people who come. And if I had people support me the way that Trump supporters tr- supported Trump, yep. I would break Netflix. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I you know one of the things I have heard some comics say, "Hey, I didn't get uh, as much as uh, Chris Rock. I right. didn't get as much as Dave Chappelle." But they got a following you and got, they got, are brilliant. Got the, they got, it's like, it's almost like, like I got really pissed off at Netflix, but it's very, very much like it's the numbers. It's Do you the get algorithms. pissed off because you say to yourself, wait, I heard about this guy's deal. Right. I heard about that yes, guy's deal. Yes, and it starts yes, to fuck with yes, your head. Yes, because you go, I fucking know that I was out before this person. Oh, I know this person. Like, what the fuck? Like, they can't hold my dick. Why they get more? But it's about the numbers. But you're in the right place. I yeah. feel like if you're yeah. on Netflix, yeah. everyone's going to see this yeah. special. Yeah, that's and see, that's the thing though. You gotta, oh fuck, it's so hard, Howard, because I am at the age where I'm like, fuck, man. Like you know, I came up. I know you can. I came up with black, real black parents that you know, a black person on television. We watch. We don't give a fuck if it's Lawrence Welk. We watch it. And this that's society right. has changed. Like the stuff that me and Keenan doing over Saturday Night Live. I don't understand. And I'm speaking for Keenan. How Keenan does not have an NAACP award? How he doesn't have a BT award? How is he not on every cover of Essence and Matt? Funny guy. Because we are over there doing serious. Keenan stopped doing black female characters so they can hire black females on that show. Very funny guy. And, and he is fucking brilliant. You know what's amazing about you? You said something great. I meant to bring this up earlier. You were saying, uh, I watched, I'm speaking for you now, and, and if I have this wrong, correct me. I watched Saturday Night Live like most black people. After Eddie Murphy left, we stopped watching. Right. Saturday Night Live probably wasn't the be-all and end-all for you. I'm going to be honest with you. I, that was one of the questions Lauren asked me when he was interviewing me. He was like, do you watch Saturday Night Live? And I was like, no, I work on Saturday. That's I, right. I do comedy on Saturday, so I don't really get to see it. Was that important to him? I don't think it was important. I think he just wanted to know if I knew about the show. I was like, I watched it when Eddie was on there. I watched a couple of times when Tracy and, and Chris was on there, but not really. It was exciting for a black female comic to be watching black stars right. on Saturday Night Live. Right. And then when they weren't in place, it well, and wasn't plus, that I'm important. A, plus, I'm a comedian. I don't be home on Saturday night. Right. It's not a show that... You know, I'm going to go. I need to see that show. I think it's more attractive that you didn't watch the show. I would want fresh perspective. I, I wouldn't want necessarily Yo, somebody. How I the came show. in there like we playing baseball every Saturday. Right. I brought in a whole different energy. That's right. I, I was going to say to you when I saw you out in the hall, but I I had to get back in yeah, here. Yeah, no, I know. You are the what reason? You know, I started watching Saturday oh, Night sweet. Live Thank again. You. Yeah. Thank you. Do you watch it now? I, no, I you can't. Do not. I, I, Why? I love everybody over there. It's just kind of it's kind of okay i'll put it like this you know you be on a team a basketball team 
and then all of a sudden you have to graduate and you're not on the team anymore. It's hard. It's hard to watch the yeah. team play games. It, is it hard because they do something funny and you go, yes! shit, I could have done it. I yeah. could have been you there. Oh, jealous. my God, J-Lo. I was so mad. I was like, do you know how long I asked for fucking J-Lo to come on here and then she comes when I leave? By the way, I'm not going to have RuPaul on there. I'm fucking losing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. I know I've left things and then I just can't, I can't deal with yeah. it. Yeah, it, yeah. I get that. Hey, by the way, we should mention... That and, and this is a good lesson for everyone, that on your new Netflix special, it's called Time Machine, Leslie Jones, watch it, it's funny. You uh, went out and um, you asked for it. You didn't think they were available. I'm talking about the directors. Oh. You got the guys who direct and write the Game of Thrones. I actually did not think they was going to say yes. Why would you think to get the guy who directed? I mean, wouldn't because you I'm, want someone who was no, from a comedy background? I need some, no, because the people from the, okay, have you ever heard this? When I worked at Denny's, Right. They loved me because I didn't know how to waitress. They could teach me how to waitress. Yes. I don't want someone who knows about comedy because then you have to unslap their ass right. yeah. and then go, that's not what the fuck I do. This is what the fuck I do. So now you, you get people who know how to direct action because I'm very action and phys physical. Yes, you're a very physical comedian. Right. The faces you make sometimes. Did you practice those faces in the mirror? When I when I first started comedy, like, that's so funny you said that about Jerry, but because I did get to a point where I stopped doing it. But when I first started comedy, I I rehearsed two hours a day, two hours a day. People knew not to fuck with me during my rehearsal time. Where would you do this? In, at my house. I would rehearse in front of the mirror, mirror times, because Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett, uh, Charlie Chapman. Uh, Moms Mabley, you know, all of them got face. Moms Mabley had the face. 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 Yeah, but you need to understand what I'm saying, face. I mean, being able to get across what you're saying without saying a fucking word. Lucille Ball did it all the time. Yeah, you take big pauses in your stand-up, and you start to get physical and act. You'll strut across the I, stage it's like as John a hoe Ritter, or whatever. Like John Ritter, you know, like, I love that action. So you would stare in a mirror. I would stare in a mirror so mm -hmm. I can know what everybody else is seeing. And in fact, at Saturday Night Live, they used to call it the Leslie look, right? They would the write Leslie it into look. scripts. Yeah. Sometimes they didn't know what to write down. They say, just, just put Leslie in the look. Leslie look. They just Leslie look. So I got that from my brother. They shot the special very well, by the way. They I, did. Isn't uh, it beautiful? How many cameras? Nine. Nine. They, they fought for nine cameras. So that's, that's a, a big budget reason. for uh, a comedy special. That's another reason that I wanted them, too. Yeah. It looked good. Why do you wear the knee brace on stage? Do you, you have trouble with your knees? Yeah, I got a torn meniscus and ACL. From oh, basketball? Gee, yeah. Yeah, but but see, let I me like tell you. how you wear it on the outside, and that's true. I look don't, okay. Chris Red said that I look like a a, a Power Ranger that's now a robot teacher. <laughs> and, and Chase said it don't even you can't even tell. It just looks like part of your uniform, right? But um, like a superhero, right? I'm not gonna get knee surgery at 52. Fuck that. I got I great. Was say, I got you great need knee surgery. Nope, I got great knee Fuck caps. It. I got great kneecaps, and I got all my cartilage. And only thing I got to do is make my muscles tight around there. I'm not fucking finna go under the knife. Are you uh, in pain every day? No. You are not. No, no, because I, I, you know, make sure that, it, yeah, no. I got to find you a man. You're too, man, you're I too mean, dynamic. you just like, you know. You know who I'm going to get you? Who? Think of Brad Pitt and you. Brad Pitt. He will fuck you like crazy. He, he will fuck, but he won't be a good boyfriend. Why? Because he's too in demand. I think he's too. Don't know what the fuck he wants. I think he's too. Don't you could know fuck the, any guy on this planet. You Who think I'm going to No, wait, answer this question. This is a serious question. Because I'm going to be the matchmaker here. If you I could, could fuck, fuck any. I need to know who you're typing. Who are you looking for? Beside okay, me. Looking for? I can tell you exactly what the fuck I like. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Dylan O'Brien. 
Dylan O'Brien. In the spy movie, he ha- he looks like Jesus. I wish I could bring my phone out, but he looks like he has this beard and a gang of hair. I'll look this up. And he is he. Let he, me write this. I down. W- I don't want Dylan O'Brien because Dylan's too lo- young for me. But uh, that type of guy right there, he looks you, like Jesus. You went to high school with Suge Knight. Yes, I and did. And you had a massive crush on him. Oh my God, I was in love with Suge because he looked like one of the DeBarges. So maybe it's Suge Knight. No, uh, who we, you know that. No. T- I mean, the, the, physically. No, you know, no, no. No. You know what I mean. But I was in love I don't with Suge. Yeah. I was in love with Suge. I was so in love with Suge. He was a football player, and uh, Coach Carpenter. I became his teacher aide because Suge would go in there and get his lunch. Yeah. So I was sitting there and watch <laughs> Suge come and get his lunch. And one time he winked at me, and I thought I was gonna fucking. Die. You know what? And then story? he fell in love with my cousin. I hated him. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, poor you. Oh, poor you. You know, yeah. the, the story that, um, what did I hear? That, um, I guess your brother started to maybe deal some drugs. Yeah, he was a drug dealer. And then you said the started. greatest thing was, <laughs> no, no, you, you said, you said, he was dabbling. He was dealing, son. You know, oh. but what I'm saying is, it, what was great is, you said it was such an unbelievable experience because you would see like, one of the teachers from school come by and oh my buy God. crack. Like me, it's no, you, let me, you, you let really me learn about something people. To you, the dude that I had a fucking crush on. <laughs> well, the two got wait. Continue the story. The I, I, I dumped out. I, I had a crush on these two brothers, and yeah. and uh, one morning, my let me tell you how bold my brother was. He had an open and close sign <laughs> in really? the fucking window. He wasn't afraid of being. He caught. wasn't a fucking afraid at all. So I and went, he would deal crack. He would deal real crack, like, son. Like real crack, the shit you see not in the movie, son. The real crack, that shit in the movies, that's too pure. Um, I just love that you'd see your teacher show up all the like, God, I can't. Even, I almost said her name. Jesus, don't say no. it. Okay, say it. it was my geometry teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bitch, you know math. You can make it yourself. Hey, Let's protect you. Sorry. You don't want to hear from them. All right. Listen. Well, we're trying to protect you. I'm we don't to, know what's I'm, I'm just uh, trying to keep the names off this. <laughs> but it is amazing though, that you know when you you know someone who's a crack dealer. It's amazing who you, you don't realize who's you don't on know crack. Who you're gonna see some of the most responsible people. The the crack epidemic was. Something that was real that people will never understand until no. you in that neighborhood and see your best friends, people who you think have the most sense. Did you ever say to your brother, up. listen, it's not right morally like we shouldn't be dealing crack because people are getting horribly addicted or you just you can't say anything at that point. At that point, you part of the, the shit, you know, right, you, right. you riding in the cars, you're you're spending the money. You're, yeah, you. you're part of the shit. Uh, yeah. You ever try it? Crack? Yeah. Fuck no. What's the hardest drug you ever did? Speed. Speed's fucked up. I did it. Speed. It's horrible. Speed is the worst drug because it makes you feel like you're normal. Did you do it? <laughs> did you do it in um, for studying purposes? No, no, no. I did it for sex with the Israeli. Really? God damn, I am fucking. <laughs> I am going to be. My career's over. <laughs> so what? My fucking career's over. The Israelis. The Israeli oh says, God. hey, let's do some speed do and some fuck. Speed and fuck. I would think fucking on speed because That's when I was crazy, on speed, I remember right? I couldn't even great. feel my dick when I it was, was on speed. It was great, man. It was makes you really horny. The drug that everyone did when I was young, you know, I'm older than you. I, I mean, we would do quaaludes and fuck oh, like rabbits. Like... You did that? You've done no, I've never did. Never did. No, yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I don't recommend that to the kids. Yeah, like I, don't I don't do any drugs, by the way. Speed, none of that shit. No, you I do, smoke weed. You do smoke I weed? I smoke weed, yeah. Do you love it out in California with the legal weed? Oh, yeah. Colorado, too, you know. What's your thing? It's always the, been legal in, in Cali, if you ask me. What's the thing? Uh, gummies or uh, all that gummies and Are you uh, vape? Edibles? What do you do? 
First of all, that's for fucking bitches. No, I don't. I don't do bitch weed. Yeah. I smoke weed. You okay. smoke it. Yeah, I don't eat candies and shit. <laughs> you want to eat candy? Eat no candy. cookies. This ain't no, no fucking brownies. Willy Wonka, motherfucker. Like, no, I smoke weed. What's I the best joints. weed? You, have you ever smoked with um, um, other celebrities? Because they seem to get the strong weed that like knocks you on your. I got ass. a crazy story for you. I gotta hear. Okay, it. this is way before SNL. Just when I was just doing gigs and stuff, and I I got the a chance to smoke weed with Snoop and, oh, and, and oh, Don Juan. Yeah. Don Juan Bishop. Don Juan. So Jeez. we're all in a circle. Daz, Daz Dillinger, you know, all of them. We all in a circle. We're smoking. And I'm not paying attention to to Don Juan. I'm not paying attention to what he's doing to the blunts. He's smoking them with his fucking nose. <gasps> Why? Because I guess there's a hole in his nose and he can hit it. I don't fucking know. So he was doing it from a nose and I wasn't paying attention. Nobody was hitting that fucking butt. But I, right. I wasn't paying attention. You don't want to so put he, that in your mouth. Yeah, so he passed it to me and yeah, I hit it. Oh. And snooping him is like, oh, you hit the booger butt. <laughs> oh, I was so mad. Oh, my I was God. so mad. Snoop is unbelievable. Snoop has he, the he, best weed. He, he, the best weed, it's like crazy weed. Do you know this? I found this out. I it was just interviewing him a couple of weeks ago, months ago. Snoop hired a guy full time to roll joints. Cat had one. Cat had a. Girl he had. A, he had some. Cat had one. He, he had hired girl. the guy he out of prison, and he pays him about fifty thousand dollars a year. And this guy stands Holy there, shit. and he That's will roll. All does. Because That's there are people who can really roll blunts really well. Yeah. And it's, that's what they should be doing. That's what they should be doing. And I didn't know you could make that into a job. <laughs> that is insane. Really? You're not a wake and baker, though. You're not like kind of getting up. Oh in the no, I'm a, I'm a straight pothead. Yeah. You, oh really? You will wake up and smoke. Oh yeah, yeah. You smoke before this interview? Come on, man. Yeah. Really? Of course. You I seem, at, but you, but because you I'm seem, I'm a functional I'm a functionable I I'm a functioning. <laughs> You're a functioning what? <laughs> Maybe not. I'm a functioning pothead. Yeah. Well, you know what it is. I I I admire that because I cannot smoke weed. I get yeah. paranoid. I start yeah. to overthink. You're not a real smoker. No, I'm not a real smoker. It's a disaster for me. Yeah. See, well, well, weed to me is like my wine. I don't drink. I don't right. drink or do anything else. So. And, and it relaxes you. Yeah. You won't smoke before a gig. If it's an hour, maybe before, yeah. Really? I'm I'm there now. I'm there to where, yeah, I need it in my system. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, the, before the Netflix special, were you high? Maybe. Really? I'm pretty sure. You are relaxed. No, I'm just saying that you know, if you watch a couple of shows, me and Keenan, we was <laughs> really before a, a sketch show, live sketch show, oh Saturday Night Live, God. you'd be fucked up. Man, we didn't smoke so many people out. God, I'm gonna get killed. No. <laughs> <laughs> you smoke before going on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> you are amazing. Let me tell you, I thoroughly I love you. I've never, I, you know, because you got so much energy. <laughs> I would never dreamed that you were. Well, actually, it I takes her energy to. down a little bit. I have to. Yeah, yeah. Shit, I would be a yeah. fucking crazy person jumping in this. Morning. Leslie Jones has done. It. Jesus, my whole career over for this. <laughs> what? Just, I'm going you to have to move here. to the mountains and grow weed for real. <laughs> That's going to be my career. You're going to start a weed line or anything? I would like to make my own vape. I know I have I've put a vape together. You do vape? Shatter sometimes. Aren't you afraid of it? Like what they're talking about? It could no, fuck that's some up. other shit. That's that's the, the, the cigarette liquids, shit. Yeah, no. that's, yeah, yeah, that's that cigarette. But if it, I'm talking about shatter, this is like pure THC. I see. It's different than the shit they talk about. So you about. will vape? Uh, yeah, I made a vape. I, I put, took pieces from other vapes and made a vape. 
Wow. So I was like, I said I should just like make one. So you're like your father, a genius. He's, he, he had that ability. Exactly. And maybe you start a weed business. Everyone's weed doing business. it. I'm telling you, that's what I'm doing. I'm retiring, moving to the mountains, and I'm going to grow. <laughs> She's going to have to make a favor. Right? Ever. <laughs> Ever. Wow. Would Lauren be upset if he knew you were smoking uh, weed Are you, before? Is that a joke? I'm, I'm asking. Would uh, he... he knows everything. Literally, we would get so in trouble because of the smoke in the building. Oh, so, so he so, knew. Yes. Right. So he can't you be upset. Can't, he, if you ever have you ever been to an SNL show? Uh, yes. I, 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 yeah. Okay, so not recently because you could smell the weed. Oh, really? You literally. Well, smell I know it. in the original. Pete is Pete is right there too. Pete always. Oh, Pete Davids. Pete have the whole hallway smoked up, but but so do me and Keenan. Look at Pete with all these women. He's dating uh, everyone. Ugh. What? You know that upsets you? I just want to talk about Pete. You don't want to talk about Pete? <laughs> Why? This is another child. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You're upset about Pete. No, I'm not upset. I'm just, just, just a kid. You know, what, what am he's I going to say? He's, he's a kid. He's a kid. He's, yeah, right. He's growing up. That's it. But he's in that age range where he's supposed to. Exactly. He's supposed to be out fucking. Exactly. That's, he's taking your yeah, advice. Exactly. That's exactly. Right. Let's just uh, leave it at let's that. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Listen. <laughs> Leslie Jones. How you that got me in trouble? I don't, I don't know I don't, about this. What do you I need think to call my agents. What do you got you in trouble? I need to call my after this interview. Jesus. Just because you named people who smoke crack from your brother? <laughs> no, I dumped out on anything. you. Don't worry. No, you didn't say anything. I saw so much. <laughs> Jesus. My agents is like, did you not go over what the fuck you supposed to talk about? You did great. Jesus. You're an honest woman. You can't change. I am change. very honest. You can't because change. don't nobody pay my bills but me. Right. I mean, listen, you got plenty of dough now. What, you got a nice house? Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I got a nice little place. What's the best thing about having money? Having money. But I mean, oh, yeah, like, like in other words, you don't have that pressure. Yeah, like I always said, I can't wait to know what it feels like not to know what my my light bill is. Are you Are you there? Yeah. Like you, you, you I, hit I that even, number. Like I don't even go into my fucking bank account anymore. It just it's too confusing. <laughs> it's too much going and on. I used to know everything in my fucking bank account. What was going out down to the exact fucking. Penny. So the freedom of having money is not having to know how much money you exactly. have. Exactly, it's the freedom of knowing that you're secure. Is the and house the thing though too? The that the, the big ticket setting item. Setting up your setting up your portfolio, setting up your future, all of that shit. It's nice. It's fucking. That's the nicest thing about having money. You like to travel? Oh, I love it. Where do you go? Everywhere. I, I, I went to London for Christmas. Was it all right? It was great. It was fucking great. I, I did more out there in London than I do in New York. Really? What'd yeah. you do? I walked around. I went to a couple of plays. Yeah? Yeah. And you like it? I fucking loved it. You go yourself or a bunch of friends? No, I went by myself because that's how I do stuff. You know what I mean? I like doing stuff by myself. You're I a like, confident woman. I like to be able to wake up when the fuck I want to. I like to go see what I want to. Want I can't do anything on my own. Well, you I'm know, it's hard. It's hard. It's it's not easy. I don't do a lot here in New York, and I should. Because people bother you? Yeah, people know you. are very you. identifiable. Yes, fuck. Yeah. I hate that. You can't put on a disguise? I put on a hat. I have, I've thought I've had many disguises, and people still walk up to they me. Were, hey, Leslie, what's happening? Hey, how you doing, Leslie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think you're hiding in that fucking hat? Bitch, you're six feet tall. People always get looked at. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, Leslie Jones.
Thank you for coming in today. Man, Pleasure to have funny, you on. Man, even I had a great time. Over. Yeah, so what? You said a few things. You shouldn't uh, have so, said. Uh, I'm gonna go back here, and Lenny's gonna go. Wow, it was great working with you. <laughs> Leslie Jones' stand-up special is called Time Machine. Yes. I tell you that Ted Sarandos, he's signing everybody from Netflix. He's got all the great comics. I like that you're That's on where Netflix. You should go for comedy. That's I love you it. Go. Yes, y'all, make my special break Netflix. Let's, and, and, let's get some numbers and for here, these black women. Absolutely. All for right. black women mm-hmm. everywhere. Hear Leslie's comedy on Netflix is a joke radio on Sirius XM Channel 93. Nice. Uh, there's a lot going on. I want on. your job. I heard you make a lot of fucking money. Me? Yeah, I heard you like low. Pay me for this? I'm having too much fun. Shit. Sit here, talk to you. If you making that money, just do I want to do this. <laughs> this <laughs> you you were in radio. You got out. That's true. <laughs> Damn it. Where's that Israeli now? Is he listening to this? That motherfucker went back to Israel, and I think that's the only reason I left him alone, Howard. Really? Oh, my you God. You love fucking this guy. I, he was really good in bed. You probably fucked him to death. No, I didn't fuck him to death. Why was he good? What makes a man good in bed? You got to explain this okay, to me. I got to so, learn. So, like, just knowing how this the woman don't have Move. to tell you shit. Yeah, just it's a rhythm with women. How long like, does it take w- w- for you to orgasm? If you got the right rhythm, not long. Really? You know, it's a rhythm. Like you get into a flow, and then it's like a certain spot you hitting. You continue to hit that spot, and you plap, plap. What? Let me write that down. Flap, 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 flap. Because flap or flap. I know. I kind of know. You know, you, know, you just get into I mean, a steady. I would like, I would like to know. Patient enough, and and he was really good. He was very given. He feels so good. I come to, too fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what you got to learn how to not. Do. I can't. I can't hold back. You got to let the girl do it before you. What you have between your legs is too exciting for well, me. Well, I can't. I, handle I can't help you, Howard. Plap. Listen to this. Plap, plap. I'm done. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's it. Oh, I would be so mad at you. Plap, plap. <laughs> Leslie Jones, you are funny. <laughs> I'm crazy. I, I, you're crazy and you're funny. And you're I'm going to go to the back and everybody's going to be like, wow, bitch. So you just, <laughs> you don't want to be famous no more, huh? <laughs> you tired okay. of fame? You, t- you tired of fame now, bitch? Because ah, it's over. Time machine. You got to see it. <laughs> I've seen her live. I've seen, and I'll tell you what. I feel the film really did capture you, your live performance. Because I think so too. I compared it to what I had seen, and it was right. great. And the it blue, was the the blue curtain expected. in the back—it looks and so you look fabulous. Right. It, it, it captured it your physicality. Great. You did I, a great job. I, it just showed that I'm a real comic. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. What do I know? But you, to me, you're a real comic. Right. That's all I'm saying. Um, and my I'm friend, keeping Lenny, it real. My friend Lenny loves you. He thinks you like Lenny. Yeah, Lenny. You would love Lenny. That's my writer. Oh yeah. Yeah. You use a writer? Yes. And that's very important to say so comedians can now feel comfortable with using other comedians. Right. Because sometimes people don't want to You have the insecurity and come, you know, oh, did he write it or did I write it? So you collaborate with him. Because whenever you mix anything, it's going to be a great thing and a great thing. You're going to make one great thing. As long as I'm laughing, I'm happy. Exactly. That's it. And it's nothing wrong with giving somebody credit that works. No, absolutely. And it makes it better. I want to show that so everybody can start helping each other. Lenny, you did a good job, too. He did a we'll fucking a, great we'll job. A, a, great, a great special. Leslie Jones, great person. I love seeing you here. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having blessing me. Blessing us with your presence. <laughs> Leslie Jones, check out Time Machine on Netflix. We'll be back right after these words. Leslie Jones was such a... She was great. Oh, Leslie's great. Now she's gone. Now I'm oh, missing oh, her. And now you're, you're alone again. I'm, al- I'm alone again. <laughs> oh, she's fantastic. Are you kidding? She really is fantastic. There is absolutely no filter on that woman. She is amazing. I would say she's one of the best radio guests. Can we put her up there? Absolutely. You bet.
Right, Nikki? I want to have her back now. <laughs> Absolutely. She is so raw and honest. It was awesome. Yeah. Obviously, when you're doing the interview, too, Howard, it's awesome. But she was outstanding, hilarious. And I liked her in Ghostbusters. I thought she was funny. Yeah, well, you know, Leslie talked about everything from Saturday Night Live to the movies to working on stand-up to her early childhood. And everything about her is riveting. I, I truly loved having her in here. Hi, Jimmy in California. Hey, Howard, how's it going? Hey. Leslie was amazing. Yes. She actually, I'm, I'm a huge fan of hers. And when she came out here to my town, um, I would DJ some of the comedy shows out here, and she would just murder everyone. She'd make fun of everyone, and she did it with such uh, skill. She's yes. amazing. She's a very um, talented woman. Leslie Jones. Yes. I was so happy to meet her. Thank you. Yeah, I went to see her one night. I... Yeah, I didn't realize you had seen her live. Yeah. And that's why when I watched the Netflix special, I said, gee, I wonder if they'll capture her energy. And they, mm -hmm. and they really did. So uh, I'm Well, when you her. said the Game of Thrones guys did it, I was like, well, was there a dragon? <laughs> dragon, and they turned off all the lights. <laughs> but anyway, that was great. That was so much fun. Thank you, Leslie, for uh, brightening up our day. Yes. Um, so now, Robin, again, I'm going to point out something about you and, and the um, influencer you are. Ooh. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned this uh, idea that women, um, you know, you were very honest. Here we go again. Will you stop mentioning it? So <laughs> well, what am I supposed to say? I got to explain these songs. You you said that women uh, like you will rub their vaginas and smell them. So, like me? Well, I mean, women, enlightened women like you, who oh, you. have to make sure they're fresh. And I appreciate that. Um, and now uh, all of your songs are about you smelling yourself. So uh, here we go. Uh, to introduce the news, here's a new Robin song. She smells a pussy. Make sure it's clean. Yeah. yeah. It's part of Robin's pre-sex routine. Oh. oh, she's a cunt sniffer. Taking a whiff of her pussy. sent in by Kanye Breast. Kanye Breast. <laughs> you know, Kanye has taken up religion. I'm sure he'd object. Object? Something beautiful? Song no, stop it. Being used in that way. I'm sorry, Kanye. Hey, look who's on the phone. MC Search. Who's that? I don't know. MC Search <laughs> is on the phone. Sounds important. Hey, Happy New Year. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I am important. I'm incredibly important. Yeah. Hey, Happy New Year. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to say, um, one of the th first of all, the amazing interview, but one of the things Leslie did all the time when she was with SNL is they would send her to the Olympics all the time. And I didn't know if maybe behind the scenes she talked about if she was going to be doing that again in Sochi. Cause no, no, I, didn't, I didn't bring that up. NBC was sending her. That's right. To all those uh, Olympics and she would do Olympic coverage and she did great. Yep. Yeah, she was amazing. But I think a couple of times she actually mentioned that they were too cheap to send her. So she was like, fuck it, I'm going to go myself. <laughs> and those were the really funny ones yeah. where she was like, you know, she would like put up all these posts where she would like hang with the javelin throwers and like hang with the discus throwers and try yeah. to like bullshit from Olympic. Well, you know, we hit Olympic a lot of village. topics. We didn't hit Can't that one. But thank you, MC Search.
Was she hinting that she might be getting a late night deal? I don't know. When did you when did you think that happened? Uh, we were talking. I talked to her about late night television, and she is was, that off the air? No, that was on the air. Oh, but yeah. I I think she was kind of. I hope so. She'd be awesome. Yeah, that's what I was kind of hinting. And we at. need a woman in late night. At least, uh, well, there are a few women, but song. on the network. Oh my god! What is that, Craig? Craig, um, all these assholes always call in here and saying they're almost pulled over and laugh their balls off. And I spit coffee all over my windshield when I heard that opening to that Kanye Breast song. Kanye Breast is a huge star up and coming. And uh, yes, the Robin song was very That big. made you spit your coffee? Robin. <laughs> all that work we do, and that made you spit your coffee. You have to be the most honored woman in the planet with that. Well, so, she is. She is. She acts you. like she's above it, but she's not. She loves the attention. All right. Thank you, Craig. Love you. Speaking for love youth, speaking for you, Robin. Robin, what is in the news? Come on. Everybody looks forward to you kind of explaining what's happening. Uh, well, first of all, Billy Joel's Long Island home was broken into. Oh, no. Really? Some crooks. Was he there? Got into his house. A burglar took uh, a burglary took place sometimes between Saturday and Monday. So it doesn't oh. sound like anybody was there if they didn't know when it actually happened. That's when you know you're rich. Your house gets robbed. You're not sure when. <laughs> you don't even know yeah. it. Um, That's I terrible. guess they say 12 motorcycles and a home office on the property were vandalized. You know, Billy loves his motorcycles. Yes, he does. The uh, extent of the damage is still unclear. Wow. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, they say going to sting Billy badly because he absolutely loves his motorcycles. So, so what did, what did they take? That. They they they, they vandalized. It they doesn't vandalized. even seem like they took anything. What they the just uh, messed up some motorcycles in his office. So, you know, it's probably a bunch of whoever's who were just like, let's go trash Billy's home or something. I don't know why somebody would have that impetus. Yeah, that's weird. But that's what happened. Sounds like some douchebags. Yeah. I should have said some douchebags. Douche. <laughs> Bags. Burglarized Billy's home. Right. Yeah, you, you said it the wrong way. <laughs> uh Julianne Huff, you know, everybody's getting into uh, my deal, which was always going to see what alternative stuff is out there and trying it out. Now everybody's doing it. You know, I even see that on uh, some streaming You service, were an innovator. They you... have Goop Labs. The, I remember um, you would travel to countries and have uh, strangers rub rocks on your belly. Yeah. And you would but ayahuasca. I would here i got into that freezing thing and i remember you used to get coffee shot into your asshole <laughs> all of this stuff you were way ahead of the curve <laughs> on all of it what's happened well julianne huff who is helping oprah with her her movement during her her tour and oprah should really contact you if she wants to get into this stuff <laughs> she apparently had some kind of an energy healing oh i saw this and uh they said it looked like she was having an exorcism. She's a real weirdo, but she's hot. So 
Oh, yeah, you... I thought she was very religious. And then she married this guy, and then she said she's bisexual. And then she, you know, they are always up to things on Instagram and so forth. And now she tried this alternative therapy. I saw the video. It was like one it... five. Oh, oh, you got it. Yeah, yeah, she's like moaning like she's possessed. And there's a there's always a huge dissipation of energy and a feeling of... Let me describe this. The there's video... a doctor. Doctor standing there, and she's laying on her belly on a table. And all of a sudden, he's talking. He's not even touching her. And she starts rolling around like, like kind of like a fish. She almost looked like a spider. Her arms started to crook into weird positions. Yeah, I don't even know what prompted it. <laughs> and then she started going, uh, well, you're here. Relief, release, freedom. <laughs> Expression of emotion may happen when the system moves. When energy that was stored or bound up in the muscles begins to dissipate. Uh, Most people wouldn't, in this, especially in Davos, in this environment, wouldn't make that sound. Man. Yeah. I, but so he didn't even touch her. That apparently is what the uh, Dancing with the Stars star is up to now. She's Dancers are weird. different things. Dancers are like really into their bodies. and. Well, they have to be. Very, that's their instrument. They're very free with them, you know. I've been around a couple of them. And, uh. They're very sexual, too. I mean, not toward me. <laughs> Somehow it doesn't translate. No. Toward you. Oh, look, Patty. Hey, Patty, just want you to know you were a real hit on the show yesterday. We got tons of positive email about you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you. People... I'm having trouble with anxiety withdrawing. Yeah. Huh? Can you help me with that? She's having anxiety while she's drawing. Yeah. Uh, oh. I mean, I don't have a lot of time because we got to get through the rest of the news, but maybe if you call me on our next show, I can spend some time on this. Okay. What's All the right, anxiety? You. Like you're uptight because you can't draw? Yeah. Is it the empty page? No, it's just that I keep, I want to learn so bad that I get anxiety over it. I'm afraid I won't be able to do it. Yeah, well, I'm like that too, but you just keep plugging away and you got to okay. get some lessons. Okay. I'm trying to learn from a correspondence course. Oh, that doesn't work, does it, Howard? No, not really. Just go to a class, like with other students. That would be good for I you. Tried I tried going to community college and I, I, I don't like the way they teach you how to draw. Well, they want you to. They want you to draw and don't look at the don't look at your hand. Just draw the figure, the, the model. And I mean, I can't learn like that. Hmm. All right, I, I, let me think about this uh, and call in when I get back. All right, and I'll think up some shit to tell you. Okay, thank Do you. Do you look at your hands when you're drawing? Yeah. Do I look? No, at my, I mean you help. Uh, no, I don't know what they mean. <laughs> look at your hand. Yeah, like while you're drawing, do you keep your head down looking at your hand? No, I look at the, my reference material, and I, and I, I get. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they're teaching her. <laughs> I'll have to figure. I mean, this is going to take time for me to figure it out. Okay, this okay. isn't just something you can solve right now. Yeah, for those of you who didn't hear, Patty's very depressed. What do you want again? Uh, bupropion and uh, olanzapine. Yeah, poopy on and a lesbian. <laughs> and I tried to set her up with a, a depressed guy in our audience, a guy named Harry. He had anxiety, too. Did he get in touch with you? 
No. Well, maybe he was too depressed after that phone call. You know, that was a lot of expending of energy for him. Hey, Harry, why didn't you call uh, Patty yesterday? Howard? Hey. Hey. Uh, you, you there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did you ask me? I said Patty's on the phone if you want to talk to her. Oh. Hello. You get anxiety? Yeah. Yeah, I get it too. I get mine from eating. Uh, how do you get anxiety from eating? Well, I'll show you. I'm about to eat a bagel hanger. I told you these two are perfect for each other. All right, I'm I can't. Put- but I, they I, should talk I, after the show. <laughs> okay. I'm putting the bagel up to my lips. Ooh. 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 See, he's got anxiety. That's scary. All right, listen, you two. I can, I don't have time for this right now, but uh, Patty, I'll get back to you when we do our next show. Okay, thank you. All right, later. That's going to take more than a one minute explanation. Yeah. All right. I need to do some work with her. Uh, you need to do some research first. Yeah, I, I need to do some crowd work with her. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else is in the news, Robin? Brad Pitt is trying to charm us all. Yeah, he's like on a charm tour. Yeah, you know, he was, he disappeared. Right. For all those years he was married to Angelina Jolie. You hardly ever heard of him unless he was doing a movie. And then you barely heard of him. And now we can't get rid of him. He's winning awards. He's being funny. Oh, he's got, he has writers doing speeches for him when he goes to these award shows. We think he's getting writers. Well, it seems that he's no. getting writers. The material's a, a quality. Yeah. So anyway, now, of course, is the big uh, roll up to the Academy Awards. Yeah. And one of the most fun things about the Academy Awards is all the events that happen beforehand. Right. So there's this class picture every year, apparently, where they have this luncheon and all of the people who are nominated that year, you know, get into this group photo. Yeah, We don't have that in radio. No. But, you know, it's a moment when you're meeting all of these people who are famous that you might never have run into before and you get to talk to them and hang out with them. Mm. And they had a table full of name tags at the front so that everybody, if they chose to, could have their name and, you know, you wouldn't have to introduce yourself to anybody and no one took a name tag because no one wants to be, you know, to admit that somebody might not know who they are. Right. So nobody takes a name tag except Brad Pitt. I see. He doesn't have to be charming. I mean, when you look like Brad Pitt, the advantage is you don't even have to be charming. You are charming. Yeah, but now I'm talking about it. Yeah. Because he was the only one who read a name tag or wore a name tag. Brad Pitt's like a super hot Rodney Dangerfield now. He's doing jokes. <laughs> He's like, it's just confusing everybody. All of a sudden, he just got a personality. Personality hey, plus. Hey, Andre from Canada, what up? How you doing, Howard? Hey, Good. now. Hey, now. I uh, loved the interview with Leslie. Outstanding. Um, wasn't really a big fan of hers, like, and just that didn't, you know, watch her stuff with Sear and certain, certain things. But now all I'm thinking is, God damn, I got to get home and watch this Netflix special and see what she's all about. 
Well, look, that's good because uh, she is a very talented woman, and if uh, more people should know her and follow her, that's right. I'm glad you uh, got turned on to her. Standing and the interview, like, how do you drag all that info out of people? Is it that is it just organic, or like, do you have a roadmap you're using when you're going to talk to? All these celebrities. I feed them crack before the interview. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Loosens them yeah, right, 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 right up. They just open up. That's the secret. People go, how do you loosen up the people you interview? I give them crack. All right, Andre, thank you. Stolen my secret. Back to Robin. taking off my bra. I know you are. Full I- natural breasts. Well, since we've been talking about the Super Bowl, and I suppose we have some bets on which songs will be where. Yes. I uh, looked bet. up the worst Super Bowl performances and the best Super Bowl performances. You talking. See what you think. All right. All right. For the best Super Bowl performance. Can I just say, I don't think I've ever seen a great Super Bowl performance because the very nature of a Super Bowl performance is absurd. It's never well mic'd. It's never visually uh, possible to capture all the excitement. Also, the sound seems to lack in these stadiums. And it's a rush job. It's like an artist trying to show you all their talent in 10 seconds. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, a very it's difficult Yeah, it's a pretty thing. rushed show. Right. I'm surprised they pull anything off every year. That's right. That's right. But there have been some highlights and lowlights. Okay, go ahead. So they're saying number five is the Janet Jackson Super Bowl performance. Uh, number five in terms of the best or worst? The best. I don't even remember it. It was the one where she revealed her breast. I think you missed it. I missed it. I was watching something else. Oh, I know what I was watching. I was watching the lingerie ball. Oh, that's where I, right. Where I thought I'd see Tay. <laughs> Instead, I should have stayed with the Super Bowl. That's funny. I was just looking to see Titty, and ironically, <laughs> I missed Titty. Titties. So uh, they're saying Janet Jackson was one of the best. Right. Even though it caused people all kinds of trouble. She was uh, accompanied by P. Diddy, Nelly, Kid Rock, and, of course, Justin Timberlake, who helped mm-hmm. with the unveiling. 2013, Beyonce, they're saying, was the fourth best. Mm-hmm. Number three was Michael Jackson. All right. Number, wait a minute. Number two. Maybe I only have four. Oh, my God, that's a disaster. Okay, so the, that was four, three, two, and then one. So Michael Jackson was number two. Number two. Number one. Number one. The Stones. Prince. See, I'm a huge Prince fan, and I didn't even think that was that great because, again, it's not his fault. It just was a wacky, it's a wacky format. But, but all right. they talked about the fact that, you know, yeah, he went through a bunch of hits, but when he did Purple Rain... This whole football audience stood up and started swaying. You know what? If I had to do the Super Bowl and I was a musical artist, I'd do one song all the way through. Prince should have just done Purple Rain and gone home. That he kept, you know, he somehow corralled that whole audience and got them swaying to his song. Now, I'll do the... The worst in the opposite order, so that you find out what was considered the absolute worst last. So, uh, first we have the Black Eyed Peas. They're saying the Black... 2011, they were terrible, according to all of the critics. 
and they say they don't know. They didn't even think they should have been uh, uh, a Super Bowl halftime entertainment group in really? the first place and that they haven't been heard of since. Oh, that's kind of hard. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're pretty talented, those black eyed peas. They haven't done anything in a long well, while, Howard. A lot of bands and haven't. somebody is sort of indicating that the Super Bowl was when they jumped the shark. Wow, I don't even remember it. So, well, that means it didn't impress you at all. Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, and Tony Braxton was in two thousand. They say that was the next worst one. Hmm. And finally. Everybody seems to concur that the absolute worst Super Bowl halftime performance ever was Gloria Estefan. Are you going to crush that woman? Gloria Estefan. Yeah, (laughs) along with a bunch of ice skaters. You would think that'd be colossal at the Super Bowl. (laughs) Ice skaters and Gloria Estefan. (laughs) Estefan. Gloria so, Stefan. yeah, that's how they ranked the <laughs> so, performances. I want to meet the guy who ranked them. I bet he lives in a basement in his parents' house. <laughs> that's what I think. Uh, also in the news, there's this uh, former Belgian king who's 85 years old now. And he had a, a baby with a woman he wasn't married to. And for Almost 50 years he's been denying, been denying that this woman is his child. Yeah. And they finally forced him into getting a paternity test. And he is indeed this woman's father. What should we do? Well, she can't be royal because she's a bastard. Oh, Robin, I dare you. <laughs> I'm just telling you how it is. He uh, stepped down, I guess, as king, and his son is now king. So her brother is king, but she probably will be never recognized by the family. I don't know if they'll have to. I'd be pissed. Share any money with her. I'd be like, you got to fucking be kidding. My father's the king and I don't get money and I don't, I don't, you don't get, get a title. I don't get anything. You don't get, I don't know if you're obligated to pay. I'd be very upset. But very apparently upset. he used to be in the girl's life until he was you know, crowned as king of the country of Belgium. You know, I had this problem, Jon Snow on Game of Thrones. Remember? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. And uh, once he, you know, was um, declared king, he severed all ties with the woman that had had Mm -hmm. this child and never had her in his life again. So I don't know. I mean, she's always wanted just to be recognized as his daughter. Is she hot? I have no pictures of her. Mm-hmm. Could she do cameos at least? Like uh, go on there and charge like $100 an announcement? Well, maybe you can make right. something. Sure. Uh, you want a princess to do cameos? Your cameo? Wanna, sure. Wanna, want me to record your phone message? Hi, I'm the bastard princess. <laughs> uh, George from North Carolina. Can it be, George? Yes. Hey, Howard. How you doing? Hey, now. I, uh, I, I always, I never wanted to ask that fucking question because I know you hate it. Anyway, uh, what I'm looking for is something on the app where we can see Robin's face when you play those videos, but when you play those songs, because you're onto I something. I love laughing. looking into Robin's eyes. <laughs> yeah, everybody looks at me when they're playing. Some pe- it's either laughing. one or the other. People either look away from Robin or look at her while it's playing. <laughs> it does make it funnier. 
Is she laughing? Does she at least laugh when it's happening? Only if she thinks it's really funny. Right, Robin? I'm a tough critic. She's a tough tough critic. critic. But I've seen her chuckling at a few of them. (laughs) You know what else her move is? You know what your move is during the Robin songs? What? You always look at your news. You're well, always I am shuffling. Ready, yeah. I know it's just it's your, it's your go-to. But I'm listening. I hear you. <laughs> I watch you though. I see you shuffling papers in there. She's always busy during her song. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty good, Robin. This guy's onto something. <laughs> well, you guys have to work on putting that uh, putting something together. Yep, I'll work on that. Robin, what else is in the news, please? There's a new book. You know, the president is. Creating a boom in the uh, book industry. I, everyone has a book. I mean, now this guy. There's yeah. a book released every week. That's true. That is true. So I guess the publishing industry doesn't want him to go away. You think Trump reads these books? Because every book is about like, hey, I worked with the guy and he's kind of fucked up and stuff. I mean, it's got to upset him, right? Yeah, I'm sure he knows about it. He probably has someone else read it and write him a report about it or give him an oral report about what people are saying, because he does immediately change the way he um, responds to people. He had been rather nice about John Bolton until the transcript of his book was sent to the White House. And then he started criticizing him in his tweets. So, you know, somebody's giving him certain information. Meanwhile, he's got to watch what he says about Bolton, because if Bolton testifies, Bolton could uh, really fuck him up. Well, they're now saying that uh, Mitch McConnell said yesterday he doesn't have the votes yet to block calling more witnesses. Yeah, I mean, as a result of the Bolton transcript, it it would be kind of bogus to have a trial in the Senate where the senators have taken an oath to be impartial and then say, let's not have any witnesses. It would be weird. Well, don't call it a trial if you're not going to have witnesses. That's what I mean. Right. You got it. You know, most of those dudes are lawyers. They know what a trial is. Yeah. So and would that's strange. what people would expect. But anyway, this new book details his affairs and how these fixers uh, work to cover them all up. And it particularly focuses on an affair he had with a Playboy model. Bolton's book does? No, a new book. I said oh. there's one every week. Oh. Bolton's is not even published so yet. Bolton's is old at this point. He <laughs> <laughs> better hurry up and get it out. <laughs> But this new book, yeah, talks about the handlers and fixers who keep all the women quiet and and how they uh, make that happen. I would like to see Donald. Uh, the only the only thing I would ask him is, how would you fuck up all these affairs? I mean, it's so much nonsense with these affairs. Just there's no such thing as fucking. And then like, what? I don't know. I like I don't have a fixer for anything. No, nothing in my life needs fixing. But Donald needs fixers. Is he having affairs now? I mean, how is he having sex? Is Melania putting out or what's going I on? I don't know. They say that this one affair with the playmate uh, r- r- lasted roughly 10 months and started just a year after he married Melania. She's got to be pissed at him, right? I mean, what's going on over there? Well, she says that she doesn't have time to be concerned. She's so busy as first lady. It's like she doesn't have time to deal with affairs and whatever else people are writing about her husband. I don't have time for that. Now. I'm trying to find someone to fix my TV. I might <laughs> fix my life. <laughs> you don't even have a fixer for your TV. No. 
but he uh, must be going nuts in the White House if he's under scrutiny and he can't fuck. Could he be fucking banana peels and, and down to <laughs> Maybe that? Maybe that's where all Jeez. these crazy stories are coming from about dipping your balls in soy sauce. I know. And wrapping a banana peel I got to get it. Donald on the show again and just say, Donald, forget all the politics. Forget about whether people like you or not. What are you doing about fucking? You were having a party. And now you're in the White House. You're under too much scrutiny. How, who can you fuck? Maybe, maybe he's got an advisor he can fuck. Well, you know, you, you probably could learn a few things from this book. Uh, McDougal says that uh, Donald once allegedly said to her, I so want to make you pregnant. Mm. That's why I say to Fred. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, they did have a little pregnancy scare. Ultimately, the affair ended. But, uh, yeah, the president laid out lines like that. So I'm sure some of his pickup lines and I can't believe Donald uh, would fuck without a rubber. All these women because he's very, very worried about germs. And but you even said, you know, that stuff flies out the window. It does. Sometimes we can talking yeah. about sex. You get all worked up. <laughs> <laughs> even your personal health goes out the window. <laughs> but the president can't feel good if every time he has a little something with a woman, he's either paying her off or getting a fixer involved. It's like pussy makes him go insane. Well, I think this is all about not destroying his marriage, number one, you know, so that they can have some kind of a an appearance of... uh working marriage yep. and then the other thing is when he ran for president then he really needed cover but if melania is pissed at donald for all these affairs and she you know i know Why women would she be pissed well i know a lot of women who have been in relationships and found out guys are cheating and even if they stay with the guy because of the kids they don't fuck anymore. It's like right. Over. That's it's, what I'm saying. Why would she be pissed? Well, that all this is coming out. She's known about it. No, uh, under those circumstances. I'm saying she's pissed because now who does she fuck? It's over, Johnny. Who can she fuck? I don't she's think she wants woman. to fuck anyone. You're say listen. That's you projecting. <laughs> well, you project. I can project. I'm telling you, she probably like. What is she doing? Like she probably has a vibrator. She's I guess. pouring it all into little Baron. Well, listen. There's only so much of that you can do. Woman has needs, and she's a very good-looking woman. I've sat as close to her as I sit to Fred. Does she look happy? Uh, she just looks a little shocked. <laughs> I think she's shocked he became president. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot going on. Well, she there. always looks shocked. Well, very nice woman. You've spoken to her to, to Melania, of course I have. What did you talk about? I don't remember. That's right. You yeah. don't talk to Melania. Well, I would. T I tried, <laughs> but uh, she was always very lovely to me. And no, she's nice, but you know, she's not a conversationalist. Well, you don't know that. I do. It's I've very... been in her. I sat. Donald mm. sat next to me, and she was on the other side of him at your wedding. Oh, and I still would not recognize her voice. She never said a word <laughs> during that entire evening. Well, Donald does talk a lot. You don't get a word in. <laughs> Melania, Robin says you don't talk a lot. Hello. Yes. No, I don't talk too much uh, because Donald likes to do the talking. Also, Robin is so intimidating. Oh. She knows all the news, and I don't know nothing. <laughs> right. Well, Robin does know the news. I'll give her that. That's right. And I just and want she to knows, and she doesn't only just know the news. She knows about helicopters. <laughs> 
She's so smart. Yes. All I know is be best. What? Be best. <laughs> That's your slogan, be best. Yes. And I want to clarify, with Donald, I give him a whole pass. So he can fuck any foods that he wants. Oh, bananas. Banana peas, he likes. Right. I just know you pie. have needs, and I don't, I don't want to pry. I don't know if you and Donald Are you good. very sexual, would you say? What I do is, instead of having sex, when I feel an urge, I just sit very still and don't say anything until it passes. <laughs> well, Robin, you once described... Several days. Uh, well, Robin, once you... Did, you sit for several days? Yeah, she's just waiting for it to pass. Robin, you That's once right. said you could sit on your foot and and or give yourself an orgasm. Maybe Melania should sit on her foot. Maybe you should try that. Have you ever sat on your foot? No, but that's I will. I'm writing this down. Sit on your foot now and let's see if something happens. Okay. Right. I'm I'm used to holding it in like a fart. <laughs> How do I put? Is it on heel? On heel and rock toe? back and forth. Robin says. Okay, I'm getting. I have to take off my stiletto. Yeah, you don't want to do it with a stiletto. No, Robin did it with a stiletto once, and she injured her anus. Oh, no, yes, I can't do that. I need, yeah. to, I need to do appearances. I can't be bleeding out of my vagina. Yeah. Oh, no, both my foot and vagina fall asleep. <laughs> oh, no, this is a disaster. All right, Robin, what else is in the news? Oh, dear. Melanie's having a hard time. Do you think that all the other uh, men who have been caught in, like, a Me Too scandal are excited that uh, Harvey Weinstein is on trial so that all the focus is on him? I would guess so. Like, the way you, the way you uh, phrase yeah. it, it sounds like that's a, a, a good possibility. I, I think it's good for them because right. you forget all the other guys. So Louis C.K. showed up somewhere the other day. Uh, it was at the uh, Patrice O'Neill benefit at City Center. And they said when he entered the room, it was like God wow. walked in. Well, uh, wow. Okay. They said he got a very warm reception and a prolonged ovation with screaming from the sold out crowd. Well, there you go. You see, it's a comeback. So maybe it's. Time for a comeback. There you go. Meanwhile, we were talking about the Iowa caucuses earlier today. And this is what's really obnoxious about the Iowa caucuses. Yeah, I was very upset about Iowa and caucuses. <laughs> you have to literally almost visit everybody in the state. It's, it's crazy. They get real up close and personal with the candidates. Right. Because there's so few of them. So because this trial is going on in the Senate, a lot of the candidates, you know, Bernie Sanders can't be out on the campaign trail right now. Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, they're all in the Senate listening to testimony. Right. And asking questions of the uh, lawyers for the president. So they have to figure out some way of trying to reach out to the people. So Amy Klobuchar has sent uh, her Minnesota recipe. Oh, for what? For some kind of a casserole she does. And they're sending that to Iowa parties because they have these parties. Mm. And usually she would show up. 
Bernie but Sanders. Uh, Bernie Sanders did a guy's laundry the other day. <laughs> it's really crazy. Right. Uh, you'll never see these people again once they're elected. But while they're running for that nomination, they're almost available to everyone. Yeah, I um, I slept over Elizabeth Warren's house. She's yeah, trying to get my did vote she treat you well? Oh yeah. <laughs> Also in the Bert, news. You can sleep over Bernie's house, too, if you're from Iowa. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's right. He has sleepovers. <laughs> Bring your sleeping bag. Because, I mean, you'd have to go to Washington now to see them because that's where they all are. It's like running for, like, high school president. Yeah. Yeah. There's an evangelical pastor. You know, earlier in the week I told you that uh, President Trump's uh, uh, religious advisor was saying that there were satanic babies in people's wombs. That's right. And she was... Praying for them to be miscarried. What a lovely advisor. <laughs> well, there's another evangelical preacher who uh, defends Donald Trump and is very much in favor of the border wall. And he went so far as to say that even in heaven, there will be a wall. Here's Pastor Robert Jeffries, 116. Wow. You know, the Bible teaches that the primary responsibility of government is to maintain order and keep its citizens safe. And there's nothing wrong with using a wall to do that. I remind people that God used a wall. He told Nehemiah to build a wall around Jerusalem to keep citizens safe. See? The Bible says yeah. even heaven itself is going to have a wall around it. Not everybody's going to be allowed in. So That's if right. laws are immoral, then God is immoral. There's nothing immoral about a wall. But what is immoral is for Democrats for political reasons to block this president from fulfilling his God-given responsibility to keep our country safe. I think he thinks if he talks fast, he'll make sense. Yeah. You know, uh, the wall in heaven, uh, you know, uh, angels, uh, people said to me, can the angels fly over the wheel, the wall in heaven? Well, it turns out an angel, angel can't fly, but he can't fly over this wall. This wall is 10 million feet high. <laughs> and that's how it works. And you know God uh, doesn't allow Mexicans into heaven. That's how he keeps them out. He builds a wall. That's right. And there will be a wall around heaven. And, you know, God uh, thinks Hunter Biden shouldn't be on the board of an energy company either while we're at it. And God, bleh. Jesus Christ, how's that guy keep that going so fast? I don't know. It's a bunch of bullshit. I guess he practices. That's right. That's right, Robin. I practice my bullshit. And they always sound like they have a big smile on their face, don't they? These uh, evangelical guys. Everything is so great. important that so, I'm saying. I'm filled with God and God. And and let me say that not only is heaven have, I like he knows heaven has a wall. Yeah. Hey, heaven keeps people out, certain types of people. I mean, God hates Amy Klobuchar, for example. <laughs> uh, he's keeping her out when she dies. He hates her casserole uh, recipe. <laughs> Guys who speak for God, because they know. Some hillbilly knows. It's amazing. Now, the impeachment uh, defense is going on. It was going on on Saturday, and then they started it again yesterday. And it seems that, you know, the president's lawyers want to have it always. So here's Trump attorney Pat Cipollone, who says that Trump did nothing wrong. 112. We don't believe that they have come anywhere close to meeting their burden for what they're asking you to do. In fact, we believe that when you hear the facts, and that's what we intend to cover today, the facts, 
you will find that the president did absolutely nothing wrong. Now, here's another one of the president's attorneys, Robert Ray, who criticizes that phone call that the president said was perfect, 113. Now, I know that many of you may come to conclude or may have already concluded that the call was less than perfect. And I have said on any number of occasions previously and publicly that it would have been better in attempting to spur action by a foreign government in coordinating law enforcement efforts with our government to have done so through proper channels. While the president certainly enjoys the power to do otherwise, there is consequence to that action, as we have now witnessed. After all, that is why we are all here. But it is another thing altogether to claim that such conduct is clearly and unmistakably impeachable as an abuse of power. There can be no serious question that this president or any president acts lawfully in requesting foreign assistance with investigations. Oh, my God. Going he goes on, on and on and on. on. Yeah. But Got the point of- is, either the president did nothing or he did do something. But we still don't think it's impeachable. But they're arguing, they're arguing both points in this, uh, the presidential defense. You know, he's got the lawyer saying, yeah, however you want to have it, he did it or he didn't do it. And it's not impeachable. Donald should pull a Harvey Weinstein and get one of those walkers with the tennis balls on the bottom. <laughs> Walk around like that while the, while the lawyers are arguing. Maybe that would help. It seems to help. You think Harvey's getting any sympathy at all? No, <laughs> but it helps. Well, the the um, accolades and the grief and the uh, honoring of Kobe Bryant continues. Right. Ellen DeGeneres, we said she cried, but we never played her crying on her show. One, two. I have mentioned before uh, that we take the show in, in advance and uh, we taped yesterday's show last week. Whew. And yesterday was Sunday. It happened to be my birthday and the Grammy Awards. I was nominated. I didn't win. Not the point. (laughs) Yesterday was supposed to be a celebratory day. And um, then we got tragic news about Kobe Bryant. And everything changed in a second. And mm, that's what I want to talk about. Life is short and it's fragile. And we don't know how many. Maybe I need to kiss her again to cheer her up. Maybe I'll go back on that show. I think it's time for you to go back on the show. Ellen, you need me to make out with you again. (laughs) It's time for you to make out with her. My lips are magic. Shaquille O'Neal finally spoke about Kobe yesterday. One, three. We're not going to be able to joke at his Hall of Fame ceremony. We're not going to be able to say, hi, I got five, you got four. The fact that we're not going to be able to say, if we would stay together, we could have got ten. Those are the things that you can't get back. And with the loss of my father, my sister, and my thing, that's the only thing I wish I could just say something to him again. Listen, people are going to say, take your time and get better, but it's going to be hard for me. I already don't sleep anyway, so I'll figure it out. Shaq can't sleep anyway? Uh, That's what he's saying. I don't know if that's been a long time thing or you know since he heard the news about kobe he hasn't been able to sleep right meanwhile you might have to start talking to the mirror again Uh-oh. to see you know who's more famous who, who who will get more attention 
if their death is announced because Kobe was honored in Congress yesterday. One four. You don't think they'll honor me in Congress? When I, I don't go? know. You'd have to ask the mayor. <laughs> I'm not asking the mayor that. That could be too challenging. <laughs> On behalf of the California delegation, we lift up the names of Kobe Bryant. His you think Maxine Waters is going to say this about me when I go? <laughs> no. The daughter Gianna and all the victims, all of the victims of this horrible tragedy in prayer and reverence and send our deepest condolences to their loved ones now and forever. I yield back to Congressman Ruta. I ask that all members and guests in the gallery rise for a moment of silence. Right, yeah, that might be a problem for me, but there's but other ways to beautiful. judge fame. That's right. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, Magic Johnson was on Jimmy Kimmel. So Jimmy, you know, he started off the week. Kimball Kimball. Crying and mm-hmm. not having a live audience. And then last night he had on Magic Johnson, who had not spoken publicly about the death of Kobe Bryant. 114. Kobe would want us all to carry on and be great in our lives. And we should do something positive, whether it's, you know, making sure that we love our family or giving back to an organization in his name because he was such a great man, great husband, great father. How's that work? How do you get a guy like Magic Johnson? Do you call him up and say, hey, look, I want you to come on and talk about Kobe? Or does Magic Johnson get in touch with you and say, I want to come on and talk about Kobe? I don't know. Hmm. I need those answers. Jimble Kimble. Well, that's, put that on the list for the next time we All see right. Jimmy. Jimble Kimble. And then Stephen Colbert was off Monday. So his first time uh, of talking to an audience about Kobe was last night, one fifteen. Well, I, I never got a chance to meet him, um, but I, I do feel... He didn't cry, though, right? Well, you know, he sort of has a personal connection to this kind of a tragedy. He sure does. He lost uh, his family members to uh, a plane thing. Yeah. Plane crash. A strange connection in this moment. Um, one that I wouldn't wish on anybody, but I feel a strange connection to his family and his friends and those who loved him and those who've gone through this particular tragedy. I lost my father and two of my brothers when I was a boy to a plane crash that was also in heavy fog. And one of the terrible things about that shock is not knowing what happened. Now, the, the strange thing about helicopter flight, helicopters don't have black box recorders. And I hope that while nothing will possibly improve this tragedy, that perhaps someone could take action to make sure that there are some ways to record what is happening in these helicopters so that it doesn't happen as often. Why compound their misery with mystery about what happened to their loved ones? It's better to know than not to know. Because if we know, we could possibly stop this from happening to someone else in the future. No tears, though. No tears. but Big mistake or not, Robin? Well, I think because he has lived through this kind of a thing, you know, Jimmy's had like a, you know, a pristine life. Right. <laughs> And so has Jimmy Fallon. Right. (laughs) Nothing's ever happened to them. They were shocked and it took them by surprise. And they they felt they needed to shed a tear or two. Right. But uh, Stephen Colbert has been hardened by tragedy in his life. Yes, he has.
And finally this morning, he uh, Magic Johnson said something about doing something good for somebody else. Well, a five-year-old California girl is putting us all to shame. What did she do? She found out that because of um, some monies that had not been paid, some of the students in her school were not going to get the snack or the free lunch they had been used to. And she was moved to action when she heard that. She started a cocoa stand and sold cookies to pay off the negative lunch balance for 123 students so that everyone she goes to school with will be able to participate in snack time and have a free lunch. This is amazing. One, one. Wow. How old is this kid? Five. Hey, when five-year-olds are better people than we are, Robin. <laughs> you want to help your friends, cuz? So they can eat too with me? I made um, present cookies and snowflake cookies and snowman and a Christmas tree one. Wow. So it's not like she's a sophisticated five-year-old. She's just a feeling five-year-old. Not something. And apparently, I had heard that um, because of the publicity this has gotten, some even uh, larger donations have come in since the story became known. And so, and, and mentioned that now she's uh, going to be possible host for the Oscars this year. That's what's happening. <laughs> yes.